wild card round. <laughs> it's going to be a good show, man. We got some content up to our ears. To my left, Steve Fezzik, two-time Super Contest champion. And, and we'll tell this story at the end of the pod. Two caches this year in the contest. Two additional. Two Super Contest titles and two caches. A.J. Hoffman, zero caches. Thank you. But on contests. That's true. But a, a, a nice gentleman. Thank smart you. That's guy. what I was hoping you would smart say. Smart guy. I'm R.J. Bell, <laughs> captain of the team with four straight winning seasons. Four straight seasons above 55%. Five and O. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Two five and O's in the last three weeks, I believe. I tell you, I'm, I'm what you call a red light performer. When the pressure's on... AJ, is that true or not? Uh, it has to be, yeah. Because I just don't show up till about a minute before the red light goes on. You, you've been known. <laughs> <laughs> but we can have fun. We'll talk about that. But we're getting straight to the meat and potatoes here, or as Logan Roy would say, the protein. Showtime! Woo! Here's how we're going to do it. We are going to go in reverse order, starting with the historic money wild card. I like this. I don't like the seventh playoff team but i like this you like that it gives us an extra yeah, uh, so, monday game well especially because it's a nice standalone yeah but i guess you can't like one without the other but hey i don't like animals being hurt and i eat a lot of hamburger okay so you're yeah. gonna like this game just fine when it comes monday to do the show and you got a monday night football game Th- that's good about. a lot of recap and all of it and then we're gonna go in reverse chronological order so if you somehow come late and you're not subscribed you should be subscribed but if you're not Mm, I don't know. I'm not okay with it, but we're okay. Quest- we're questioning you as a person. Yeah. I think they're intelligence more sure. than anything. Not no. their character, <laughs> their intelligence. I think both. No, no. I think you can be – I know a lot of priests that only listen occasionally. You know, so I think but, – but, again, people might question that. So what I'll say in you know, the character in some cases for sure, here's what I'll say. It's going to be a hell of a show, and I'm going to give Mackenzie a little love here because – we, I've, been, I've been thinking for years about how do we quantify injuries. And we finally kind of got a burr under our spur, as they say, and, and he and Brad did a good job with him, and we did a real nice amount of work this week. We quantified how injured has teams been this season compared to their current state. So we'll be talking about that and a lot of the other, quite frankly, proprietary pregame.com metrics. Now, in each game, we're going to give our opinion. There's going to be one pick on a side each, so three in total. And we're going to give you each a total, an over-under, right, a total. That's the second thing. Number three, we're going to give you a derivative, like a first half, something like that. Number four, we're going to give you a prop bet. So four picks each, and then at the end, Blossom plays, and we're going to say, hey, what is our best single pick and debate it out? And you know what? If AJ wants to disagree, he better get his bankroll out because you know Fez will. Let's start. Game number one. The Arizona Cardinals plus four at the L.A. Rams. Okay. You've had an interesting stat on this is McVay versus the Cardinals. Some of it applies to Kingsbury, some doesn't. But give the McVay's stat to start. Yeah, since Sean McVay's gotten to the Rams, they are 9-1 and one straight up against Arizona. 
All right, now with the Kingsbury, and remember, Kyler came this first year with Kingsbury, so that's a good demarcator. What, what's happened since then? Since then, they're five and one straight up. The one loss being this year, uh, the the game at the Rams. And that was that was the game. I think, as we can agree, that people kind of started taking Arizona seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Seventeen point win by Arizona. Now you could argue that it was a little bit of a flat spot because the Rams had beaten Tampa Bay the week before, but nonetheless, very impressive. Yeah, and if you add in the fact that McVay had, at that point had never lost to this team, you could, I mean, not that it's an excuse, but it, you could see how it was taken as a flat spot. Yes. Right? So what do you carry forward with that? Like, what, what do you feel like that means? Uh, start with you, AJ. Well, it's funny because it feel, last week we were talking about how Sean McVay is kind of, you know, he's owned by cousin Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, like, no, no kind of. So owned. There's, there's been domination, and this this series has been another NFC West team where one coach has, or one one coach has, do, or one team has dominated the other team. Well, as Howard least. Cosell would say, you're a master of the obvious. Yes, he's dominated. What do you take from it? I, I take that there's just stylistic matchups, and obviously nobody knows McVay better than Shanahan. So it's meaningful. I think it's meaningful. Okay. I don't think you want to step in front of something like that. It's, it's almost like immediately, right off the bat, I got a little sticky. I'm going to bet the Rams are going to pass because of that. Really? Yes. Okay. So now the Ram. Now, a reason I think in general people overreact to these things, but I do think when a team has a very specific kind of offense or defense, it makes more sense, right? If a team's generic, then it, it, what's what's Probably the issue, random. right? That's a good point, right? If let's say there's a certain team that stops the option in, uh, in college back in the day, that that's meaningful if they're playing an option team, right? So, I think you can make the case McVeigh has a court, you know a different offense. It's, it's in the Shanahan tree, right? Um, so the first game was Cardinals by 17, as you said. Rams won by seven in the next game. What do you take from that game? I mean, I'm looking at some of the stats here. Arizona minus two in turnovers. Yeah, we're so right off the bat that so if you lose by seven and you're minus two in turnovers, Pretty even you probably game. overperformed, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I mean, a turnover is worth uh, more than three and a half points. But Arizona was home, so it looks like it pretty much normalized it back to what it would have been, right? Yeah, yeah. So you like, I don't mind yards per play in in a given in a given game, but. Um, Meaning, I don't like yards per play if you can't account for strength of schedule, but when you know who they're playing, and the Rams did have a .6 yard per play advantage net in that game, mm-hmm. in, the, in the game that they won by seven. So, okay, they probably overperform, or they, uh, let's just say, and again, all turnovers aren't created equal, right? And so, I'd say in general, that was a fine performance, but... I don't know. You, you can't say the Rams dominated them any they, point. They didn't, but in that game, the the seven-point game, it was a 10-point game until 30 seconds left. Arizona kicked a field goal with 30 seconds left to make it a seven-point game. Mm. Okay. You know, I do think, just big picture-wise, mm-hmm. so I'm thinking about, okay, San Francisco gives the Rams all kinds of trouble because San Francisco runs the ball really well, and that's effective against the Rams. Well, what does Arizona do really well? They throw the ball. These, these air raid attacks and four wide receivers aren't going to be effective against this team. But in that game, in that last game, the game RJ's talking about that the Rams won, Kyler Murray threw for 380-something yards. I mean, he had a— Yeah, but the question is, is if you're throwing from behind the whole time, you know, like one of my Big Ben thoughts is going to have to do with coming from behind. Um, if you look at uh, running backs don't matter, uh, they talk about a turnover being worth four and a half points. Per turnover, so in theory, oh four and a half now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, 
let's see here. You said something interesting, AJ, is <clears throat> I'm just looking at the efficiency of the passing. So Murray had a 72 passer. Oh, his QBR in that game was 36. Mm. So that's interesting. A 36 QBR, but his, his counting stats were outstanding. All right, here's the elephant in the room, all right? I think these two teams, as much as any two teams, any two teams, and maybe the Eagles being the third, are different than they were at key points of the season. Meaning the Rams, you got to ask yourself, what's going on with their quarterback? Stat, Statford, as some call him, or Stat Packard, or Packer, whatever little fun you want to have with his name, he's had eight is it eight interceptions in the last three games? Last four games. Four games. And he had I thought not, it was three, three, and two. No, he had nine in the first 13 games uh-huh. and eight in the last four. Two, two, and three. Okay, two, two, and three. Extremely consistent. And he's taken 30 sacks this year. Ten of them have been in the last four games. Okay, so is this sample size? Is this quirk? Or is there something fundamentally different? I think there's something fundamentally different. Do you have any sense of what it is? He does not... Stafford seemed to be comfortable with these checkdown throws that are part of this offense. He throws more pick sixes when he's not under pressure, where he just dumps it, you know, to yeah. to the back. Oh, the linebackers there, touchdown. Most of the time, when you see a pick six, what's happening? A quarterback's under duress, forces it out to the sideline, and you get the pick six, not the little dump pass into the middle. Is it possible that adding Beckham? has added some dimension of this offense that he's not totally he, he comfortable with. He, he screwed up Baker and now he's screwing up. I'm just that. saying, does he feel like he's got to maybe force a throw that he wouldn't otherwise? Oh my God. That's a great, that's a great uh, get up segment. Because if you look at, <laughs> if you actually look at the whole Baker on off with OBJ, now it's kind of changed since Baker had such a crappy thing, uh, you know, time since. Yeah. But then if you think about it pretty much is lined. Well, we could just do it though. Just look at Stafford. Before and after OBJ. Wow. Uh, Mackenzie, can you just do uh, maybe just do QBR uh, before after OBJ? Yep. And, and maybe don't count the Monday night game that he was only in for like 10 plays. Like Don't count that in either. Call that nether, nether regions or something. Got it. I'm on it. Now, it could be a double whammy because remember, he lost Woods. And Woods was really vital. Not just a mm-hmm. good receiver, but it, it, by all accounts, a great blocker downfield. Mm-hmm. You know, so, the, so that was a big loss. See, I had heard something different from the guys that watched the film. They're saying McVay who's always been fundamentally about running, right? And then play action off that. So he's a new age coach in a way, but he's he's at Shanahan, running's important. And that helped with the Jared Goff in the play action, right? Is he said, oh, I got a new toy. I don't have to be constrained. It's like you always drove under the speed limit, mm. but now you got the fastest car or you think you've got the fastest car you've ever had. You want to go fast and maybe he's not doing as much of the running, as much as of the dump-offs. But you're saying maybe the dump-offs are part of the problem. He's just not – that's not something Stafford did at Detroit. Yeah. Now, this Acres is back, back and actually on an Achilles tear. That's right. And, and apparently he looked pretty good last week. Well, did you, did you look at the stats? He had no, like I did three not. carries for five yards. Yeah. 
So it looked good that he could walk, maybe. But I mean, and I'm not saying that's indicative. But it's hard to say three carries for five yards was any good. That's right? a good it, it's a good point. He's certainly not back, and you got what Sony Michelle is getting mm-hmm. the, the body of the work. So he's so. getting all the work. Sony yeah. Michelle's had the only he's had he the was most the carries in December. In the last in the, league. in the last four weeks, he's had the most carries, tied with Jonathan Taylor, 108 carries in the last four and weeks. You know, look at this guy coming with stats. And that's you know, this is really a good point because think about this. Oftentimes, you get a when you get a Rams team like a team that's 12 and five, and they've wrapped up their playoffs but they hadn't they were they, fighting for the division the last week that's right they were fighting for the division i was just saying they they but they clinched a playoff bid and weren't going to get a buy so wow yeah but they, they, they need they, to get. people care about winning the division a, exactly but they could have been the number two seed yes which meant they would have had a home game home game right versus if 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 um if Arizona had won, it would have been road game, road game. Yes. yes. Right? So, I mean, that's five. So that's, it mattered. Yeah. But the bottom line is Sony Michelle is getting tons of usage. They're running back. Well, guess what? Cooper Cup is getting way too much usage because he was chasing that goddamn, like, pass reception record to try to get, which he didn't get to, uh, to get to 2,000-plus yards. That's not good. You don't want your guys to be getting all the that usage before the playoffs start. Well, Gronk made sure that Brady, or Brady made sure Gronk got the Same middle. Same thing. Yeah, but Why is Gronk playing all these these, these downs just to get a little have to play. cash? Somehow we've gone to a world where playing is a bad thing. It is week 18. You know? I tell you this is, in general, I do think we got to concern ourselves with, I mean, I never liked the one buy only. I hate it. But let's think about us dismissing home field for a second. So let's just accept the fact. Let's say that it's worth, I don't know, one of three. Let's say it's worth four. Uh, four points. That might be high. Let's say three and a half points. Okay, so we're saying if it's one and a half and one and a half, it's three. Mm-hmm. Let's say three and a half, right? Okay. That's a low number. I mean, I, if anything, that's – if I had to err, I think we're in a little low there. But maybe not. Let's say it's right. Okay. Now, how much is like a, an, a, an elite – you know, like how much do you think Hopkins is worth? I would have said one. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm I'm leaning towards one and a half. Okay. Yeah. So in our new model of assessing injury, and I feel good that the model is right in between. It's 1.1 points, it says. Okay. So yeah. now think about that. So th- you could literally have three Hopkins out, and that is worth the switch of home field, even with the limited home field. 3.3. Wow. Versus- Right? Yeah, as long as they're not, when you say three Hopkins, you're meaning two other positions. Yeah, yeah, right. But what right. I'm saying is three. I mean, how many team? How many players worth a point does any team have other than the quarterback? Like an average team has maybe two. two. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, is like this is like saying take your two best play or your three best players. In fact, does any team have their three best players worth more than three and a half points? The Rams, other than the quarterback. I, Ramsey's worth one. Maybe? Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. One and a half. And one and cu- a half. Yeah. So just, the, j- just yeah. literally. Four. So in a and way, they're the most top-heavy player yeah. personnel team in the league. Maybe the only team. That's a good good team. But like so, but home field is worth for every other team more than their top three non-quarterback players. Hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. So I think you gotta care about that. You gotta care about. And it. when you say home field, the flip of the home. Yeah, field. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what about. would happen, yeah, the right? Delta. Rams went from you know where if they had been the two seed, they would have been home home. Right. And if they had, and again, if Arizona had won, they'd be road road if they right. win. Right. Yeah. Okay. So by the way, Stafford, we got the splits on him. Yeah, and the QBR shows it with Stafford, uh, week twelve through eighteen. 
So this is would have been with the OBJ, right? Is this, is that how to think about it? Yeah, not counting that first game he played on Monday night. Okay, 57 QBR for Stafford, and he had a 67 week one through nine. So week 10 and 11, there were two one week that, that didn't have OBJ at all and one week that he played a little bit. It was a bye week after that. Yeah, and when did Woods get hurt? He, it, it was the week before. Okay, so it's really... Uh, he got hurt in the game OBJ wasn't there. Yes. Okay, so we're not counting that game either then because OBJ. Okay, so that's a pretty big drop, though. 57 puts you, you know, so, but he's making the big interceptions too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so anything else on the game? And then let's get into the picks. I want to talk Sagarin strength of schedule. Okay. So this is a long-term trend that's been dynamite, and I've got all the numbers. If you did nothing but play in the wild card round only, you back the team that played the harder schedule. Okay. This goes back to 2002. Let me read you these numbers. It, it, it's staggering. So you play the team that had the more difficult schedule. You're 48, 22, and 2, 68% against the spread. Wow. Now, recently that's been like last three, four years? It, I know it has held up. I don't have the recent numbers, but I can tell you, I said, well, wait a minute. It should do better if there's a big differential between the strength mm-hmm. of schedules. What does it matter if you got the ninth and the tenth best team? So if you take a ten differential on Sagarin. Ten slots. So ten if slots. it's the first versus the eleventh, it would meet the criteria. Right. And what I like about this, it does even better. Then it goes to twenty-eight, six, and two against the spread. Okay. I like that. And I also think the fact that we're saying it goes to two thousand I mean, uh two thousand two. Anytime there's an arbitrary start point, which to some degree there's always gonna be, mm-hmm. sometimes it's because before that it didn't work. Sometimes it's because people didn't have the data. I always like when it didn't have the data because it could still have worked. Um, and But to me, I like the fact that because it doesn't make sense if one team's 10 and one's 11. Not at all. So the fact it did, I think that's where the luck is. But the 22 and 6, that that's not luck. No, not not at all. And, and that's straight up or ATS? ATS. Okay. And now there's three teams that qualify are almost – there's two games that are nine slots different. Mm-hmm. And there's one game that is 22 slots different. All right. So why don't we we'll – t- is this game any of them? Yes. This that's is just a, only talk about that. It's a nine-slot difference. So uh-huh. Arizona – has the twelfth has had the twelfth hardest schedule? Uh-huh. The Rams twenty one. So this trend would point you towards Arizona. Okay, that's interesting, and it, it's hard to. Now, did you do the breakdown of the ten uh, slots, or did someone uh, someone it? else? Okay, because I just wondered, did they do that because it's a round number, or was nine? was nine negative and I, I think it was predetermined the 10 they, they didn't like okay. 8 10 12 14 I mean, for you know, that'd be, all right yeah. yeah that's work we can do too because all the Sagarin stuff is online that'd be worth looking at actually I think huh okay but then why wouldn't it work in the following weeks or do we know that it doesn't maybe it's 55 like if it's even 55 percent I'm fine in the following weeks right because mm-hmm. at least it's I, I I just know for like the past 10 years oh it's wild card round yeah, be bet bet on the team with a tough schedule. Like that's okay. been I've I've been hearing this one for years and years. So let's talk lastly, and then we'll get into the picks with the Hopkins situation. And we talked about it. Our model says one point one points. We're, it seems like it's more, but how much is it Hopkins, and how much is that this team tends to do worse in the second half? Kingsbury has historically, and so has the, these types of. 
quirkier offenses, you could say. You know, this is the air raid. I've got Cliff Kingsbury's, like, the last few games of, of every regular season he's had as a head coach. When you say last few, how many? Last X number? They're, they range between five and nine, but this goes back to his college days. Yeah, but you can't every year arbitrarily, one year say we're going back five, and the next well, year. Well, if, if I one year he loses seven out of nine, okay, one go, six go. out of eight. All right, so read those. Uh, four out of, lost four out of his last five. What year was 2014. It? Okay, so we're starting in the at past. At Texas Tech. All right, go ahead. Uh, lost four out of six in 2015. Lost six out of eight in 2016. Lost six out of eight in 2017. Five out of five in 2018. Seven out of nine in 2019. Six out of nine last year, including the one that was by a Hail Mary, the win. And then four of five to finish this year. The funny thing is he's so ruthless. He wants to take away what like, the guy's like twenty percent late in the year, but he wants to take away that Just, one. And, and pursuant to those numbers, let's look at that one and four that Arizona finished the year off. They are every lost the four losses by six or more. The one win, three point win. So the one close game they won, and the other four games that there were a touchdown or more they lost. I do have a positive Kingsbury number. We talk about Mike Tomlin is a is an underdog and how good he is. Mm-hmm. Cliff Kingsbury's kind of been under the radar good. 18-7-2 as an underdog, 72% with a plus 6.3 margin. So and 6-0 and this year. All those every game he was an underdog this Remember, year three of on those the road. Backup quarterback. Yep. Right. And they've so, been very good on the road also this year. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. Colt McCoy in a weird way, the Colt McCoy numbers being good worry me because in you take those out. And it's like this isn't an impressive – like to me what convinced me of how good they were, and I, I think I was wrong, was that they could go 2-1 and one without Murray. So my thinking is, holy crap, they must be really good fundamentally in positions I don't fully understand why their linebackers are good or why they're – but I don't think it's true. The offense changes fundamentally with Colt McCoy playing versus Kyler Murray. Is that what you're thinking? No, I'm saying that in general my perception of them went up – because, because they could win with the backup. Quarterback. They could win with the back, and they have an elite quarterback. So if you can win with the backup, most te- look how Green Bay looked with the backup, right? They, they couldn't zero sco- points, yeah. couldn't score. So in a weird way, I thought it must be scheme. It must be the other players are so good. It's a great point. This is a great uh, uh, way to evaluate how does a team do with a replacement level quarterback in yeah. terms of are they are they crummy or are they are they pretty good? You know, one thing about Arizona. So we talk about Hopkins. Who's the number two wide receiver for Arizona? I don't even know. Kirk? AJ Green. Green? Wow. You that's, used to love There's a video going around with you saying AJ Green's worth the best, three points, re- best, best receiver ever. ever. Best, that's why no, the no, Bengals, best at the time. But be- that was, what, six years Bengals ago? Bengals making the playoffs every year. So <laughs> I was right. Um, but look at the running backs. The Arizona has really good running backs, all right? Um, James Conner, the Terminator, and uh, Edmonds. So Conner's the former Steeler, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Both of those guys, both those dudes are really banged up. So they're going to play. All right, but they're not close to 100%. So now you've lost your best wide receiver and both your good running backs are injured. That is not good. So I don't know how much is Hopkins. I don't know how much is late in the season. Now, last year, one of the considerations was Kyler Murray was banged up. He wasn't running as much. He got banged up and missed those three games. Do we feel like he's at 100%? 
I mean, he, he against the Cowboys, he looked pretty good, didn't he? Yes. I, I, I certainly, I don't know if so he's he a, does do very well in Texas. I don't know if he's a hundred percent. No, right. I saw that. Um, he, uh, he looks much healthier than he did at the end of last year, but I don't know if he's fully a hundred percent. Okay. I'm going to give a few before we do our picks, things to consider here. So the average closing line for Arizona this year was favored by 3.2 points. So that's the eighth best in the NFL, as in being favored and such. Now, if you look at their point margin, they've outscored teams by 4.9 points again. That's the ninth best. So ninth best in that, eighth best in closing line. Their ATS margin has been winning by 1.7 per game. That's the ninth best. So they're like lined up there, eighth, ninth. Okay, now this is interesting. Their offense has scored a third of a point more per game than expected. Their defense has given up 1.3 points less than expected. So they're really a big chunk of their ATS margin is coming from the defense, right? But the J.J. Watt factor, he's back, but, he, but he's historically come back tough from injury, but he comes back hobbled. Has that been your experience, A.J.? Yes. Uh, you want to? I mean, he's a, he's a guy who always wants to be on the field. Uh, I mean, he's had some injuries that you would think could maybe be career ending. He he miraculously gets back on the field. Sometimes you would say maybe against his better judgment. Okay. Now, if you look at his totals on the year or the team's totals on the year, uh, their over under record is eight over nine under over under margin was minus one point. So that seems about right. McKenzie, when I see game day to close 4.2, that means literally the line moved 4.2 points to their favor on average. That's not, not, not on average. That is a sum. A Q, so divided by 17 would be the average. Yes. So on the season, they've gained from open to close, right? Um, 5.2 from game day to close 4.2. So literally from the world open to the day before the game, Saturday night, let's say typically, they gain a point over the whole season. So it's been almost that. But on game day, they've gained 4.2 points, which means... Bet on team. By the public, though, right? Isn't most game day moves going to be more public? I think it depends upon the injury reports also. A lot of that's just... But the injury injury reports aren't happening on game day. Sure, oh, sure. You mean the inactives or not? Yes. Okay, yes. Uh, earlier you'd asked about if Kyler Murray's running better late in the year or not. Uh-huh. Since he came back from his injury, averaging 46 yards per game rushing, everything pre-injury, 19 yards per game. So he's running more. Running yeah. Well, running running more successfully, certainly. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. That's a good number. You just gave me a great idea. We should carve out the moves that happen within 15 minutes of the announcement of the inactives mm. and consider that to, and then have that taken out from the rest of the game day. I bet that's a pretty good split on if it's sharp or not. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, that that's fascinating, the idea of carving that out. Okay, so let's look at a couple more things for Arizona here. Um Let's look at the fourth quarter win share. Now, that now for those that are new or don't remember, that's where we take at every play of the fourth quarter, what does the NFL feed say the odds of winning are? And that's, that's respected the way they go about it. It's not perfect, but it's respected. And our theory is if you win a game that you only had like a 20% win share in the fourth, you got very lucky. If you lose a game, you get very you – yeah. Know. So in general, people are going to win most of the games that they're leading and such. Uh, amazingly – Arizona was within a tenth of a win 
So they were pretty much exactly on line. Turnovers, last thing we'll talk about, is they had the fourth best turnover margin that tends to regress. And their actual EPA on turnovers was fifth, so right in line. But in general, I like to fade. In a weird way, you can look at the playoffs almost like season to season. You want to fade close game winners, yes. right? You want to fade healthy teams that aren't healthy now, right? Mm-hmm. Because they got lucky. And you want to fade uh, strength of schedule, uh, bad strength of schedule, right? Easy and you, strength of schedule, yes. You want to, or bad, yeah, easy is better way to say. Easy strength of schedule. You want to fade them because they're not going to be as easy probably next year or in the playoffs, obviously. And you know what's funny? You just hit me with that playoff thing. It's not just the team's underrated. It's probably the team hasn't been able to win a lot of games against elite competition. They're not battle-tested. Yeah, and maybe that's something. You know, MTI used to do something where they put teams into four categories, like good, above average, below average, bad. Mm. And then they said, how do you know, 82 games in the NBA, they would how do, do you do? And how do they do against, you know, I think it is interesting when you have teams that are like the Patriots, you could make the case beat bad teams, bad, mm-hmm. but they've lost to good teams. The yes. bills, you, the same argument, yeah. but the bills have had some, I mean, new England, what's their good wins. And we'll get to that game. But, but what's interesting is under that Buffalo. case, you might not like new England. Right. Yeah. So, I'm going to take a gander at that. Okay, that's interesting. By the way, the Cardinals' third strength of schedule, the, mm-hmm. the highest of any of the playoff teams. Okay, yeah. And you got them third, and, and you had them what in yours? I am 12th hardest. Yeah. Third of all the playoff teams? Do you have third? I'm- no, third uh, per um, football outsiders. Oh, okay. I've got Sagarin, so they're going to be different. Yeah, and your history is with Sagarin, though, so yeah. we want to do that. Okay. and But, I mean, not that that's any more important, but for that trend it is. Gotcha. All right. Let's do the same thing quickly with the Rams. I think this is interesting. All right, so the Rams. Where's Sagarin have them? 21st. Okay, 16th is what. Okay, so it's in the same direction, yeah. both of them. Okay, so the Rams, their closing line was favored by 6.1 points. So that was the fourth best. Uh, ATS margin, negative 0.7 on the season. They underperformed on offense by 0.6, underperformed minus, and they underperformed on defense by 0.1. So their offense fell short. Mostly the decline in the second half of their quarterback play. It's all one. Yeah, I mean, probably. We don't have that broken down. But I think their ATS margin, uh, I don't know. Take a gander uh, during this run uh, since they got OBJ. Can you look at their ATS margin, uh, McKenzie? Yep, I'm on it. Just for that time? Okay. Um, All right, over under... They are fourteenth. Nothing special there. So let's keep going. Okay. Oh, line moves. So their eighth most bet from World Open to close, and the third most bet on game day. So we got two teams bet on game day. The fourth most and the third most. That's Sexy it. public team. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. And then fourth quarter win share. And this is fascinating. So the Rams were the ninth luckiest team. So lucky. When it comes to fourth quarter win share, meaning they've won games they shouldn't have. And finally, turnovers. They were 16th and 13th and a half based upon EPA and just the margin. So in general, average. Okay. So to me, this sounds goofy to say at the end, but I think if Stafford plays well, they're the play. And if not, he doesn't. And you know what? We have no predicting it. But you know what? (laughs) 
the fact is he's played so poorly lately and he has zero playoff wins in his career. Yeah, that's a great point. That right? that that is the def- you know you made I I'm on the fence on this game completely. That last statement puts it over the top because imagine the pressure on dude where the narrative is he can't win the big game and now he's favored in a game Wowza, that is a whole lot to put upon a guy that's been struggling heading into in the second half of the season. I think you ha- with the, the harder strength of schedule for Arizona, I think I got to lean to Arizona, even though I'm not happy about you know, they're so banged up offensively. The, of the four units on the field, the only one that I am I really have any faith in is the Rams defense. So I end up leaning to the Rams. Wait, what, because- what does football outsiders have for the Rams defense? Uh, Rams D is fifth DVOA. Really, boy, yeah. they 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 must have surged because they. I mean, there was a time when they were bad, or at least I, I mean, because remember, Staley had them one, and 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 there was a real sense they had dropped off. That's interesting, huh? Um, quarterbacks change so often. Elite quarterbacks or even good quarterbacks. What player? In the in the last twenty years, has their legacy legacy been more at stake in one run of games? Meaning, if Stafford loses the first game here as a favorite, the whole off season is going to be can't win the big game. Detroit wasn't the problem, and it will probably color his legacy unless he wins a Super Bowl or something later. If he runs them to a Super Bowl, he becomes an all timer. Like this, literally. I mean, how? What one playoffs has had this big of an effect on a legacy? I, I, look, you said twenty years, and I would, the only one I could think of was back further than that, and it was John Elway. I like, thought of that too, and Eli Manning. Those are the two. But with Elway, we never knew when. Hold on, I don't agree with either of those. Mm. Elway, the fact he won in hindsight had such an effect, but we didn't know going in that that he could have played two or three more years, and no one thought he was going to retire. Like at the point they won the first Super Bowl, that was his next to last year, then his last year. Mm. No one would have thought he was going to retire after that second year, starting before the Super Bowl. Was meaning two, you know, he's only got two seasons left, so there was no. He had been losing big games like that for a long, long time. But Matt Stafford has seasons left after this too. So, but, but what? But what I'm saying is, so okay. So, but here's the thing: Elway, nothing changed with him. I, I guess just hold on, his re- hold on a oh. second. Nothing changed with him. Where I'm saying Stafford, this is the first time. This is going to be one on one. When you say nothing changed with him, like you mean he was still with the Broncos the exactly. whole time? Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. And, and here it's like, and it wasn't like blaming an old coach. Or, it was just Elway's not a winner. Was what the narrative was. He changed that. Well, here's one: uh-huh. Brady last year, and Brady passed a test. But who could? But, but, but who could have blamed him if he didn't? He, they wouldn't affect. I mean, his leg. Legacy went through the roof. Right, but, but he's only the greatest of all time. Yeah, he's not he, he like, was before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, I'm not. Listen, I'm just. I just thought of this. So it's not a pet theory of mine. But but uh, you said someone. Eli. Who, I think it's the same thing as his. In hindsight, those two runs are the key to his legacy. Yes. But there was nothing about those runs at the time that felt like it was imp- like. Hell, it was the first time they made the playoffs. They were happy, you know, under Eli. They were maybe, happy he did. Maybe the Elway is better. I still remember in the Super Bowl, you know, Green Bay was laying 10 and a half in that game. And the, and the book was, ah, it's going to be another blowout all around Vegas. You know, the we, Elway flipped. This, the play got flipped, it, right? Yeah, the, the, the dude can win on, at home playoff games in that crazy altitude, but you get him you, you get him against an elite team on a neutral site, and he just crumbles like three-day-old cake. Would you count Peyton when, in Denver? 
You mean the greatest quarterback <laughs> of all time by some accounts, or the great, the greatest regular season quarterback yeah. of all time? Yeah, it's, it, but getting a second ring makes him not just the greatest regular season quarterback. It's, I, I think the only other way it could have been is like if Elway had gotten a new coach. And it was like this guy was like Bill Parcells or something came in, and it's like if he, they don't win, it's not Parcells' fault, kind of thing. Yeah. I just think this is so rare. It's like it's a reset. The the Stafford narrative is getting reset here. If he wins, sure. I don't mean just this game, but if he does well in the playoffs for a while. So, but so far, historically, his number of playoff wins zero point zero. <laughs> What's your bet? What's your pick on the game? If you have forced pick, let's let one pass. I'm gonna pass this Ooh, one. Oh, good. <laughs> Pressure. AJ. The force pick Rams. You know, this isn't a surprise, is it? Force pick Rams. All right, you're laying the lumber. The favorite. Big surprise. Big home field advantage there, right? No. No, not really. I'm gonna go Rams too, but this is probably one of my least favorite. Same picks. Least favorite. Okay. Do you have anything on the total here? Got nothing. All right. So both right. get both games were over fifty in the regular season, but both offenses Total right now forty nine and a half have clearly regressed mm-hmm. since you know since then. But Stafford, if he throws interceptions, it probably helps scoring. I, I got to give Mr. Rivers some love in here. Last week, who's he, Mr. Rivers? Mackenzie. Oh, okay. I thought you meant Philip. <laughs> he talked about last week being the the last week of the NFL being an over week, and how we were looking towards overs. All hell broke loose. The the, the salami went over by like a hundred points. So great job, Mackenzie. How much did I have on that? I had nothing. You, Mackenzie, do you want to clarify anything <laughs> about about who should be getting thanked? See, RJ is the boss, and it all flows up to no, RJ. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'll accept that, but let's assume there's another RJ, and that RJ is the head of uh, research and development. How did, how was his contribution on this one? Unpaid for. <laughs> Uncompensated for. But what I'm saying is, Mackenzie, how important were I was I to the data that Fez is complimenting you on? Instrumental. Exactly. That's exactly the right word. It is because I'm the one that said, "Here's a way to tag these games." You're the Here's fact. The you're, 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 you're the, the captain. I was going to say invaluable. I was going to say invaluable, but like. But, uh, but what I'm saying is, what, I can't believe I didn't have any of that 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 uh, salami. You know, I the think amazing, you would have had a nickel on it just for me. The amazing thing, just is, as a courtesy, it started out so slow. Like the, like every first quarter went under, then all hell broke loose. <sighs> I think, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave McKenzie to his own devices for a week during the offseason, <laughs> and we can see what comes out. Because I tell you this, he's gotten really good at executing, and he's gotten really good at looking at it and coming up with ideas off it, which to me, mm-hmm. the first prob- thing people can't do is they can't even follow instructions typically. About 80% of people can't. Because I don't have a lot of patience. I can't say it seven what? times. What? Yeah. I can't say it seven <laughs> times. I got to say it once and they got to get it. And maybe every third time they can ask for one clarification. That's it. Otherwise, I just uh, it's tough. Okay. <laughs> I would have been the worst teacher ever. My mom taught for 30 plus years. But okay. Now, Mackenzie struggled with that for a while. But he's got that one mostly handled. Right? A yeah, A minus will give him on that. Now the next level is can they do the job? It's not a, and he's got, he was always good. He was probably better at that than understanding the job. Once he understood, it, he did it pretty well. But he's gotten good at that. A. The last or there's two more pieces. The next piece is can you take instruction and then do variations on a theme? Oh, I'm going to look at this. I'm going to look at this. All based on the same paradigm. He's actually very good at that. Now he wasn't before. Hmm. 
he's gotten good at that. Let's call it a B plus. The final one is you build it from the ground up. You create the paradigm. Incomplete. Mm. Never done it. No grade point average. Have you ever done that? Yeah, in my life, I think I've had some ideas. And what was the and what was the yield on it? I sent a resume into. Uh, <laughs> It wasn't your resume, it was your persistence. <laughs> okay. So what's the actor in Animal House? David Daniel Lewis or Daniel Day Lewis? Who is Dan- yeah, the guy from There, there Must Be Blood, right? And there yeah, must he be wasn't blood. in Animal House. <laughs> Animal House. Yeah, he was. Right? What? No, no he was the guy that no, no grade point average. All all, all courses incomplete. I think he was the zero. If point. that's Daniel Day Lewis, I am gonna be so freaking flabbergasted. Go go to Daniel Day's IMDB and, and go back to like 76. I can't believe that. I can't believe that. If that's Daniel Day Lewis. I think you're thinking because his No, I think he might be right. I'm just looking at the, the picture. This guy driving the cake. He was driving the cake at the end. Okay, wait, this is this is interesting to see him trying to find something. It's like he's going to crazy places with images. It's like all right, go to like 77, 78 is when it was. I think you're thinking it because his name was D Day, Daniel yeah. D Day Simpson yeah, was the character. D-Day. But, you but that's not that's not the that's not name. Daniel Day Lewis. That's not the actor's name. Never mind that. No, that's D Day, the know, character son, in the movie. If that's all you heard of him, you you'd think he was in the home and that we were wearing <laughs> him out for like a courtesy once a year. That was awesome that he was so wrong. But you know what's funny? Looks he, like him. He looked. I don't think he looks kind of like Freddie Mercury. I don't think the age could have worked quite right because way back then he would have looked younger than that. But he looks like he's like thirty five. He was supposed to be in the in, in college at this point. <laughs> Continuing education. Well, Belushi looks 40 at this point. You know what's funny? Uh, 30 second aside is um, who's the guy? Oh, what's that guy's name? The guy that did uh, Zodiac. He's a great director. Um, uh. But you look it up and I'll keep telling. He had a list of his, the 26 movies that, that influenced him the most. And there was a, a apparently he was making the rounds in Hollywood David Fincher? Yeah, Fincher. Fincher. A lot of good stuff on there, but one of the movies was Animal House. Wow. Uh, which I don't think holds up. I think it was great. Scenes. Really? I love Animal House still. When's the last time you watched it? Three years ago, okay. two years you ago. You liked it? I well, love you it. like dick jokes. I do. A lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a simple laugh, <laughs> I mean, man. Like, like way, way too much of your age. Like, who's more immature, you or your 14-year-old son? Because he calls me sir and you don't. I, so I call I think, you sir. No, no, that's sarcastically. <laughs> All right. Who do you think? Who do you think trained their kids exactly. to say yes, sir, it's no, sir? To, it's easy to tell people what to do. <laughs> it's doing it yourself. Okay, shifting gears now. Oh, by the way, give me this info. Read it to me, Mackenzie. What did it say? So, since getting OBJ, the Rams have underperformed by one point two points per game. Ninety percent of that has been the offense. All right. Okay. But on the season, they underperformed by how much on average for all games? It was, let me look now. It was the LA Rams on average was 0.7. So they underperformed significantly. And even and the offense has been the vast majority all year. And it's the vast majority here. Mm-hmm. All right. The super sheet comes through again. That super sheet's pretty valuable, isn't it? Who did that one, McKenzie? October 2019, I did not see. The future value. I'm like, man, this is really hard, but it's been very valuable. <laughs> but I tell you, this year, and Brad did a good job helping, is we took it where it's not, you know, it's not 
uh, no work, but it's like now it seems like it's easier. Streamlined, 100%. And it's we got reconciliation where if there's a data entry error, we catch it. Mm. We're going to go public with some of this next football for sure. Okay. Any other thing else? Total side, prop, anything? No. You, do you have your pro? Oh, I've got mine written down up? already. Okay. I got them. Nothing. No derivatives, no nothing. nothing. All right. Next game. The Pittsburgh Steelers plus 12 and a half at the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Let's admit something. This took money. Okay. So if we look at the line move, Pittsburgh took money. So if we look at the line move, it opened up, world opened 13. It went up a little. I remember it going up. It looks like it dropped to 12.9, 12.8, 12.5, 12.5. It had, but there was 13, I think, and a halves out there. But in general, it, people said, I think this goes to 14 a lot. I don't know, Fez. It looks like the Sharps think this is the inflection point, that 14 would be too much. Absolutely. And I think I'm always grounded by power ratings. So that's my first start. So I've got these teams. I'm low on now, what's Pitt, You got Pittsburgh like minus three or something? Minus three. So I'm. That's crazy. I'm dude. crazy low on Pittsburgh. Well, I'm not as crazy as you think. I got Kansas City, the number one rated team, uh-huh. which is crazy. So you got this is about as far as the math would take. Yeah, and, and none of the underlying statistics say Kansas City is the best team. Mm-hmm. You, you you could search high. And I think, and I think to be honest, that's wrong. I, I and I thought it was right two weeks ago, but if you keep looking at that offense, there's a problem with that offense. Yeah, I mean, so but go, and, and the D is being exposed a little. And bit. now the cheat isn't 100. percent He's hobbling around. Mm-hmm. But so with those two numbers, it makes it nine and a half on a neutral. You give Casey one and a half for home. I only get to give him two for playoffs. Fine, but then it, and Pittsburgh's a bad road team. But then I got to maybe scale it back a little bit because it's a double digit spread. Oh, right. So I'm, back, I'm back, bottom line. I'm back to ten and a half. Okay. Oh, okay. And this line's thirteen. Now it's twelve and a half. So it's just inflated. There's no way around it. If it hit fourteen, there would the sharps would go crazy betting a fourteen. Yeah, but I I think we also got to accept the fact that Pittsburgh and Tom. Ta- ta- listen, one thing about Pittsburgh, they're I love them, but they are stubborn to the point of stupidity because they went against Brady all those years, got knocked out of the playoffs so many times, and they never changed what they did. They just kept – they're saying, we're going to do our thing. Uh, And you're saying the fact they got rolled just three weeks ago, it's like wash, wet, rinse, repeat, same thing? Yeah, and and listen, Pittsburgh's always done poorly. They've always been a little slow since Chuck Noll in the 80s, post-Steelers, the old one for the thumb for 25 freaking years, they were slow. And they, they why? Because they like toughness. You usually don't get toughness and speed, <laughs> right? In general, the fast guys aren't, the, t- the tough guys are little spark plugs, right? You, you, it's not by accident that Najee Harris resides in their backfield. He's a tough dude, right? And, and listen, the only real, and I give him credit. They went and unfortunately he got hurt, but Ryan Shazier was one of the first yeah. really fast inside guys that could cover tight ends. Mm-hmm. Like he was the next breed, the next generation. You know, he got hurt and got, you know, ended his career against the Bengals. But oh, a lot of that going on with this Bengal games. The Bengals are a dirty team. I tell you, when they had Burf, Burfett or whatever, Perfect. he, Perfect. Yeah. he should have went to jail. He should have. I'm serious. I mean, I, I've never gotten, I've never had an emotional feeling about any NFL player that wasn't positive in a Pittsburgh player or another one I loved just because he was great. Brady. Nah, I don't really love Brady. I like Brady. He beat me too much. I can't really love <laughs> you Brady. You don't really like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but it's not like if Aaron Rodgers wanted to go to dinner, I'd say as long as I get to talk half the time and then I would go. Okay. 
you know, I'll have a stenographer come. I'm but, almost sure like a couple of weeks ago you said you wouldn't go to dinner with Aaron Rodgers. First Rogers. of all, it was a couple months ago. <laughs> and, and you know what? I've kind of liked him more. Because okay. Just because he's had the guts to buy. I think anyone that bucks convention, I don't care if flat earth. I kind of like Kyrie because now obviously the flat earth <laughs> stuff causes you to wonder about other things. But I, if you're willing to stand up and know most people are going to disagree with me, but I'm going to speak w- loudly. You respect that. Yeah, because how, how many people do that? You know, pursuant to that, I've been very impressed because Aaron got all that crap about, you know, the whole, you know, mm-hmm. immunization crap. And his latest commercials... He's kind of out there, you know. They're showing him like looking dressed almost like a, a hippie a little bit. Yeah, but you those know? were recorded months ago, though, or if not before the season. I'd mm, have to expect. That's a good, that, you I, know, that, that's a good point. But they kind of show him as like a flying on, on his own. He had the beanie and he was dating. Yeah, the that's his new persona. That's yeah, like, he's out there. He's, he's, he's Spicoli. Yeah, he's like Spicoli with a with a hose or the. Um, God, I, I'm like getting old, RJ. It's like, what's the name of the guy that was um, in, in Fast Times at Ridgemont High? That's Spicoli. Spicoli. No, like the tiny part, the great actor. That he, he's like. Oh, Forrest Whitaker played the black. No, blah, blah, blah. the white, the well, white guy. By the way, Forrest Whitaker won was, an Oscar. Uh, he's as, a great actor. Great actor. And so. he, he should have won one for that movie. He was crushed by Jefferson. No, there's he has a, a small bit part. He's like in 19 movies. But, but, he but was explain in, the part. He was in Con Air. He was in the, the Nicholas Cage. Yes, a great actor. Well, first off, Nicholas Cage won won an Oscar too. Okay, thank you. Arden. You didn't see Leaving Las Vegas? I did. Yeah, you didn't think great. that was great? I thought it was good. You know, Nicholas Cage. Thirty seconds. We'll put a timer on it. Thirty seconds. <laughs> the uh, I gotta get my timer ready. All right. Nicholas Cage is a lot like Dylan in the following way. He can have the greatest performances and the worst performances because he takes chances. And thus, sometimes it seems goofy. But I'll give you a movie. Have you seen uh, Bad Lieutenant Port of Call? No. Mm-mm. New Orleans? No. Okay, so you saw the original Bad Lieutenant, yes. right? Okay, Harvey Keitel, about as grungy, edgy as a movie's ever going to be, actually. I mean, he's smoking heroin. He's making, uh, pulling over girls and... and, and um, Almost molesting would have to be the word, right? And I mean, it's like a, a it was rated X, right, or whatever, and NC seventeen or whatever at the time. They did something that was even edgier with Port of Call, New Orleans, by Lieutenant, and literally it was the guy named um, Walter Herzog, who is one of the most famous documentarians, who did uh, I think it was called Bear, Grizzly Man, and but he's done a lot of nature documentary. It's one of the rare narrative, you know, uh, non or fiction movies he ever did, and it's probably the strangest movie I've ever seen. Nicolas Cage plays the main character, uh, uh, the cop, and it's one of the great performances mm. I've ever seen. And so, it, but you know, half the people here might think it was the worst movie they ever saw. So it's like one of those things. I kind of appreciate those guys. You didn't like uh, Leaving Las Vegas? I did. I don't think he's the one who made it good. Who made it good? <laughs> Elizabeth Shue. Well, no, listen, Elizabeth Shue certainly caught my eye in that movie, too, so I'm not going to lie. But, I mean, come on. Elizabeth Shue didn't win no Oscar. She did not. She was in Can't Buy Me Love. <laughs> I mean, you know, Nick, you know Nicolas Cage is uh, first cousins or, or uh, the, the na- nephew of Francis Ford Coppola. That's right. That's right. You, oh, that says correct. Well, how did you know that? You told me. You didn't me. know his name. You told me. <laughs> Any closing thoughts on the movies? Uh, on the movies? Good Nicolas Cage movie, uh-huh. 8 millimeter. 
Okay, that's when he there's the snuff film. Yeah, yeah. You like snuff films? No, never seen one, but it was a good movie. But you saw a movie about snuff. I saw films. a movie about it. This is from a little five second, ten second drop here, and then we'll move on. This is from Porter Call, New Orleans, by Lieutenant, and he is with drug, a bunch of like tough black drug dealers. He's Nicholas Cage, but he's a cop, and he says, "Give me my money," because he he did something for him. And they said, no, we'll give it to you when we want or something. And he says, I'm going to kill you all. And then he says, to the break of dawn, which made no sense. <laughs> but here it is. And this is just the break of dawn part. To the break of dawn. To the break of dawn, baby. <laughs> The big gun in the car waving it around. I'm gonna kill you to the break of dawn. And then he goes, the break of dawn, baby. He just, he's crazy. And this is a good movie. It's great. <laughs> it's great. It's so edgy. It's so edgy. All right. Next game. How, oh, we're on the Pittsburgh game. We're on Pittsburgh, yeah. We still haven't given our bets. I know. We haven't, we really haven't got into really the game. gone through the game. Right. So your point is you can't look at Kansas City. Because of the value, my point is Pittsburgh is stubborn when it comes to changing scheme. And I think, remember, Tyreek Hill was not 100% when he played. He did play this game, but hardly had any targets. He was just off of COVID. And now he's not 100% again. Yeah, yeah. But in theory, it's a one-to-one then, right? Right. The tight end, Kelsey, was out. And now he's, he's at 100%. In. Yep. So, I mean, to me, the last game – Feels like that there's more advantage for Kansas City now. Plus, Pittsburgh just had two monster, monster games against Cleveland, against Baltimore. I think we'd go back further, right? I mean, they were, I mean. Yeah, but but still, every to game. end the season with Big Ben's, you know, career on the line. I mean, everyone thought they were going to be flat against the Ravens. We thought, we, we thought that that was their season finale. That, that, that was the all-in game, the well, last yeah, home game against yeah, Cleveland, right? I didn't because yeah. I told you the Ravens. I mean, we had the Ravens, you, you remember? And you, well, we had Pittsburgh, no, I'm Pittsburgh, sorry. Yeah. Well, and you had them, like, yeah. ranked one. So, you yeah. had, so in general, I think this game, it feels like I have a vision for this game. Is, and this will get to my prop bat. All right, my vision is that Pittsburgh gets out to a, uh, and maybe that's not the way to say it, Pittsburgh falls behind drastically. Now, this is pretty amazing. The last half of the season, so eight, ga- or eight games, in the first half, the Steelers have scored four points per game. Say that again. Four points per game. The average score has been four points. Over eight games, they scored 32 points in the first half. They scored 16 points in the second half. And that actually doesn't even include overtime. We're not even counting overtime. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to do some quick math. That's four times as much. <laughs> Sounds like it. This, don't the want, the don't first want, game against Kansas City was 23 nothing at halftime. Don't want any part of these Steelers early. No yeah. part, right? Now, the split on the whole season is 6.7 points in the first half, 16.2. So still drastic. Now give me the point margin, please, not just the point score. So what's their uh, straight-up margin first half, second half? Because I'm thinking we – and Kansas City likes to get out fast, right? I mean, every team does, but they tend to. And you would think – History not repeating itself. Remember when they won the Super Bowl and they had the three playoff games where they got down by double mm-hmm, digits. Mm-hmm. So that, now, point of emphasis: don't, hey guys, you know, don't let that happen again. Let's so, be ready. So, Mackenzie, do the same for me with KC. Um, but I just went the margin, right? So I went the margin for Pittsburgh, the margin for KC, and do the full season for KC. 
And for the whole season? Uh, for Pittsburgh? Yeah, let's do the whole season. I got the first half, second half of the season now. Go ahead. In the first half, they outscored teams by... Pittsburgh or Kansas City? Pittsburgh. They can't outscore teams with yeah. getting 6.7 points. Sorry, they were outscored by four points per game. In the second half, they outscored teams by four points per game. All right, so their ATS on the or, or their straight up on the year is like 0.0. Exactly, almost zero. So literally, we're talking about a minus four, which puts them where in your rankings, Fez? Wowza. And let's assume that's going to be, in theory, that for the game, that's minus eight, right? 25th. If they're minus eight? If they're minus four for but, that. But wouldn't, wouldn't we think oh, if they good. played the same way? Carolina, 28th, minus eight. Minus eight. Okay. And what about plus eight? Uh, the best team in the NFL. So they pretty much go from the worst team in the NFL to the best team in the NFL, first half, second half, by margin. Right? Yes. That's that. I've never seen you. Re, you reacted like Spock. Your eyebrows went up a couple of times. What do you think of that? What's well, Pittsburgh first half? I, I'm, I'm stealing your thunder. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. more about Pittsburgh first half or Kansas City Kansas first City. half. Kansas City. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and Kansas yeah. City is about plus three and a half, plus four for both first and second half. Okay, so they're the same, but there's no disadvantage in the first half. Exactly. But you know what I'm interested in in the game? Can you break the games up in which they're a touchdown or more favor? And do it for two years because this is the same. T- oh, we'll do it for the first year first and maybe go back. Go ahead. Do you worry that because, like you said, you think they're going to, the Chiefs will jump out to a lead? The, steel, the, the fact that you said that, that they're really better, they're better in the second half, surprised me because their run defense is so bad. It seems like uh, if they part, get behind. Part of the reason the run defense is bad is be, I think partially, be, and I haven't looked at this, so I'm just going by my gut, is they're, again, not make like when, when the other team is up big. They're not making changes to really shut down. I don't know. I, I it's, I'm so conflicted with Tomlin in so many ways. I don't like him, but man, <laughs> you got to respect the hell out of what he's been doing. His accomplishments are amazing. Yeah, you know, he did catch a nice flop here the last two oh, games. That's no, he said. did. But, but, but listen, right? I mean, when, don't you agree? When the, Big Ben was out the whole year with Duck Hodges, incredible. They, eight, eight, they eight, caught eight. a lot of luck too, in theory, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe part of this is he's doing things with the team. They don't give up. I'll tell you this, I've never seen a team that doesn't give up like they got, this. What they, was the game they got slaughtered and they scored like four touchdowns in the fourth quarter? Uh, and Chargers and Minnesota. Yeah, Chargers was what I was thinking and, about. And yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. so, so um, that's a team that never gives up. It's not a team you want to lay 13 against. It's a team you want to lay seven and Big first Ben's half. not giving up at the end. He, he yeah. wants to put up, if he gets crushed, he wants him saying 400 yards and that. Because if he would have retired after the Cleveland game, that would have been a gr- meaning last year. That would have been a great freaking testament to him that he 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 was shot. He got crushed in the game. He still his gut. He knew he couldn't. Dylan has a line in a song which is actually from Lucky You, right? Remember the movie Lucky You? Yeah, I love Lucky You. Over the credits is a Dylan song. Really? Right? Is it? Right? It's the one that goes, "I've got." He goes, "I've tried you twice. You can't be nice. I've got to put you down for a while." <laughs> and he's talking about poker. That you know, it's kind of supposed to be about that. And but then he goes. He goes, you got no chance to win, but you play it on you play it on down till the end. And I mean, like that to me, the guy that doesn't have anything left to gain except pride, that he's a war. I mean, Big Ben's a warrior. I don't give a freak about anything else. He's a warrior. By the way, I was right about the Chiefs. When they're favored by a touchdown or more, eight games this year, first half they're plus ten, second half plus three. I'm sold. I also like the fact that the Chiefs. You, did you uh, real quick? 
You're seeing this in real, you're seeing this in real time. A guy, not even look. I hear the numbers. I go, you know, check this one. For, boom, boom. We, I'm impressed. It? Do you see it? Do you I, see I, it? I see it. Here's the million dollar question: Can we still lay seven first? Half? No, seven and a half. Well, first off, in one place. No, pretty much across the board is what I'm seeing. You sure? No, I mean, there, you've well, got a you, lot. How many are you seeing? How many? Four, five. So, is there any good plus? Is there any good plus money on it? Because I mean, we'll lay seven and a half if it's the right. If we're getting the right. So, in the first half, what's that worth? Probably that's got to be worth more than uh, ten cents, right? Even money at Westgate. Yep, even money. Okay, so we're. Getting uh, I w- I, I'm sure it's worth twenty cents. A that's seven. what I'm saying. So we're we're effectively at Westgate. We could have a seven point two five in theory, right? If we're South getting point minus seven minus fifteen. That's it. Barred for life. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> really? Yeah. McKenzie's not barred. Oh, let's get down there. Let's make it bet there, huh? <laughs> yeah, sure. McKenzie, yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yes. Let's put a bit. Yeah, we'll, there's, there's we'll no. give McKenzie a hundred dollar free. You, you know what? I'm not holding any grudge against the South Point. In fact, I'm going to send my very best buddies well, to pussy. go and, and play against them. Oh, you know that's nice of you, actually. <laughs> yes, I'm going to recommend them to my most valuable and, people I know. And just to be clear, just to be clear, you're not going to bet anything. No. No, I'm going to let you free roll. And then if you lose, you pay me, but it's for something else. <laughs> Right. Yeah, but you're officially you're not because we don't want any. You never know in Nevada they got strict. Uh, I'm not paying anyone to place a bet for me. No, that's no. A, well, that's a whole other. That's messenger betting. No, right? That's no, and we would never do that never. either. <laughs> Mackenzie's gonna put all the money up, and because he's in a better financial situation than you, Faz and me, he may give us a percentage <laughs> of the win. And 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 it's about time he did that because Mackenzie he's already. Do you know this? He's no. already calling in the troopers. For this for, for, for reinforcements for the Super Bowl. Oh, Mackenzie, because didn't how, much, how much did we how much did we win with the uh we did a bunch of correlated parlays, right? Yes, yes. And we won like a couple of dimes, didn't we? What did we More win? More than Mac- that, yeah. We tripled our money, we put two K in. Well, when you say we, you you didn't put anything in, right? You free rolled, right? You gave me a free roll on that. Exactly. Yeah. So he goes, We put in a bunch of money. No. <laughs> no, you hey, listen, that's good because that will get us really working the prop. When are they coming in? Because they can do some props, but again, we wouldn't ever have a runner. Never. Never. Cut him in on a piece By of the, the way, cousin, cousin Mark, big fan well, of the pod, listens every week. Yeah. So shout out Mark. Who? Who's coming in? My cousin's coming in for the Super Bowl. Ah, shout yeah. out Mark. Loves the pod. Always telling me about it. So you know, appreciate that. We had someone else. He, they were in here a couple years ago, I think from Iowa. And apparently this guy wrote, uh, I read it real quick. Mary got it. A long soliloquy. Uh, rhapsody. About, he rhapsodized about how he literally either was a losing batter or had never bat, and he's taken 300 bucks, and I think he's turning into 90000 Damn. And he says, well, us pregame, this pod has been, like, the only real thing that's been the driver. And, you know, him being obviously great enough to figure it out and doing great things. You know, what really hit home with that is that this is a life lesson. Mm-hmm. If you're always good at something, it is not nearly as endearing as if you suck at something for a long period of time and then you get good. Think about like in an NCAA tournament when one of those number 13 seeds gets hot mm-hmm. after struggling all year long and the joy the players yeah, have they, that make love, the elite It's like eights. Rocky. It's the underdog. Exactly like Rocky, you know, where for one time in my life I realize I'm a winner. Okay, okay. We did a time shift. We got off on Rocky and Fez led the way. True or not, AJ? You did. 
So blame him. But he starred in that in that off in that aside. The the pod, I almost picked up the clock thing on him. I yeah, was like, come on. He, he was, listen, I I that's someone I'd actually hang like with Steve. I hang out with. I like hanging out with. But it's as a batter. It's like me and a pro batter. We're friends. We got a long history. Talking pro batting. I'd hang out with that guy and not talk pro batting. That knows Rocky. You guys hang out at a bar. Well, he when he drinks white wine spritzers, he gets do that. way out of hand. I'm a lightweight. His nipple, I noticed he had this real thin shirt on. His nipples were getting hard when he was oh, drinking. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't no, know hey, what it meant. No, I don't either. <laughs> All right. So we did talk about Pittsburgh in the first half. I mean, this is, now you guys can't take my derivative. So nope. my derivative, first half Pittsburgh. Minus seven, lay 15. McKenzie's yeah, going to hit the highway. For himself. For Yes. And you're taking the Chiefs in the first half. Um. Yeah, I'm going to take a derivative on this too. I'm going to. Well, yeah, that's what we said. That is, that is our. What are you talking about? You just said I'm gonna go with the Steelers. Oh, God. I keep saying we've Steelers. all been flipping things. Yeah. Okay, Kansas City first half. Let's call it seven minus twenty. Let's yeah. just be reasonable. Because uh, I want everyone. Or, to is have there a reason you don't want to lay the seven and a half? Like, is it that? I mean, I just the Pittsburgh's well, offense off, the is so bad. The fact that we can get it at one ten means you can get even money at seven and a half. Yeah, but we can get seven at one ten, right? It's worth twenty one cents. Yeah. Oh, okay. And here's why: seven's worth about eleven cents in a game, but anytime you shorten a game to a half in this case, Got it. the value becomes even more. And zero becomes very important too, obviously. And teams don't screw around with you going for two down fourteen in the first half. So, you, like so you, what you're saying typically half. you're gonna stay on the key numbers. Yes. Now that's an interesting point too. Yeah. See, that's good. I love it when you do a stand. I mean, you, you as a handicapper, you got great stuff and you, obviously college over pro, but you're learning on the pros big. But as a batter, it's new. You haven't lived in Vegas. You've bet, you know, for decades or a decade plus, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, gray markets or whatever. Yeah. But but now it's obviously much more prevalent for you. You know, the most extreme example, picture three scenarios at the end of the half. So we're talking about key numbers now. Right. So let's assume that it's a disaster. The game's tied. Kansas City has the ball two minutes to play. They're at midfield. You know, we pull this out. We can get a push. Kansas City's up four. And at midfield, I'm feeling pretty confident lane seven. Oh, my God, lane seven half. I'm not feeling good at all. And Kansas City's up seven at midfield. You're like, all right, I will win or a push. You know, those are three different scenarios. And all three, I'd much rather have the minus seven. You know, all you got to think of, it, might, it doesn't happen every time. But think about how small the edge of winning is. It's one out of 20 games. Right. One out of 20. Right. If you can get half of that from line shopping and half of that from your handicapping, you only got a handicap one out of 40 games. Right. Or, or superior to the market. Back to the full game. And, you know, this team better than than most people. If I said, what are the Steelers good at? What would you say? Winning. OK. I mean, they, they're winner. There's something Pittsburgh's doing that the market doesn't understand. Because how many, I mean, we were talking about a little bit, they exceeded expectations drastically the Duck Hodges year, right? Last year, you could make the case they exceeded expectations. They, I mean, was that team spo- supposed to go even 12-4 and four or whatever? I know that 11-0 and 0 turned bad. Yeah. How does that team go 11-0, and 0, right? And then and it's this, not game management decisions. Uh, I mean, it's other areas. I mean, I think the team I plays think game hard. management decisions don't mean half as much as people think. I think do. unless they're a big favorite, this team plays hard every mm-hmm. game. I agree. But it's more than that because so does the line. So, I mean, I think but some teams, when they get down 20, they make business decisions. The no, I agree. Never See, to me, to that's that. two separate things. Pittsburgh would never gives up. 
Mm -hmm. And that's different than playing hard every game. Yes. Right. Yes. But I think both apply unless they're a big favor. You know, I also like the fact that Pittsburgh is like the anti Chargers, where the Chargers get down 18 and they'll go for it fourth and eight from their own 10. Pittsburgh won't do that. So the Which decreases the chance of winning the game, but increases the chance of covering if they're a bigger underdog. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I agree with that. Um, I also think to some degree that. Big Ben, if if Big Ben were just, I mean, let's look at his stats. I mean, Big Ben's stats aren't great, but I mean, it's not, they're making him out to be the worst of the worst. So what do we have? What do you have, Feds? QBR? Do you have? Uh, uh, I didn't update it. I don't know if I updated oh, the last week. Twenty fourth. Well, let's have, last. All right, let's have Mackenzie pull it, and uh, we just want QBR, PFF. But in general, he's a bottom quartile quarterback. But how many quarterbacks can, you know, let's use that Browns game. Line. How many, you know, can Trevor Lawrence throw for like, f what did he throw for, 500 yards? Something crazy. Yeah. I mean, could, Big Ben does things every game that a quarter or more of the league can't do at quarterback. And, yeah, he has downsides that are bad, bad. But, I, I mean, he's still got, you know, he's almost like, he's almost like the, the bad Aaron Rodgers. Where Aaron Rodgers' stats were bad or slightly above average prior to last year for like four years they weren't good they were just kind of good but he still didn't turn the ball over and he still could make throws no one else could make and he puts you in the right play like peyton manning did when he yeah, won the well Super if Bowl. so the why weren't they doing why weren't they do why was his stats so average right so i think he just had to fit like one out of 20 plays he did something that the mm -hmm. other quarterbacks of his stats couldn't do yeah Big Ben, now we're looking at the bad core tower of quarterbacks. Those guys can't do what Big Ben does at certain points. By the way, QBR is 25th. I mean, that's not, that's not horrible. I mean, that, 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 that means that there's six, seven quarterbacks worse. People, journeyman. He's a, he's, he's a journeyman. He's level. the best of the journeyman. But yeah. you know what? I respect that he's still playing. I don't know if he needs the money because I can't imagine he does. He's made a hundred plus million. Maybe he's planning on future lawsuits against him. The the guy. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> big oh, come on. On on Big Bang, you know, for someone that that, that worships Gecko, you know, right. I mean, it's like that's fine if you're if you're crushing the little man, that's fine. But but my someone told me I'm supposed to really respect. Where are you a feminist? That's I, are you a feminist? No. Yes or no? No. I think you are. What's your pronouns? <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand books about gambling when 95% of them. What are we it, talking about gambling? And what they use the pronoun she. Oh, like, oh, this oh. poker player, she should have check raised dude, here. Dude, you don't know that, that that's something that, you, that, that everything that represents, which is kowtowing, it, it is placating, because it, it doesn't feel, it, it's just trying to shove it in people's face. Listen. I, yes, I agree. Yeah, I hate that, right? But everything you do when it comes to, like, your love of liberal causes is the same. It's that you're, you're the hardest core arch Republican. I believe strongly that you have no racism, no sexism. Not, in fact, you probably, it's weird. I've never seen, usually if someone acts like he does, they hide it. I don't think there's any of it, like zero but I don't think you have any of those other feelings either, which is like, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> you know, I like the fact you'll just admit it, right? <laughs>
You know, the, the Bama Sometimes wide. Sometimes you're beat. Let me ask you, the Bama wide receiver went down, and I had to bet under on under 113 reception yards. Same. Oh, I was like, I hope he's okay tomorrow. <laughs> Same. Tomorrow. All right. So we're going with a, I would say, probably our best bet of the whole pod will be this, but we'll talk about it. And I don't know if it can be if there is a premium on them in the game, but it's certainly the right way to get at it. I'm going to add one more. Big Ben, my prop, over passing yards. I like this bet. Yeah, the theory being just he's going to be thrown from behind and he's not going to quit because he doesn't and it's his last game. And they, remember, this is a team that somehow only lost, they only lost six games this year. What were they, nine, six, and one? And they went nine, over their win. Oh, yeah. Nine, they went over their win total. They, and Can somehow they managed that? to not tie. And somehow they didn't land eight, eight, and one, which made me happy. <laughs> um, but but so they were only, since they only lost seven games, game script wise, there were plenty of games they were ahead at the end. Oh, so what you're saying is. Usually with a team that's playing, that has a decent quarterback, at least one can throw from behind, that is um, uh, his year-to-date stats are going to be depressed if they were ahead of games because he's not throwing from behind in those games. Yes. Okay. That's interesting. All the more reason to like that. So you don't think that this is one of the, the Drew Brees, Dan Marino, where the last game is just like... It's a shell of himself. It's like one no, of the worst games of his career. It will. It might be, but he'll still have a lot of yards. Okay. Right. I mean, I wouldn't want to bet his QBR. I wouldn't want to bet any efficiency stat. He will throw the ball. Usage. You're yeah. betting usage. Yeah. He'll yeah. throw the ball. He had 501 yards on 68 attempts against the Browns. And remember, they were down. That's great. Uh, That's I mean, a great comp. Yeah. They were down. Like 21 fast in that game. Turnover, turnover. Another example of a bad first half. I know. Hey, real quick, Mackenzie, look for the games the Steelers were, uh, like the five or six games they were the biggest underdogs. I don't know where that threshold would be, but maybe pick the six and tell me Big Ben's just passing yards in those games. I'm on it. On average. Okay, anything else on this game? Kansas City, you still got them the best, but I, you've I had did. a downgrade in the last couple of weeks. I, right? I, I did. I, I had them as high as seven and a half, better than the average team. They're down to six and a half. I don't like what I saw at all against Denver now. Yeah. Are they kind of sleepwalking through that game? Say, eh, well, we don't. Why? But they're sleepwalking through the game in which they needed to, uh, well, they couldn't lose the division, right? So there was a chance of them getting the number one. They had a chance at the number one they needed to The fact they lose. played Mahomes means they they were taking If you play your starters and you even a Tyreek Hill, that was hurt, right? Well, he was fine before he hurt himself like early. Well, that in the game. makes an interesting point, doesn't it? Yeah. Is it if Hill oh, so it was COVID before, now it's something. Okay. Yes. So if you play Hill, you should be taking the game seriously. If you play Mahomes, so if they don't, that's just a flaw, I think. Let me throw one more thing out. This is a unique circumstance of that game. The field conditions was horrendous in Denver to the point of the players were slipping and sliding all over the Should place. You, so you say you diminish that a little bit, the score? Yes. yes. It, it basically, when you've got one team full of skill position players and the other doesn't have one and you've got a field. No, I understand. They said yeah. letting the grass grow tall. Yes. Uh, Tyreek Hill and Travis both were full participants in Wednesday's practice. Now, here's the thing. That almost makes me think that he's hurt more. <laughs> yeah. Because it's easy to say that, right? But it feels like maybe that's ah, interesting. Mm. Um, RJ but, doesn't believe coaches. <laughs> but the mar- the market didn't move, though, did it? It's still 12 and a half, so. Okay. Um, you got that, McKenzie? Yeah, surprisingly, it's not better. I mean, he's only been a dog once of, of more than ten, uh, more than seven. Mm-hmm. And he only had 170 yards in that game. That so. was the KC game. Yes. What was it? How many times did he throw? Let's see I like here. to look at the game script at the end. They were getting killed in that game. He threw 43 times. He went 28 for 43. Only four yards in attempt. 
Yeah, I'm still going with it. Do we have the number? Do, do they have those numbers out on Big Ben's over under? Let me look into it. Check it. Check DraftKings. Yeah, let's hold. I want to make sure it's not way because I mean I don't want it to be way over season average. Right. Yeah. Okay. Anything else on this game? No totals. No no. Uh, force pick for sure. Force force pick Kansas City. I'm gonna go now. This shows you how much of the prop I think it is, but I'm gonna go with uh, Pitts. Well, let me think about this. Yeah, I'm gonna go Pittsburgh for the game. I'm gonna go Pittsburgh game. Double digit home so favorites the in the wild card round, five and zero ATS since now, since 2003. No, now this is a good stat because and it's 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 a bigger stat. If you look at over a touchdown all playoff games, really outstanding numbers, mm-hmm. and people don't get it because the default is usually. And let me be clear, Pittsburgh's probably my second least strong opinion. So I will not be betting Pittsburgh for the game, but if I had to, right? So be clear there, but here's why regular season. When you bet a double digit dog, about two thirds of the value is hoping the favorite is not focused, right? Mm -hmm. That That they'll let off or something would let off or quite frankly, just be flat, right? The whole game. Um, Think of Detroit's different games that, you know, uh, and, and, and Houston's and, and Indianapolis. Oh, wait, <laughs> they had one in the playoffs, no matter what, you're going to get a focused effort. So now it's just quality of teams. And in general, they get priced cheaper because there's a sense it's a playoff team. How much of an underdog could they be? So it really is a perfect storm. I just think this is a game because Pittsburgh's look so bad that it's inflated. A little and bit. this was my, the Steeler or the chiefs would have been my second favorite if we ranked them this year or this week, second favorite pick, second favorite so side. We had two best bets. You would have, it would have been my second one. Oh, and and you're a big favorite. You couldn't let that. And go. the number one is the second biggest favorite, right? Yeah. Okay. Is yeah. that true? Yeah. Well, but, but you know, if it's one time, maybe right. now is the time. I don't but know. what I, the way I was looking at it with the chiefs is why are you explaining your bet? You can explain it, but are you are you are you trying no, uh, to justify it? Or are you no like uh, the oh, way okay. you said like you know the, they're looked at differently in the playoffs mm-hmm. and things like that? I was thinking the Steelers to me are in in any given year would be looked at as a bad playoff team. Okay. The Chiefs any other year would have a bye this week, so this well, is oh, first off they were very close to not even being number two. This so let, I mean this team, but Faz got them number one. So let's just say they're a better they're a uh, they're certainly. I think that's fair to say. Or if you took the last ten years when there were two buys, are they an average? Are they a top ten or top two in the AFC team? Were they a buy worthy team? The quality of this team, I'd say yes. Yes. So okay, I'll I'll allow. So I was looking at it as a team that would be like a Steelers team that I would consider bad in a regular in any given playoff season, going up against a team that normally wouldn't even have to play a first round game. That it just seems like a big clear bad compared to the average playoff team. Yes. But but you got a minus three points. But yeah, but even we, so, even with this total that's depressed what I'm rating, you, it's still you value with you them. You can't be higher than Kansas City being number one, right? And I and, can't be lower than Pittsburgh being three freaking points worse than an average team when everyone else. I think if you ask the average Joe one and Blow, a half or one, if Najee Harris, than, yeah, they well, who cares about Joe Blow? I'm saying the average sharp's going to have it. The minus average sharp would say, would, I think the average sharp would say they're an average team. Mm. Average. If, if Najee Harris doesn't play. I don't know. I, that makes me like my Big Ben number better. Najee Harris yeah. isn't going to play? He's questionable. Did yeah. not practice today. Say it again? Najee Harris did not practice Ooh, today. Okay. They'll shoot him up. He'll play. <laughs> so says the the, the feminist. Um, <laughs> Big Ben's over-under is 230.5. 
or See, half as a piece. Very manageable to His me. His season average, 234. If, if Harris isn't 100%, that's even better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 234. So this is under that. The theory is KC's got a better defense. I don't think, I don't think, that, I don't know if they do, right? But, okay. What All was right. the season average? 234. Oh, that, oh, that's the season average. And the numbers, 234 also? Or it's Yards not passing, he had an average of 234 per game this But we year. can't bet it yet. We can bet 230 and a half oh. is his passing yard. Oh, what, this looks, what did he do in the first that. game against? It, that we just said that. It was, it was low. Sorry. It was low, oh, okay. low, though. Yeah. And I don't get that, but, I, you know, I don't think it's anything about Casey's D. They kept. I mean, they kept handing it to Harris, or at least second. something that's repeated. They kept handing it to Harris. Yeah, he still murdered. had forty some attempts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was four yards an attempt. Hmm. Your average NFL was seven and a half, right? So, all right, uh, next guy. Oh, well, I mean, I think we all did a force bet. No total on this. All right, go ahead. San Francisco plus three at the Cowboys. Okay, this is going to be my best bet. This but is, I, I've been talking a lot, so I'm going to wait back, hear what you two say, and then I'll jump in. So, Fez, you start. This was almost my best bet. Okay. okay, it's San Francisco. My power ratings make it three, but I like the 49ers. Here's why I like the 49ers. I think they're undervalued based upon not being 100% for most of the year. So we had Jimmy G. All right, I get it. He's injured right now. But well, Jimmy G missed two games, though. But he missed. But those one of those games was a disaster where they lost to Arizona because Trey Lance played a horrendous game. So that was. But it a, wasn't like the stat. I mean, you're talking about how the stats look, right, on the season. It was, but uh, that one game, I think that that, that was a key loss. A right. game they wouldn't have lost. And Kittle has been injured over the course of the year. But here's here's the, Samuel only missed one game. He had a stretch of three games, end of November, start of December, where he had one catch in all three games. He is a healthy Samuel is so important to this team. Now that they got all of their weapons back healthy, I can't help but think, you know, I got Dallas two points better. I'm like, that can't be right. These two, like going into next year, who... And by the way, this is from McKenzie. All this talk about how bad the four, Trey Lance was, but go. who's? I mean, who's who's better right now? I mean, I've got Dallas two points better. I'm like, that can't be right. These teams are like, I'm not even certain Dallas is better. I know this. Well, but you're just talking a bunch of gobbledygook. You're not certain Dallas is better. What makes you say Dallas isn't better? Like because, you got all your numbers. Because Dallas had this stretch, and we talked spoke about this, and I'll get it. I, I get it. I made a big bet against Dallas when they played the Washington football team. I lost by a zillion. What week was? Oh, that was the blowout. Okay. Right. But the, the bottom line, they got to play against so many backup quarterbacks and got not just bad divisional opponents, but wounded divisional opponents. Remember when they played Washington, when Washington had all the COVID and Dallas won? Both times they seven. played Washington, it Both was COVID times. depletion. They got to play the Giants when the Giants had quit. They um, they got to play Philly even the last week. So, when, dude, what's your power rating say? That they're one and a half points better? Two points better. Dallas okay, so how, why better. are you trying to explain to us why they're not? Because the, my gut says my power ratings have Dallas a little bit too high and San Francisco a little bit too low. Then, but this is back to the schizophrenic phase. It's like you can change your power rating. I, I, but I did. I raised San Francisco two and a half points. So schizo. Why, well, RJ? All right, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on. So Faz, listen. It is strange, and let's be honest, that you you almost sound like a guy that works at a big company, and he's like PFF. Let's say they have five hundred fifty employees. I think it is now, and here and saying. I know we've got uh, Steelers at uh, minus three, but or let's use this example. We got 49ers that I blank, and I, I've been sending emails. I've been telling them in the meetings, you know, you got to move them up. You got to move them up. They won't listen. They won't listen. Feds, you're a one-man power rating. So, <laughs> like, like, when did you start thinking your number was wrong? When I saw Jimmy G 
look to be close to 100% when I thought he was so, nowhere close to 100%. So today's Wednesday, and on Sunday you thought your number was wrong. Why? No, no, I thought it was. I thought my number was right when it was 17 nothing Rams, uh -huh. and then they. But saw by it. the end of Sunday, you thought. By the it was end right. of Sunday, I was like, oh, I got. Why haven't you changed it? Because I didn't want to like come in and like raise them four points and get like the scrutiny of all scrutiny. How can you overreact to one game where a team barely covers? Well, you want me to give you the answer to that. And this is Please. what I tell people all the time. Like, like um, AJ had a crazy hot take. It was first ever. I thought <laughs> he said the Giants was the best job opening. What? The, it's the worst job. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but he had an interesting take. I, 30 seconds. They're the only ones who aren't married to a bad quarterback situation. They've got two top 10 picks. They can do what they want at quarterback. So he's saying it's, it's got more freedom at the quarterback, and you got Daniel Jones. It could be a gap year probably. Oh, Kirk Cousins, a lot of hate for him. Well, Kirk yeah. Cousins has one year left, yeah. and then at what are you going to do? Million, You've got to either he's great value there, right? Yeah. Oh, I think who would you rather have? I think Chicago. Well, yeah, but at thirty-five versus. I think Chicago. Excuse me, Chicago. Because I just think Fields Fields had the fifth highest big throw percentage of any quarterback. I think he, he's got the skills to make the big throws, and the question is, can he get rid of the mistakes? And he trended in the right direction, I thought. Trevor Lawrence had half as many big-time throws per drop back, and I don't even think he trended in a good direction except for the last game. Right, who, what was your, what's your list? I would just top couple, and, and worst would be Giants, you're saying. De Denver. Denver. Yeah, that's a sl slot question mark at quarterback. Great roster. Exactly. So all we got to yeah, do is get a quarterback go first and a playoff team. Yeah, maybe. I, and Denver does have a top 10 pick. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, it was, it, it, I mean, it was strong. You know, I liked that he had such a strong take. So, Fez, we were talking about you, the scrutiny and all that. And what I told AJ when he was had his hot, hot take, I said, hey, we love, and it wasn't hot, hot, but if you do have a crazy take, say beforehand you know it's crazy, right? And then if you explain it, like if you would have came and said, listen, guys, I got, uh, I've made a big adjustment on San Fran. You know, there's two reasons. One, I adjusted him because of this most recent game, and that was X. But you know something? I looked at this spread on the game, I said, I, can I really have San Fran this low? I went back, looked at the season, looked at the stats, and you know what? I've upgraded him another point, not because of this game, because I've reevaluated the past. Yes. Now it makes sense. Yes. So it's, that's what you wanted to do. That's, yeah. That's, that's what you did, effectively. Just it, were scared. That's right. But I like, here's the thing. With Colin, for all those years, it was like he, he always had double-digit favorites. And finally he stopped because I, I'm sick of your scrutiny. I'm sick of it. Right. AJ, we're making him less square, though. It seems like he's kind of made himself more square this week. But we'll see. Maybe in the playoffs we're square. Mm. But I think having someone – like, you know, if your mom or if your dad or if your whoever was an authority figure or for some people it's the wife is a lot of guys, they get divorced, they go to – hell because you know it was like not hell like actual hell they go to hell as in they break they go to ruin or whatever you want to say like a yard that lifestyle no, you mean yeah it's like they you know they stop eating vegetables they they start they, having six they, bowls of cereal yeah, for they dinner start, they start <laughs> not, not worrying about haircuts you know that kind, and it's just or like showering well some you're, same so, same outfit three straight days but but it's one of those things it's like the guy because usually 
a divorce means that there was a marriage that at some point had bad elements to it. And then the theory is at that point that, that she was nagging, right? She was saying, let's go to my mom's. Let's do this. Let's do that. Something that like adults do, right? And the, da- and the parent or not the parent, the guy doesn't want to be an adult. And then he's not an adult. In a weird way, I'm the wife forcing <laughs> you guys to stay in line. I'll that, accept that's that. Well said. <laughs> I'm a feminist, damn it. Oh. Thanks, honey. <laughs> At least you still got affection, even though with all the negativity. <laughs> but that's the kind of, you know, that's the only love you know. That's it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, actually, I got to tell a quick story. I, uh, 30 seconds. Literally. There was a girl I knew, really sweet girl, but she had the worst upbringing in that she was in foster care. Like, really bad shit, right? And it was very sad. But at one point, we, uh, she had, like, a stuffed animal. I mean, she was, you know, 20 years old or whatever. But, you know, a lot of girls have, like, they keep an affinity to their stuffed animal. And, like, she was doing, like, imaginative play with They go and, like, having it talk, you know, whatever. And at one point, I, I said something about, like, uh, like, we were joking about something where I kind of hit the stuffed animal, but it was part of a skit we were doing. But we, I didn't really, but it was, like, whack. And she goes, and, and then she had the stuffed animal saying, <clears throat> It's the only love I know like that. And it was such a great line, and it was obvious really from a hearted, like she was telling her something about herself. But it was like, that's an interesting thought, just the idea that they're literally, you know, in, in um, uh, Succession, the, you haven't seen it. Through episode you've, you've five. Oh, okay. You saw this season, right, Mackenzie? Blew me away. Yes, I did. Yeah. So at one point, you haven't watched this, have you, Faith? Mm. You, you will love this show. It's like Wall Street. But but uh, harder edged. As long as I don't have to watch Claws. 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 What's that? It's not my kind of. TV but what's show. a claw? I don't know what that. Like oh, a it's horror, a type of like show. A woman's like long fingernails. Claws. Succession is about a, a New York billionaire and his sons trying to take over his company. It's I'd like, love it. Yeah, I think you would. It's a very popular show. But at one point. His ex-wife, the main character's ex-wife, he's 82. The ex-wife's, you know, younger but, you know, older uh, than, you know, average. And she goes, your dad, they, the daughter goes, why didn't we have dogs when we were kids? And the mom said, well, your dad can't live with anything that he doesn't kick to see if it will come back to him. You know, it, but it was being metaphorical, mm. but, but, like, the idea that there are people who... Uh, most people, I think, whose past has been through rejection if you're adopted, and not saying that's rejection, but that's how it's perceived to be, and other things where they then are neg- are hard on people in different ways to see if they're going to get rejected. They figure if they're going to get rejected, they should do the rejecting, or at least they should find out early. So I think it's it's very interesting. But I guess my very last thought would be, We've gotten so good at saying so and so had this illness. He's got AH, you know, ADHD or whatever. He gets extra time in the test. Well, back in the day, it was like he's slow. You know, it's a like, tough break, and there's all this consideration. But then you really think about it. Where does that stop? And I'm not saying it should, but I'm saying like every girl who's cheated on a boyfriend or a husband. Or vice versa, right? Man treating another one. There was this reason for it, right? Usually, uh, or I don't know about every, but a vast majority. And it's a reason that's out of control. Like, think about the most extreme cases. No, nothing except 
molesting children, that's something even criminals hate, right? So everyone's going to say, oh, the worst thing in the world. They're innocent. They're... But there's some crazy number, I won't quote it out of respect because I don't remember the exact number, where the people who molest have been molested. Yeah. Right? So now the question becomes, yeah, you got to get them off the street. you got to – but how punitive should we be and how much should it be about – you know? And then the question becomes, when does it – should it ever be punitive? And I'm not saying it shouldn't be because my instinct is you steal something, not get your hand cut off, but I want it to be that there's a real consequence – but then, because I've always felt like it was the fault of the person doing it. But as I've gotten older and tried to gain perspective, how much of it is? I don't know. It's just interesting to think, how does the whole world get reevaluated if we can't blame people in a vast majority of cases for the bad things they do? Then you, then you don't get credit for the good things. It's like if you don't do bad things, it's because you didn't have those afflictions. It's not because you're good. And now everyone's the same. It's almost like a different kind of, that you're fated to something. But you're not fated because of a, a deity. You're fated because of your circumstances. It's like a code. All these inputs led to this result. Mm. And we don't have real any control over it. But we feel like we do. Guys like you, AJ, that's tough mind. You went to the service and all this. You think I tough my, but maybe you only did that because of the inputs allowed you to do that, and that everyone with those inputs would do that, and those without won't. Maybe so. Wow, this is a, one of the deeper things you've said. <laughs> my head hurts. All right, next. No, game. I mean for real. That's, <laughs> it's it. I just I feel it's moving that direction as a society, but there is a tipping point in which you wonder when does anyone control anything? You know? Yeah. We'll talk about it. Well, I don't think we're next game. We're still on this Niners-Cowboys okay. game. So, anyway, you reevaluate. But what about the 49ers? Do you look uh, – go ahead, McKenzie. Keep that up. The 49ers, um, what caused your reevaluation? Jimmy G being close to 100%. Okay, so that was just an, an injury adjustment. And, and the realization that Samuel – the team's so much better with a healthy Samuel. And, and I, I, I knew he only missed one game, and then looking back at those three games where he only got one catch, and like clearly he was compromised. He's a guy that's getting a bunch of running, running plays, exactly. too. Right? Okay. He threw for a touchdown last week. All right, so we're going to let McKenzie have thoughts on this one, too, but we'll give him a heads up on that. What do you got? Kind of like Steve started out, I, I, I like the Cow or I like the 49ers here. The, I think the Cowboys are overinflated based on what they did at the end of the season. They won five out of six. Two of them were against COVID-depleted football team. Mm-hmm. One was against the Giants. One was against the Eagles' backups, and the other was Taysom Hill's first start, where no, no, he threw four an interceptions. Point. Usually, when people start to try to say this and that, it doesn't matter, it doesn't count. It was windy. You're given some real strong things. And that Taysom Hill game, remember the the Saints had all kinds of players out for that game yep. too. Yeah, and then their one win, like like Fez mentioned, they barely beat the Cardinals. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. That Saints was the fifth game back, right? That was a Thursday night game. Yeah. So you, I think it might be easier to leave that one out, right? I know they won, so it's part of your narrative. But if you look at the last four games, they've won all of them, right? No, four out of five. Who, where did they lose? They lost to the Cardinals. Okay. See, to me. The slumping Cardinals. Uh, yeah, I got to be honest with you. To me, that I told you that how Dallas did, how the Cardinals did, was going to tell me so much that last week. And Arizona obviously played like crap. So it makes me really think. Arizona, as bad as they're playing, that was by far the best team Dallas has played in that stretch, right? Yes. Not counting the Saints. I'm yes. not sure. You know, and because and the Saints were way back in that list, right? So depleted what, Giants who looked like they were throwing games in a, or, or tanking. I don't want to say throwing. So I, and let's look at Dak on offense. McKenzie, pop up um, 
pop up Dak's numbers and just go back. You know, when did he hurt his uh, calf? That was early, right? He missed the Minnesota game. Yeah. I remember, right? And then after that, give me just some numbers on him. And let's not be arbitrary. Let's just go from that time on. And if there's any games that he was good in, let's figure out what that was about, right? Was it a, a very specific? Because we know he was good against the football team, right? And he was good against Philly. So I guess maybe we can't do it that way. Maybe we got to eliminate those two and say, you know something? Make it where he's uh, the games after the calf that they weren't favored by. They were favored by what? Touchdown over. How much were they favored in the Philly game? Over a touchdown. It was over a touchdown close? Yeah, because of the Philly. It was seven. I think seven. Let's go less than a touchdown all games after the Minnesota game. So eliminate the other ones. Does that make sense? Yes, I'm on it. And the uh, Philly game was closing at six as we have it. Do we want oh, to include six. it or no? But but did it close at six? It went down to four and a half and then went to six, and I thought it went to seven. I thought seven it went to right seven, before. too. It may, maybe it was six and a half at post. How did you do the close, Mackenzie? Did you do it the normal way? Yeah, the normal way, looking at several, yeah. several books. Hmm. And you don't have you don't have I thought Faz was helping you with that. He's not now? Not since the first couple of times he showed me the ropes. And yeah, I've been doing it. I, I don't know if you showed him the ropes. How, how was that six? I don't even understand. I you think were, Mackenzie's right. I, no, it, he, you, he's saying six, not six and a half. I think it was six. And, I think there were sixes and six and a halves and not sevens. Did it ever tip up to seven on your account? Because we take one a day, yes, right? Yes, it was a seven for two days. Okay, then yeah. I'll accept. Maybe, maybe, we're, maybe we saw it and didn't see. Because that's the funny thing. Those moves in that last hour that mm-hmm. most people don't even acknowledge unless you're watching that screen. Okay, maybe he caught it. Hey, lately he's been hot. So, I mean, I'm just going to give him credit. So, um, you're looking that up. Then we'll let you give your handicap. What's your – oh, you're thinking Dallas overrated. We're talking about the history or the recent games. Yeah, and the Niners can run the ball. And they're the fifth-best team per DVOA. That's where the Cowboys are weak. The, the Cowboys' defense obviously improved this year. The run defense still a problem for them. And they've been in a lot of game scripts lately, as we just talked about, where teams weren't able to run the ball against them. The, the 49ers will run the football. Okay, now I'm going to go an extra level here. Uh, Solak from The Ringer, and I think he does good, uh, he has good insights. He's talking about how Dallas's strength is their speed, right? They got some fast physical players, but versus a cutback kind of San Francisco offense that over pursuing, it can be a real problem. McKenzie, can you speak to that? Yeah, that's that's the whole system where that first step that the running back takes on the outside zone sets you up later in the game, you do middle, Defense is out of line. You go the other way. So if you over-pursue, it hurts against Shanahan more than most, if not all, teams. Yes. And particularly with Debo Samuel, when he's been running the ball, a lot of it's been on reverses and things like that. That's where he's explosive. So, di- so discipline matters. Yep. Tackling. It's, it, whatever you want to say about Dallas, they got a lot of physical freaks, but they don't have a ton of discipline. Also, their coverage is excellent on the outside, and that's where the, the interceptions are happening and stuff. Jimmy G almost throws exclusively inside. Mm. Right. So really, this is a I think that one of the better bets is going to be San Fran over personally, uh, team total. Personally, my best bet is San Fran and it's all matchup. And let's be clear here. There's you know, it's three point two five, if not a little higher or three point two five. So what I'm saying is we can grade it whatever three. But what I'm saying is you, you should be getting either a cheap three plus three or 
three and a half, maybe. I mean, we'll see what direction it goes. And this is your 101 betting asymmetric risk. Just hang out for a while, wait for three and a half. If it never materializes, they're about to kick off, take plus three even money. Yeah, I agree with that. Because uh, the as long as you're watching the screen, fairly regular, right? Because... Yeah, and listen, you might but even get, if you're not, you're always going to get three. Yeah, it's not going to two and a half. I guess. Let me ask you this though. Nowadays, that so many books are moving pennies in a weird way, but there are a lot of books still moving half. So I see your point. I see your point. Yeah, you might. Yeah, and to this day, the South Point, all yeah, they deal well, with integers. Yeah. They're unique. Yeah. Cowboys' last home win against a team that's even remotely good, week three against the Eagles. Which was an impressive win. It was. That was Monday night. Since then, it's been Panthers, we Giants. Plus, I think we were plus three and a half in that game. <laughs> lost to the Broncos. Then they beat the Falcons. Lost to the Raiders. Football team lost to the Cardinals. So they, when they've had good teams come to Dallas, they've not stepped up. Uh, do, you, do we really think that da- they're worse at home? Because it's like whenever I hear things like that, you got to go back historically. Now, what's funny is now I think about it, Dallas has been a good road team for a while. Maybe there is something to that. The theory was Jerry's world or whatever was maybe not loud. It, you know, it, was, it caused there to be a corporate audience or a corporate crowd. I don't know. Do you have, I mean. Like we know the Giants are worse at home. Yeah, but that's over many. Well, they're not worse. They're just, yeah. they're just not, they don't have a good home field. Yeah, and I they're think worse with the escalation yet. of the ticket prices and the like, you get, we talk about the wine and cheese folks in San Francisco. You know, it was interesting. I got to tell you this. So I dropped Johnny off at school yesterday. Mm-hmm. All right. And Coach B is there, Coach Bolitnikoff. It's the brother of uh, the Fred, Bl- Fred Bolitnikoff. Yeah, it's his brother. Okay. Uh-huh. And so I dropped. How old is he? He's like, he's not young, uh-huh, but he, uh-huh. I mean, he's like my age, I, yeah. Yeah, whatever, a um, little older. And he, um, and we talk football every now and then. And we talked so about. So he knows what you do. Yes. And so we talk did about. Tell him you won the super contest twice. I don't. He just knew. He, he knew what. I did. <laughs> and so, so. So you're saying Fred Blitnikoff's Blit- brother knew a Fezzik. Yes. Damn. You, you're lucky you met me, dude. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and, and so he kind of said in passing, we talked about, we talked about home field. And it's funny the way he's acting like that. So, uh, seven years ago, he wouldn't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, Go right. ahead. So he says, ah, he says, what a hassle. He's like, people constantly asking you, you know, for tickets, you know, take care of them. He's like, you're better off just getting out of Dodge and going on the road. What does that mean? How to the, home f- the home field. Like oh. he's saying, he's saying that, oh, he says, you know, it's understated, this distraction. Except, except, of, his, except his, this is his brother. How does he know? Well, he talks to his brother. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, hi- history tells us that's not the case, though. I mean, if you look at the ATS margin or if you look at the results, right? I mean, Kenzie, we can just do a look-see at, uh, and you don't have to do it right now. Do it before the end of the pod. Just look at the last... I mean, let's do our typical 2012 on home team, home away split and, uh, you know, playoffs. Obviously, you want to leave the Super Bowl out, though. I think the database has a home team in that one. Um, Let's go over Dallas's numbers here real quick and then San Fran's. So we're back to the idea of points. Dallas most points, seventh least points given up. Their margin, wow, 10.1. The second biggest uh, straight-up margin in football behind Buffalo. Now, have we had any other strength of schedules, Fez? 
Glad you asked. So these two teams, no, because they've been comparable. So I haven't been listing mm-hmm. it. It's these two teams are 22nd and 24th. They both had easy schedules. All right. All right. Okay. Then we're going to go to closing line. Dallas has laid four, 4.2. So that's the fifth best, let's call it. Now, ATS margin, offense. Oh, now that's interesting. Wow. ATS margin, 5.9 points per game. The second best ATS margin. That's almost like a teaser every game, Fed. Mm. And their offense has scored 3.8 more points than expected. Defense is getting up two less. So you do that 5.8, and it's rounding error. It's 0. 0.8, 0. 0.9. It, not error, rounding. Yeah. Just round up or down. Is, so the offense has contributed 38.58s of the advantage, far more than half. Mm. You wouldn't have thought that, would you? The Dallas offense? No, because if we, we when we talk about the narrative is, is that the defense is much better than what it was previous, and that's why they're 13-4 and four against the spread. Damn, thank God for the super sheet. Fuck. I mean, fudge. Okay. Now, over-under, they've gone over 1.8 points a game. Now, that's pretty significant. But their over-under record's only 8-9. Eight over. You know, this speaks to a couple of those blowouts. I think also some of the margins they on scored, offense. They, they outscored yeah. the football team 56-14, and then the Eagles' the backups 51-26. No, no team's going to be leading in any of this that doesn't blow out the bad ones. No, right? I'm just talking about, like, COVID and backup teams yeah, is whatever. who they were playing. But. Yeah, but every other team has had those same opportunities. But they put up 250 burgers. That's pretty significant. Now, I agree. But I, I to me, I don't want to – I'm – what I'm saying is I think we got to be careful of only talking about the things that feed our narrative, right? Mm-hmm. I never hear about the exceptions where the stats aren't applicable that back our narrative. I get what you're saying, but had the Cowboys been doing that early in the season, it would be less applicable, I think. If you get what I'm saying, you wouldn't be bringing it up. Okay. Because, because, but, but not bringing it up, I'm, I mean, but you would understand. Like, my point is this. The numbers you're saying are, are in a way lying. I think numbers can lie. But shouldn't you find half the time your numbers lying to the numbers that back you up and half the time the numbers are lying for the numbers that contradict you? But we never seem to do that, which makes me scared that we're cherry picking that. That's all Fair I'm enough. saying. And that's why I do like to try to object, uh, make this as uh, quantifiable and object, uh, objective as possible. Okay, line moves. This is interesting. Uh, oh, okay, good. Um, game day to... Or world open too close, so, so all of it, 2.2 to their advantage, that's only 17th, and 3.5 to their advantage on game day to close. So that's interesting, Fez. Dallas was bet against from world open till the night before the game, mm. and then they were bet on significantly game day by 3.5 points over the you know which is seventh most it's it's so public ba- basically that's saying the 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 pros have been fading this team and they have not been getting it done because this team has been the best team in the nfl against the spread yeah, and they started out you know with what like eight or nine straight mm-hmm. right okay um fourth quarter win share they've been lucky by about a game so and they're the seventh most lucky team and finally turnovers oh look number one in epa and number two and just margin, their turnovers, which we all know turnover luck's been big. So I'm looking to fade turnover luck. I'm looking to fade that they won one extra game because of fourth quarter luckiness. I'm looking to fade Dak and – oh, so do we got Dak's numbers in those games? Yeah, what's interesting is if we use the six-point marker, there was only one game that he actually played that was below a six-point favorite, mm-hmm. and that was the Chiefs, and he had a bad game. 
But if you just look at all times, he's six and so a half. Don't give me he, he, he. Give me who we're talking about. Dak Prescott has played one game since his injury where he wasn't a six-point favorite or greater. That was against the Chiefs. He had a 10 QBR. Jeez. If you just look at all games, he wasn't a seven-point or greater favor favorite. Only 40 QBR since coming back from an injury. That's five games. All right, now that's a good number. So which of those five games? So that was the first game was at the Chiefs, then at the Saints, at Washington, Cardinals, Eagles. Eagles, he had a 99 QBR, just so you know. Okay, and the Eagles, was that the first game or the second game? The second game. That was week 18. Right. Last I think we can say whatever the spread is because we didn't know how much Dak would play for sure. I think you throw that game. Give me those numbers. I think it's fair. I'm not one to do this, but it's like that's not a competitive game. It's just the line didn't know how much Dallas was going to play. He ended up playing the whole yes. game. Yeah. Right. And Philly said before they were not playing anybody. Yeah, but they thought Dallas might play some. Right. Dallas said, no, we're going. But if they knew, what, what would this line be if they knew what Dallas was going to do with their starters? Forget Ten. Yeah, I think so. So give me the numbers other than that. And one other thing, Mackenzie. God damn it. Who's they? Pronouns, pal. <laughs> he only averages a 31 QBR when not a seven plus favorite since coming back from that injury over four games. Wow. So unless he's a big favorite, he is crap. <laughs> yeah. Let's keep it simple, right? Like yeah. that. All right. I like your pick here. Uh, my uh, and I'm gonna go over San Fran after you. You go, and then I'll go over San Fran. Oh, I was. I, I, we can wait. I was got my derivative for the. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I like the team total over for San Francisco, twenty three and a half. Okay, I like. Yeah, I think San Fran gets her points. I think I, the question mark that we, I just said I like it over that you had it beforehand. Yeah. What was your handicap? Uh, I just think that the, the defense the, is overrated. I do think that, and I think that San Francisco's offense, in particular, is built to to score on them. I think that they're going to run the ball pretty consistently in this game. Well, you guys see? got a really important twenty four here, also. So I love getting that hook on twenty three and a half with um, yeah. tons of sharp money on the over, also. So you're you're getting that maybe the best way to bet that over. So Trent Williams said he intends to play best left tackle in the history of PFF this year. But he did not practice today. He's mm. older, though, so maybe he does. And Lyman, mean, do they really need practice? I mean, I think they tend to give line. I don't know. I don't even know about that, actually. Okay. let's. Look, oh, real quick, let's look at injuries. All right, so this is something we don't want to dig too deep into because we are at stage one of this process. But what we're trying to do is quantify the injuries every game. And then say, how's the, what's the baseline of injuries on the year and what's the current baseline? And we convert it to points. Now, this is imperfect, but I think we're in, generally in a good direction. You agree, Faz? You looked at this. Oh, I love this. Yes. All right, so I'll go over all the teams. These, this is how good the team is today relative to the average throughout the season. Now, why is that important? Because the average throughout the season is what power ratings are built upon. The one thing we want to do is remove quarterbacks <laughs> – because some power ratings do have quarterback adjustments for injuries, but this has the quarterbacks uh, uh, included. So who would you say, Steve, is the most healthy compared to their baseline throughout the year? Does anyone jump out at you? San Francisco. Um, San Fran is actually third, tied for third. They're 0.7 points, so seven-tenths of a point better than they've been throughout the year injury-wise. Hmm. Green Bay. Oh, of course, because the Smith brothers and, yeah. and the linebacker. And the, yeah, yeah. Got the cornerback, got the left tackle. Absolutely, yeah. 1.3 points. They're number one, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Dallas is 0. 0.8 points better. 
Interesting. Yeah. Now, we don't account for Dak maybe being injured because in theory he's not, yeah. right? I uh, didn't even think about Green Bay because they're not playing this week, and I've got, like, my my a mind of a goldfish just thinking about the games that are being played this week. <laughs> the funny <laughs> thing the same is, way. I, I, when I was going through it in my head, Green Bay, Tennessee didn't even cross my mind. And the funny thing is the number two is Tennessee. As mm. the because obviously uh, with with Henry Derek coming back Henry and the wide the yeah. wide receivers too yeah now it's easy to say oh Henry's worth one or one and a half so and so AJ Brown blah 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 Jones but we're saying remember Henry played half a season so if Henry's worth a, a point and a half now there's uncertainty when he comes back well so let's just say point and a half that only be it would only be seventy five hundredths of a point or three quarters of a point because the theory is he missed half a year and played half a right. year. You see how it works, yes. right? So, Mackenzie, can you pop open and just eyeball why Dallas is so much better at point eight? Point eight's a big number, and it's big. Dallas is better health wise, relatively more by a smidge than San Fran. Hmm. Can you just eyeball that and get a yeah. feel of where the big drop-offs were? You need a sec? The edge rusher is the big difference. Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory missed. Say, say Demarcus Lawrence again. Demarcus Lawrence. Go ahead. And Randy Gregory, both injured for most of the first half of the season. Since week 14, they've been playing. And that, that accounts for about half a point of that point eight. Actually, no, I'm sorry. About point three. Okay, so point three of the point eight. Um and then quarterback and, and, and is the other quick, big one. Real quick, the drop off. Well, yeah, if you if you miss any Dak missing any games is going to be a big thing, right? The fact that there's one game that, or was it one game that didn't have Dak or two? Yeah, one game. Okay, um, the Minnesota game, right? Yeah. Okay, so um, real quick, let's think about this a second. So it's it's three tenths for that, and who was his backup? Like, was that a big drop? Because that's what Cooper we can rush. See. No, no, I meant for the D.N. Lawrence. Oh, yeah. Yes, Terrell Basham and... And what's, uh, what's his PFF grade? 63. Okay, so we take that difference, and then we have other... What we do is we let PFF be our guide, and we've got another source on the player grading. And if the PFF is way off, we'll adjust for it. But um, it's, you know, it's not the underlying number. But uh, I, I find this this is going to be very fruitful, I think. So I'm not going to rely on this stuff too much, Faz, but I tell you, us, next year, the ability for us to build from the ground player up, because you've always handicapped from the, uh, from, from the top down. Re score goes into stats. You know, record goes into score, into stats, into advanced stats. And then that's it, right? You're not looking at the players very much. Exactly right. All I'm doing is looking for the one, in the individual players that themselves move the needle, mm -hmm. which is rare. Mm -hmm. And then the funny thing is you can have three players that are maybe worth a quarter point each that's worth more than one name player, but oftentimes people don't worry about those. In fact, we never, I've never worried about the three guys I don't really know. Unless they're linemen, cluster uh, O-line injuries I'll worry about. Yeah, like what the Saints went through this year. Yeah, for, but for but otherwise, if there's a linebacker, a cornerback, and a safety, all yeah. no names, you know. It's yeah. like, and plus for me, a lot of people are no names just because I don't get into the player level. But you know what? Now I don't have to either. There's just going to be an Excel cell. <laughs> I'll just think, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that's workbook BB, and it's cell A27. I know him. Nice to meet you, buddy. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk. So, uh, so my rationale, I haven't really done the best bet rationale. This is my best bet. 
the rationale is, as we said, I think Jimmy G throws to the middle of the field. I think they run the ball effectively. I've got big questions about, I think Dallas's defense is good, actually. I don't think they're good in this matchup. And I think the Dallas offense, let's not forget something. Zeke doesn't look right. I mean, I don't know. Did, did he look? Did Zeke play in this uh, most recent game, the blowout he, against Philly? He did. Yeah, he chased the thousand yard mark. So how did he look? He looked fine. He looked. Poor, like, did he look portly? <laughs> he didn't. He didn't look like he looked when he was twenty three. So. so when he walked, did it sound like this music should be playing? The nose ring just throws me off. A feminist should like a nose ring. He looks slow when he Eight, wears the 18 nose carries, ring. 87 yards, 4.8 per carry. Not bad. Against backups? Against yes. backups. That, yeah, that's a good point. So we wouldn't say that, oh, he's fine. No. And Pollard's been hurt, too. Pollard yes. didn't play. Okay, which might be good, but obviously we can't expect him to be 100%. No. Right. So this team, we got, we got. And the Niners are the second best run D in the league per DVOA. Yeah. So I think it's just a, it's a dream matchup, I think. It's probably the one team that Dallas would have the most trouble with. I mean, even though San Fran's not power rated as high, I'm not sure. I don't think Dallas would be just as good against Green Bay if it were in Dallas. If it were in Dallas, maybe not, but I mean, close. The, the only reason I didn't best bet it as my best bet was the war that San Francisco had last week. That's my only concern. Yeah, but I think it, is, I think it might – if they win this week, you could say it's going to – but I think if anything – it's going to inspire that. I, I think it's going to be like, uh, let's do this. Let's get on the run. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I mean, they're the team no one wants to play. And in this game, Sunday, right? Yeah. It is yes. Sunday. Yes. Yeah. So they got, you know, it's not a short week like the Raiders. Okay. Let's quickly go through San Fran's numbers and then we'll be uh, done with this game. Okay. San Fran, on, and again, we can, you know, on the season. I'm just saying we don't have to worry too much. So their closing line was the seventh. Now think about this. San Fran's been had an under 500 record for a lot of the year. They're the seventh most favored team. They averaged 3.6 points per game favorite. They're against the spread margin, negative 0.1, so almost break even. All right? Their offense scored exactly the number of points that were expected, and their defense gave up one-tenth of a point extra per game. So literally it's... ATS margin, minus 0.1. Margin of scoring on offense, 0.0. Scoring given up on defense, plus 0.1. Season next... win, 10. Actual result, 10. Yeah. Okay. But you can assume this was a pretty injured team. They had the – hold your earmuffs, McKenzie. They had the Trey uh, or Trey Lance games. Um well, don't you think Fez thinking of Trey Lance? How bad when Jimmy G had a broken, like a, I think it was broken four plays his hand, and and he were down seventeen nothing. Still got to use him. They they said Trey Lance, no, nope, not not quite time for that yet. <laughs> we still got a chance. How you feeling about that, Mackenzie? I love it. We're in the playoffs. We did what we had to do. No, no, no. You know our rule. No disingenuousness. Do you love the Trey Lance? What's going on with him? I'm 100% as optimistic on Trey Lance as I was at the start of the season. I don't think not playing him. My expectation was that they weren't going to play him at all the whole season. So I haven't changed from that. Wow. And your expectations came from what? Just reading the tea leaves. I have no insider information. Okay. So the fact that you felt something different 
than everyone else on earth, it seems like. I'm not sure because it pretty much happened. But can we agree if there's ever a time to put in your first round pick, it's when your when your guy when your quarterback you're running out of town on a rail is hurt so bad <laughs> that you're down seventeen nothing? I yes. Mean, I, I mean I you sound ridiculous when you act like that's not a negative thing. I mean I can can you even comprehend that? Is it, that's no. Not, I mean, it's not a negative thing, I'm saying. It's an indictment of him now. He's Completely. Not, how could it be anything else? AJ, what do you think? I I think that he's married to an opinion. And he doesn't want well, to change it. But if you it. can't do that, you, you can't be a professional batter. And, then, and listen, as long as he's not batting, no, listen, he it's his first cousin is the... I think that's what's clouding things. Oh, you think? Yeah. I hope. But what I'm saying is we're going to excuse him on that. But you know what I might do, McKenzie? Actually, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it a rule you can't bet on the pick the 49ers. You can only pick against them. Because I don't want the you know, he sells picks now. He should. He's got good insight, but I'm telling you, we can't let his bias. He doesn't know enough to know not to be biased. We got mm. and then when he finally grows up, we'll let him pick those games. Or again, what do you think? You think that's probably smart, right? My best bet on Sunday was the Rams under 24 and a half with these new rules is that I'll accept. Listen, no, no. Totals are fine. All right. So the only thing you can't do is bet. How's this sound? I'll do this. Go back uh, overnight and we'll tell or before next week's pod and see what your record was in the system on the 49ers. If you had a winning record. That's fair. I'll let you keep picking them. If it's losing, it's a one-year moratorium. That's fair. All right. And if you want to pick uh, the fact that I got them this week means that it's a good pick. So if you want to have them this week, and we're not saying you are or you aren't, you can. So you get carte blanche this week. Love it. What do you think? You think the 49ers will be a pick? <laughs> Pretty sure. It's a given. <laughs> you know, I kind of like the fact that the only thing I don't – I like that he's loyal to his cousin. What I don't like is how he tries to present that he's not mm. biased. If he just said, I can't, I can't be, you know, I can't be uh, discerning about that, then everyone would like it. Instead, he does a goofy kind of, I'm just as confident. That, that just means you're dumb. <laughs> and, and we know he's not dumb, right? All right. Um – Final thing here. Let's look at fourth quarter. Oh, game day moves. Oh, wow. Look at this. Woo, dog. They were four and a half points of movement from world open to close, right? Okay. But they were negative game day. San Francisco? Yeah. So it looks like 5.8 points from world open to the day before. It's moved in their favor. Then the Sharps come in. And the Sharps them. have come in minus. Yeah, I actually bet against them. Well, no, on game day, it's been bet against them. So yeah. the Sharps bet on them, and game oh. the public's been against them, right? Mm-hmm. 5.8. Yes. And I think that's right. San Fran's had a lot of skeptics this year. Mm-hmm. Remember, there was more Shanahan negativity at certain. They were, I think they lost, was it five in a row at one point? Four in a row. Four in a row. It didn't bother him, though. Mm-hmm. He, he was just as high on all, San Fran. Um, and then finally, fourth quarter win share and turnovers. So two last things. Um, oh, almost break even on fourth quarter win share and minus two on turnover. Oh, wait. Oh, no. 
another reason I like 49ers. 24th in turnover luck on EPA, 22nd on net number. So they've been at the bottom of the league. At They're going to win this game. Yeah, I like this. Closing thoughts? No. Nope. So what's the official? My best bet, you're under or over in Over San on Fran- San Francisco team total. Half. I endorse both the boys. I okay, like but both. none of your official ones yet. Nope. So you're three games in fast, and you have zero of your four picks. Icy calm. We'll get there. Go ahead. Next game. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles plus nine at the Tampa Bay Bucks. Let's start with weather. All right, exactly. So 25-mile-an-hour winds and rain. Uh, temperature's going to be fine, 70. I have flipped completely on this game. Here was my initial handicap. Started out and said, I like Tampa. Why? Well, Philly, we talked about strength of schedule. Philly has had the easiest schedule of any NFL team, according to the Sagarin numbers. Tampa has had an easy schedule, 23, but it is nine, a nine differential, almost that 10 differential that historically has been 28-6-2 against the spread. Okay. Further matchups, it's good for Tampa. What does Philly do? On offense, they run the ball. What can't you do against the Tampa D? Run the ball. Now, do we agree Tampa's D uh, against the Ryan's not as quite as good as it was last year? Yes, we do agree with that. But it's still absolutely a strength. And I've heard people talk about if you look at the D when it's a, it's a neutral game state. So when running is reasonable, but and the alternative would be either winning big or losing big, right? Mm-hmm. Is they actually have almost as good, if not as good, but what's happened is when the teams are down, which they off, often are against Tampa, they let them run because it's that b- Buffalo theory, but only when in that given situation. And not that they're trying to give them a bunch of yards, but the way that they do the box and stuff is it's easy to run against them. But in a weird way, it allows them to kind of keep average against the run, even though they're thin in the box because they're so good against the run. Mm. But it looks like in the overall stats, they're not as good against the run. But if you actually look at the different game states, they're just as good or almost when running isn't a bad decision, which is when the teams are down big, maybe you get seven yards, but are you really gaining anything if you're down big, you know? But so, then when they get in the red zone, they can't. Yeah. Or, can't yeah. Or it's it just, so in general, if you accept the fact there's certain times that running the ball for five yards might be a good play for the defense to allow, then Tampa's just as good against the run. Um, mm-hmm. Do either you know how, I don't personally work with the, hey, in specific game states, but I, why don't we do this? Let's look at the RB that the does site. Uh, I can't I always forget how to say the acronym and say, um, hmm, let's say first three quarters. So we'll just throw the fourth out. Let's say f- f- all downs and let's say win percent. Let's just say 80, 20 or somewhere around there. So we're clipping off a good bit of the extremes. No, go 90, 10. Go 90-10. And I just want to know the rush EPA where it ranks, rush defense. Does that make sense? Yep. All right, cool. So the Philly offense should struggle against that run D. The Tampa offense should be able to counter what Philly does best on defense pass rush. Tampa can protect Brady. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, Tampa's going to go ahead and torch him because of that. But now with the 25-mile-an-hour wins, I'm thinking what's actually going to happen. It's not going to hurt Philly all that much on offense, but I think it's really going to hurt Tampa's offense in terms of their ability. And Brady's so good with timing patterns and things like that, and he's got a lot of new receivers that are having success. I think this rain and wind can really throw off Brady and his recent success with some of these guys he hasn't worked with for a long time. And remember, the big gripe or or criticism of Brady his last year in New England 
was he wouldn't throw to new guys that he didn't trust yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, Edelman was getting an inordinate number of passes. So to me, it feels like in these low-pressure games in which there's really not anything at stake prior to this one since there's been all the injuries, right? Jets, I mean, not really, you know, Carolina. Yeah. Um, Oh, no, that's interesting. So do the same thing, uh, but for uh, across no filters, just to get a feel. So first three quarters, when it's 90-10, the win percentage, so it's not extreme, like team gets out big, big, big. Uh, Bucks are the number one ranked rush defense. Now the question becomes how good are they over all of it? And if you could, if it's still up there, Look at one more thing, which is how much distances are between one and two versus because it's about a 17th tenth of a point. So every five runs, you lose a point against mm. them. So that looks, that's why teams don't even try to do it. Or maybe tell me the success rate. What's the success rate too? is a good number to look at. Um, so overall for the season, while I grab the success rate, they're seventh. So now think about that. Everyone say, oh, you know, something. You're right. Think about it. People are saying seven, you know, parroting. They're not as good. They're good against the run, but not. No, they've changed to let not, you know, kind of entice the run in certain spots. But unlike Buffalo, when they want to shut it down, it's freaking shut down. That's strong, don't you think? Yeah. So because of that, I don't want to. I don't want to bet on Philly. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 the more I think about this, and the money's pouring in on the under, but with the bad weather, it's down to forty six. Yeah, forty nine and a half it opened. Right. The um, I'm thinking about the Tampa Bay offense with with this, these conditions. You know, playoff Lenny's coming back. Lenny Fournette. He is a mutter. He's a big. Um, uh, sturdy back that should. His mother was a mutter. No, his a father mutter. was a mutter. He's a mutter. <laughs> well, I just tell you. <laughs> so if I get more Lenny running the ball, and I get the rain and the wind, and Tampa can win the game because the Eagles aren't going to score that many points, I I really like Tampa team total under twenty eight and a half, and I really like Brady pass yards under both yeah, those I, bets. I think you're going at it from the. Why not go under Philly? I mean, if we're saying here's the thing, mm. if we're saying they can't run, and now we're saying they can't pass. <laughs> you, you know, maybe right. I'm just being a little bit because the line move hit, and I don't want to play under 46. But, but dude, when it here's was the thing: 49 F. I know you sometimes can be part of beating moves, right? You get a right. text a little bit before, but in general, people don't beat moves. So what's happened is the, the there's been a weather move. That means it's an information move. We haven't lost anything. In general, I find extreme wind to be under moved. Agreed. Right. And number two, when only sharps are batting the under now, that means they have a limited bankroll. There's only so much, every, you know, it's limited. They only want to get down so much to stay within Kelly or half Kelly. So now all that appetite's being beat, it means it probably before what it's supposed to move to, you would think, well, if the line, let's say the computer says it's supposed to be 43. Well, why aren't they betting under 46, you might ask. But I believe because they've gotten their full crack at it. Their 2,000s are max bet, and they played under Or, or the, the it's a city kid that has 200,000, but they've gotten and their they, money down. Yes. And I think they're still as valuable. You're right. You're right. So why am I getting getting so cute playing? Although I do like the Brady under, but I like the game under as well. But yes, I'm, this is the total I like the best under. Okay. I personally don't like the Brady side Hmm. just because this one Philly plays a loose zone 
And that's their weakness, right? It's But they've done well against impatient or inaccurate quarterbacks. I've got a list of the quarterbacks that the Eagles have beat this year. Taylor Heineke, Mike Glennon, Garrett Gilbert, Zach Wilson, Trevor Simeon, Teddy Bridgewater, Jared Goff, Sam Darnold, Matt Ryan. And really, Matt Ryan sounds like the outlier there, but he really he hasn't really. been. Every one of those quarterbacks ranks 20th or below in QBR. Jalen Hurts is 19th. So in the games where the Eagles haven't had the advantage at, at QB, they're 0-7 with an average margin of negative 12 points per game. So these are the good quarterbacks Against played. the good quarterbacks they've played, they're 0-7. And they lost to one bad quarterback, Daniel Jones. Yeah. One below 20 mm-hmm, quarterback. Mm-hmm. So that's now see, that feels like a really clean I mean, saying now, obviously it's arbitrary to say night, but if you say, all right, let's look at the, all the quarterbacks that they beat is clustered here at the bottom of the list. And all the quarterbacks they lost to is clustered at the top. Of the, where's Brady at? Yeah. Brady's at the top five. I yeah, so the, now you've got the wind. I hear you, but Brady's a bad weather quarterback. Right, and I don't think there's any anxiousness to bet under Brady in the playoffs. To me, no. Why not bet under a team that can't? Why not you're go right. team Let's total? Play. Go team total under Philly. I'm, I like both. I, I'm just going to go. I'm not going to get. You're right. I'm getting too cute. The total dropped to 46. It's still way too high. I'm going to go under. Right. But you'd agree if someone doesn't want to bet against Brady here, you like the under Philly. Yes. You have to because yes. what, what's the negative part of that one? No, there's none. And because what, because the, obviously the rain and wind isn't going to help Philly's offense. No, if anything, it's saying the one thing they could have tried to do, yep. they can't do. And mm-hmm. plus Tampa's numbers this year um, on defense are skewed because they've had so many defensive injuries. Yes. So I, they're healthier this week. They're right? healthier in the secondary also. So, yeah. yes. Yeah, I like. Under. Yeah, I like, I like under Philly team total. What's our number on that one? Yeah, it's if Tampa's 28 and a half and the spread is eight, McKenzie, 20 and a half, you, 20, oh, oh. No, 20, it's going to be 20. It's going to be 20. It's not going to be 20. You want to take a gander, McKenzie? Yep. Looking at Might it. Might be 19. Mm. DraftKings has 17 and a half. Really? I don't Ooh. like that. That shows how sharp my pig is. Yes. They're even skewing against it. Yes. But let's be honest, between 17 and a half and 19, 19 and a half, half, we're dead, 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 right? Yeah, but not as dead when it's crappy weather and yeah, just yeah. extra points and who, and the slop of Tampa. My, my best bet's Tampa. Ooh, you held back on Oh, well, of course. Of course. Go ahead. Of course. It's just a nightmare matchup for the, for the Eagles. Go ahead. We'll just I, keep I, this background. Oh, okay. I'm, you, you tell me not to talk over the drops. Yeah, just, sure. uh, no background. Uh, but this is just a bad matchup. You mentioned where, you know, the Eagles want to run. You can't run against Tampa. And where's Tampa bad on defense? In the secondary. You know, Faz, you should fade that. I mean, you're going right again. What are you texting someone my plays or something? I got, I, I, I got, <laughs> I got, um, I get Kenny just sent his college basket. He always forgets uh, it on the pod. I'm, I, I, I respond back to him. All right, all right, all right, so, but the way that the way the Eagles are weak on defense is in the secondary. So if it's a sloppy track, bad cornerbacks trying to keep up with mm-hmm. with but Tampa with, with is, the wind. That's wins. not with the, with the and wind. new receivers. Yeah, I like, think what you're doing is playing a total a game that's gone from eight to nine. When the totals drop from forty nine and a half to forty six, I'm not going against this trend of the uh, strength of schedule, though. So, so that's Philly, nine slots, right? It's nine slots, and Philly's had the very easiest of all the strength of schedules because their division sucks. But let, let's look at this. All of Philly's numbers are based on the whole year. Hmm? When Tampa played them the first game, and remember, it's a score that that Philly covered. But we all remember on Thursday. Go ahead. You want to speak on uh, that? Yeah, that first game, they got out yarded 399 to 213. 
And who's, who's they? Uh, the Eagles were out yarded. The Bucks were up twenty eight seven late in the game. It, it, it ended up twenty eight twenty two. And the Bucks could have scored That's again. The longest excuse I've ever heard. Well, the Bucks had a six minute drive to end the game inside the Philly ten. So they, I mean, that the it's deceivingly close score the first matchup. So let's look at some numbers here because I think this is important. Um, I've been getting into series success now. Series is a kind of a misnomer. And by the way, you very rarely hear that word used properly, but it is in this case. Misnomer only means specifically a, when a word is misused be, with the wrong definition. Hmm. So ironically, misnomer is often a misnomer. misnomer. One of the biggest arguments we've had was over a misnomer that I thought you were having. You still stand by you weren't. Well, I think that objectively it was correct, correct? I, I, mean, it, I didn't land there. I always... I always like what people say on a technicality, except a technicality is what it's always about. But what was the word? I forget. It, uh, it was you were you were saying anxious, and I was saying I think you mean eager. Yeah. Uh, the difference between eager and anxious. And then what we found was, was a colloquial use of it. And I don't speak the king's English. I tend to. Speak <laughs> You're like the, the most well-spoken dude but, I know. But, but I'm still. But here's what's interesting. I appreciate that as a compliment. I certainly am articulate, but I don't talk stuffy at all, do I? You don't. It's a, it's a weird kind of like there's a guy that's dropping his R's, not enunciating <laughs> so well, also using curse words, and but then throwing in a lot of, you might think initially dime store words, you know, dime novel words, mm -hmm. but in truth, perfection. Well, but I'm honest, too. Yep. <laughs> ah, all right. So... I'm anxious to get into this. <laughs> no, but, but Fez, uh, this misnomer, though, series is whenever you get a new set of downs, do you make a first down or don't you? Mm -hmm. Or do you score a touchdown, which is considered success, obviously. Okay. And then let's say a team drives at five first downs and then punts or whatever. That'd be hard, I guess, but, you know, extra or a field goal. And now they've had five out of six successful series where they got their first down. And they say there's nothing more. If you just had, um, there's a league, I can't remember the number right now, but there's a league-wide per successful series, there's this number of points. If you take the series success times their number of series, so that's going to talk about pace, then you take it times their success number times the points per successful series, that nothing predicts scoring more because you really think about it. Everything else is all contributing to, can you get a first down or not? So if army gains four yards per play, mm -hmm. they're going to have a crappy four yards per play average, but if they in do theory, nothing, they have a good, they're they're the a question. great offense or it's unstoppable, even though it looks pedestrian. Now people might say, yeah, but why are these impact plays worth so much? Because typically maybe army doesn't do this, but they've never been great is you have a holding call. It screws you way up. If you don't have the ability to be like, you know, weird way Pittsburgh when they're playing well is an example of, Oh, you could have some serious success, but no uh, high impact plays or, or whatever word you want to use for it. Anyone who watched the explosive is what people use. Yeah, exactly. Explosive. The Chargers had so many fourth and 14s, fourth and 22s, and it just kept converting them. They had the ability they can go into that mode, whereas a lot of teams can't. Yeah. So, and, and, and then finally, if you make just, you know, I think it's one adjustment where you give a little premium for the explosive plays because, but in theory with a long enough sample, you don't even need that because that's going to show up in the series too. When you get that third and 15, what are you going to do? And I'm telling you, it's a great stat. So looking at this one, this really speaks 
really speaks to how much Tampa dominated this game. They had 81% of their series were successful, right? That's a dark green when it comes green to light to white to purple. Purple bad, green good, white neutral. And, and a successful series is just a first down, right? Yeah, that's it. Yep. 82% of the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Philly was 69% of the time, which is quite low. So, um, what's league average is like 70? I don't know. You know, it seems high. Football Outsiders has good stuff on this. Mackenzie, can you look what the league average for series success is? That percentile was 49th percentile, so right around 70. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. All right, all right. That uh, in a sense, it's white. Yeah, good job there. He's been on it, man, hasn't he? You still on that good, healthy eating, right? Trying. I'm telling you, I see a difference. All right, great stuff. Okay, and then what they tend to do, because this is that Running Backs Don't Matter uh, acronym site, is they talk about um, if you start with a rush, what's your conversion rate, and if you start with a pass, what's your conversion rate? So when Philly started with a rush, their success rate was 87%. When Tampa started with a rush, it was 85%. Usually it's when you start with a pass, it's better. When Philly started with a pass, 60%. Wow. Yeah. They never and, and they passed first down now <laughs> 15 out of 23. So they had their, their first down of the series passing rate was 15, and their rush rate was 8. Because they got behind. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, isn't this interesting? Yeah, that's a good point, too. But they, they weren't throwing well from behind. Yeah. Boy, that under Philly looks good. You're on the wrong side of that. I bet I bet 97% of the audience is going under Philly. 3% that were asleep when I made the case are going with your pick. Well, <laughs> if Philly goes under, the game under is probably still quite good. Except if, if the greatest player of all time has a, yeah. a stretch-his-legs game, maybe. There you go. Because you – let me ask you this, all joking aside. If they're, if they're running it up and or Tampa's up kind of big, doesn't Brady want to put to like give a spread a few touchdowns around with the, the inexperienced receiver? I mean, I think he'd love to have a 40 to seven with all the naysayers since the AB stuff. If he's up 40 to seven, I agree. If he's up 20 to seven, he doesn't want to take any risks because the game is won and just hand it to playoff. Greatness money. doesn't see the downside. They the just see the upside. Money. And this is one of the teams that has a real home field edge. 16.1 scoring margin in Tampa. We're talking about one year? 3.2 on the road. And historically, that wasn't the case I know, at all. Tampa's had, but Brady changes but the energy. Now. Yeah, they change the energy. The pirate ship rocks. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, listen, if there's a fundamental change in a team, I'm, I'm going to be skeptical of the small sample, but I'm going to not say the prior contradicts it. Here, I think that's true. I still think it's one. I mean, what was last year? I'll have to look it up. Yeah, Mackenzie, you can do that, can you? Yeah, I'll get inside. All right, so, so let's just continue. Uh, I, I've about gone through everything. Uh, That's enough. You but don't have to keep talking. Do you feel? I mean, do you feel like it's the right side, wrong side? Mm, I don't know. This game confuses me. I think Philly stats after and remember the reason I brought up this first game was this was the last game they weren't running the ball like crazy. Like literally, Detroit was the next game. Do you think that's because they didn't run the ball like crazy because they were playing Tampa? But they didn't run the ball like crazy the first X number of games. This was week six. Okay. Right? So week one, two, three, four, and five. Uh, I know I'm saying McKenzie's doing such a good job. I'm sending a bunch of different directions. Whatever order you want to do this, give me a number of rushes. And let's not count the Tampa game and go the first five games versus the week seven onward. 
And uh, all right, whatever, while, while I grab that, last year the Bucks actually had a better road differential, plus eleven. Still good at home, plus seven. Yeah, so when you're plus four on the road last year and you have the same team, you see what I'm saying? And again, in general, that happens, right? Is is in the long run, a lot of this shit flattens out. Now, what we don't know sometimes is fundamental. Like we would have said the opposite last year, and I would have said the same thing. I don't necessarily believe it, but you know, since it's one of one year, we got to take it a little seriously. It would have yeah. been my approach. Um, and Mackenzie will grab that, but let's go to the next guy. The next game is the New England Patriots, four-point dogs at the Buffalo Bills. Now, was this under consideration for you? It wasn't. Why? This, this is my pass. First. This is my pass You're game. You're kidding me. No. So, I, I mean, you. let's be candid. You have a real bias towards Buffalo this year. You I do. You love them. So what is keeping you away here? Oh, I'm sorry. Pop that back up. I, I, I didn't see that. I'm sorry. Thank you, uh, Brent. Let me just finish out real okay. quick. Net drive success. Tampa ranks third overall in the season. Philly is 18th. Okay. And, oh, okay, that's interesting. They are second. Okay, now this is fascinating. Sorry about that. I didn't see this. This is good stuff. Um, all right, so let's just double back and do a little house cleaning. So Tampa's rush defense was minus, and I hate people who talk EPA because no one understands. Oh, they understand it, but it just isn't intuitive. But it's negative .17 points per play. So you're losing about every five plays one point, right? Is their second overall, right? So it has all this 1.77 in there. See, I oh, I'd be interested to see the difference there. And we could figure that we don't need to. But think about it. I mean, we gotta figure then that the uh the fourth quarter and all that, they've gotta be, if you just took out the fourth quarter, right? This is A plus B equals C. We got A, we got C. Yeah. B is gonna be the fourth quarter and extreme cases. It's gonna be like plus shit. It's gotta be like plus half a point per rush, right? Because the number of reps is gonna be like about a third, you'd think, right? And you think that's they're just saying we don't care if you run now because we're saying we will let you run. We won't make we're willing to take one guy out of the box be really good against the run for having a light box, but being relatively bad against yeah. the run. But now we got one extra coverage guy, right? Yeah. But wouldn't you guys eyeball not think that the number of reps that meet the first criteria, which is 1.77 to the minus, is about triple the four, you know, fourth quarter in extremes, or maybe double. And thus, if the all of it is 0.01, which is almost break even per play, that means that if you looked at the just the fourth quarter, it's going to probably be well over 0.17 per play to the positive, right? Has to be, yeah. Agreed. I just looked it up. It's it's just slightly less than zero. Well, that can, how can that be? But I'm also. Do you want me to filter any win percentage? I did no filter. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do apples to apples. Oh, same ten. Okay, sorry. No, but actually, uh, yeah, I think you're right. But I could see your point too. No, let's think about that. Yeah, because that's introducing plays we've never had any. Okay, yeah, that's uh, that makes sense. Because there will be a lot of plays when they're 99% or whatever. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. So what we're seeing, too, is, yeah, that's interesting. So when he gets that, he'll talk. It's about the same, just slightly less than zero. Yeah, so something. then fundamentally we've done something. Done something uh, one of our assumptions is wrong, right? Because if you have A plus B equals C, and what we're saying here is, that the Tampa defense under our conditions, which was not fourth quarter, right, 
and 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 not in extreme wins and losses. It's minus 0.17. If we say the overall is pretty much zero, then the stuff that was taken out of the overall that allowed us to get to the minus 0.17 has to have a big positive number on it. But I think it's something about, and I'm not worried about it right now. I think it's something about the win percentages. We didn't one, didn't do in the other. But I didn't, I didn't have a clear vision, so it's no one's fault. But in general, this is a kick butt D. Well, they're giving up, you know, literally 0.17 is a huge amount of EPA. I mean, Tampa's better at rush D than it seems. I think it's fair to yes. say. All right, so we've, we're on to Buffalo, New England. What's keeping you away from Buffalo? Belichick seeing a, a, a team for the third time in a year. Do we have that, McKenzie? No. Okay, so let's do this. If you go prior is a win or a loss, and prior prior is a win or a loss, and it's prior prior against the same team, all right, which is going to be, I think you do it capital, but you can look that up. This will take a minute. And then um, and there's a way to keep it within the same season. So what's going to happen is by us saying prior is a win or a loss and prior prior is a win or a loss, as long as it's same team, same season, it won't come up unless they're playing for a third time. Might be none, no games for New England. I mean, No, the they've played the Jets a couple times yeah. in the playoffs. Anytime they played a division team in the playoff, it's going to be a third time. Like right? How many times did Belichick smash Rex Ryan in the playoffs? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, the Jets did make the playoffs. So oh, we'll see. We there was a time. To, yes. The beauty of it is we've moved towards if it's something that we can figure the answer to, we don't speculate. Like, you ever notice with old, I mean, I guess I'll say older people now, but like people who are not internet people, they'll sit and argue about like what the capital of North Dakota is for like 20 minutes. It's Baton Rouge. <laughs> but, but it's like it used to be they moved it yeah it's like maybe just, but but let's be honest until i cracked we got it's like i think they played san fran last week <laughs> you know no actually i think it was blah 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 it's like uh look it up all right so that's interesting what's your take on this game friend initially i love new england i mm. buffalo two points better mm-hmm. give them bump it up to three for home field as aj oh, said oh you, you Okay, so you're saying because you're going to a into key the, number. Into okay, the key okay, number, okay. exactly. Uh, you know, they played, you look at the series, looks pretty competitive both ways. They're one and one. And So get to it. All right. I no longer like New England. There's one factor. There's one Why? factor Why? trumps everything. Zero degrees. Zero degrees. I, I think you are ass backwards on you're, this. You're, and I think you're wrong. Okay, this will be a chance to bet. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Except he won't want to bet. Okay, here's the point. Historically... And this was something on the Ringer pod, the mm. second piece, is if you go back and you look at all games in which it, the temperature is below 15 degrees, mm-hmm. okay? So that's, that's a cold. Yeah. Is, and then I think even they did another one where it was even lower in that smaller sample, but it was the same general thing. Overs go uh, – so let's be specific here. Overs when I think it was something like 18 and 12, but, I mean, it was a nice number. It wasn't a huge sample size, but – in general, cold doesn't lead to less scoring. Now, I'm not saying that's what you're saying, but I'm saying let's start there, right? Okay, I disagree with that. Okay, so how could those numbers be wrong? Because cold weather does suppress scoring. It's just uh, the I'm, market overreacts. Uh, okay, to the cold. I accept that. It's a great distinction. In fact, I misspoke. 
based upon the adjustment. I don't think I've ever heard you say that. No, I misspeak all the time. <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess in small ways. But what I'm saying is you, your clarification is how I should have said it is the better way. I didn't misspeak. I didn't say it with the clarity I should have. Yes. Which I misspeak too, but okay. So I'm not even sure that's true though, but I'm saying I can see it being true, but you've got numbers on that, that scoring goes down in those games. Yes, and but I don't the have to- But the theory is if scoring goes down three points, let's just say, but totals drop four and a half. Exactly. Then the over, okay. So it's, yes. all right. Okay, but now let's continue. Who's going to be hurt by the cold? Because I don't think, we, I think we know it doesn't hurt running, right? Does it hurt running or passing more? Or let me ask you Hurts this. Hurts passing. Okay. Why? Because the th- question becomes, why would the cold hurt any offense? And the theory would be your hands are cold, not as— right. Very difficult to catch the ball. Difficult to throw the ball. I have to wear mm-hmm. gloves. Quarterback has to throw Okay, gloves. now here's the question. Who has a very strong—this is going to completely swing you, and you're going to say, I'm sorry. Mm. Who has a very strong arm— that tends not to be able to put touch on the ball that sometimes they throw. Yeah, you like this thing. They throw the ball harder than, you know, it's like, oh, if only he had taken a little off that. Who gets that call more than anyone? In the the entire league? In the entire league. I think. His initials are J-A. Josh Allen. I mean, right or wrong, he's got a cannon, and he doesn't often take much off it. Yes. Okay. What catches do you think are going to be the hardest in cold, cold weather? The hard, hard ball that's the cut. ones that are coming at me like, like the, like a missile. That, <laughs> right. I know you never said missile, and again, it's the perfect word. Boom, missile. Now, here's the thing. Well, when I was debating USSR versus the United States and took the U.S. side at Model UN, no, I was never in Model UN. Okay, so <laughs> I mean, think about it. Who doesn't have time? If anything, Mac Jones's kind of noodle arm here might be an advantage. The wind is supposed to be zero. Yes. So no wind. So completely different from the first game. I Buffalo, know, but, where but Josh Allen should have been able to cut through the wind. Exactly. Now his strong arm is against him. I agree with everything you're saying. So how could the weather do anything? He's, New England runs better than Buffalo, and Buffalo's quarterback, if throwing in general is hurt in the cold, and he has an arm that makes the cold even more of a detriment. Diggs is on record of talking about him throwing too hard recently. Yes. Go ahead. All right. I've got one quarterback that played in Laramie, Wyoming. Oh, no. Oh, this is back to he's going to be cold, so he's mentally going to break down. You and this cold. I've got, and I've got a quarterback from the southeast that now is going to face the coldest temperature he's ever probably seen his entire life in terms of playing football. I mean, listen, if you believe that is going to cause him to be cold, I agree. The fact that they have superheaters on the I mean, it feels like on the field is what matters. And I just don't think that cold, I can see it with the heat because it's hard to bring an air conditioner outside. And your heat theories get wacky to me sometimes, but I can see them. I just don't. I mean, with all the Gore-Tex now and all the different things they have on. I, I, I've been in really cold weather. Now, not for an extended, extended period, but w- once you get to go back to the heaters, 20 years ago, what did you do? You got a couple of sweatshirts, mm-hmm. right, or 30 years ago. Now they got these special Gore-Tex gloves, and it just feels like in general the, the era of being really cold, and, and they didn't used to have heaters on the sidelines. I mean, what history do we have of, of, of I can see teams – because usually uh, good weather teams 
aren't tough. There's a toughness to cold weather teams. New England's but New England's tough. tough. It's we're talking about one player. I like to see. Well, I'm talking. No, I'm going to get to it, the entire hasn't team. Hasn't he played in New England the whole season? Uh, um, yes, I'm going to get to the entire team. Remember, and, and he played in New but England. Get to it then. Buffalo sees zero degrees. Buffalo players are used to that. Well, how, about, well, how much colder not. is the average temperature in the winter in New England or Buffalo? Your shorts like significantly colder in yeah, Buffalo. I'm sure. Mackenzie, I'll go. Up. How many? What, 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 what spread will you give me? 10, 10, 20? Eight. Eight degrees. Let me think about this a second. January. No, 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 no. Wait, wait a minute. You, you don't get to set every element of the bet. What, you want to get, include November? It looks like, you know, the fact that you said January means you looked this up. Oh, this mother ever. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I caught you. you. You hate going against me, don't you? The minute you showed a towel, you were done. So what was it, 10? I haven't looked at it. Oh, I think you, you did. It. You played it too well. You, Do we it, want to go by the high or the low? At the average? No, I think, no, I think the low. low yeah, I think the low. Okay. Only two degrees difference. Boston, 22 average, low on January. Buffalo, I, 20. I knew I was right. I let him, because I respect him when I saw that. I was wrong. You let him bluff you. I was, I was wrong then, because my, my, a big part of my so handicap is So do you want to apologize? All, all, yes. All, I, I still think the quarterback stuff is very significant. You've got, you've got two very young quarterbacks. How much does it, if you can't throw anyway, meaning if it becomes effectively the win game? Where New England won't throw right. at all, mm -hmm. right? And what's Buffalo going to do? Nothing, it seems like. And Buffalo can't throw. Oh, Buffalo, I think, will be able to throw. Okay, so now you're saying the fact that it's super cold and that hurts passing the most and he has a strong arm won't matter. You're just in, it, you're, you're spinning yourself into circles here. It will here. matter. It just it doesn't mean it's going to be completely ineffective. Well, it wasn't completely ineffective against the win game either, was it? They had a decent stats thrown and they lost. And we're getting what four points? They lost, but I mean, but what? Well, they had a chance to win, so it was a coin they, flip. So called a coin had, flip. They had close, not even a coin flip, but close. They had a forty percent chance at the end of the game to win the, right. the, the win so, game. So if we think that it's analogous here, and maybe you don't, but if you do, getting four is a great bet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a bold statement. Uh -huh. Mac Jones fumbles the ball twice in the zero degree weather. Mm -hmm. Okay, it loses both of them. I know you love that. Well, I, I want to see the other examples of that. We're going to have to do a whole study on this just to mm -hmm. shut him up about this weather. Go ahead. <laughs> so I know like the, you know, the irony is we had a debate about the weather last week, you know, and, and, and that I this very same team, I said, New England. Listen. And the fact New England had to play in 78 degrees last week, and now they're playing in zero. What, what's Good the, luck with that. What's the bigger upset? 78 Delta, 78 degrees. Mackenzie, where are you with a 78 degree Delta? So you had a good point, you, you, but here's the thing. When you have a good point, you got to let the other person struggle to respond. You're just <laughs> screaming like, like you're afraid of my Into response. The too. Okay. What I'm going to say is this. What's the bigger upset? That it took him that long to talk about that? Or that it took me this long to talk about our five and zero this week, which I haven't <laughs> mentioned yet. I notice that I, I, it's kind of a weird combination. But what I'm gonna say, <laughs> what I'm gonna say is, and it's probably a coin flip. Um, you were way right about that. But remember now, I don't think it was even the weather you were right about. I think it was the dream crusher. I mean, I thought it, you were, and, and I used the word incorrectly because it was I shouldn't have said it. I said idiotic, and I said, oh, I didn't mean that. It was just goofy. But in truth, uh, Miami played the, very well. 
I think it shows you, and it's worth a second here. When there's a long history, I mean, look, the Jacksonville game again is, you know, what, what are we at now? What was the number? McKenzie had the number. If you had bet $100 started and bet Jacksonville in the money line in 2013, and the one caveat is is one of the games was in London, yeah. but Jacksonville was still the home team. So let's just assume for the sake of argument, wink, wink here, because this one, if you let it ride on this one, 100 bucks, how much do you think it would have turned out to be? In all those games, and you're betting Jacksonville on the money. Did, did we say like twenty thousand? I don't was want to say anything. I want you to just guess. After after this week, it was eight thousand after this. Oh, now you're just going to do the reverse math. It's a hundred and ninety three thousand dollars. A hundred dollars turns into a hundred ninety three thousand. It's that unlikely. Are we going to act like it's nothing? There's something there. Well, Miami now, it's it's like seven out of ten times they've beaten a Patriots team that usually is one of the best teams in the league. I don't know what it is. We, we talked about this last week with the Lions and the Packers. Yeah, but that one's not – that one is that, – That ATS was 12 and 11, though. Yeah. It, it certainly was skewed, but the ATS margin was good. It was skewed that direction, but I yeah. think that can be the noise or maybe not, right? But here, it's, some of it gets so extreme, you got to kind of say there's something here. Yeah. Or at minimum – you can't bet against it. Like you can't play Tennessee. You can't. Or I'm sorry, Indianapolis uh, oh. in this case. I mean, in, in right. that scenario. Gotcha. Yeah. Indianapolis is an auto fade or pass when they play Jacksonville until. I wonder if that becomes their, their most important game next year. It was their the most important game this year. Now, what's funny is, hey, Brad, do this for me because um, this is off topic. Uh, give me Jacksonville's. Record in in eight. Uh, let's just go record. But I guess we could reverse engineer it because remember they won last year. Their only game, week one, was week one against the Colts, <laughs> and then the last game against the Colts. And how many games they win this year? Two. Two. Well, that was the second. That was the third. third one. Okay, so really they're going to be two, <laughs> and you know what is it? Sixteen, but then seventeen this year. Yeah. So two and thirty, I guess. Right? Uh, is that right? Yeah. In between. That's wild. Wow. I guess I wonder what their point margin is. <laughs> Two and 30. No one's ever been that bad for any stretch, has it? Is that the worst stretch ever? Tampa Bay Bucks when they first came to the league. No, they were, you know what's funny? They did that in 76. But they won their last two. They went, yeah. But no, I think they went 0 and 14 that year. And, and then, then they went 0 and 12 and they won their last okay, two. Okay, okay. But the funny thing is that was 76, 77, and 79 they were in the NFC Championship game. Wow. They played against the Rams that beat... Vince Ferragamo beat the Bucs to play the Steelers. Steelers favored by 10 and a half in that game. Long pass from Bradshaw to Starworth to cover. Go ahead. In <laughs> 08 or 09, whatever it was, when the Lions went 0 and 16, they were 2 and 14 the next year. So it'd be the same kind of range. Yeah. Right? Oh, wow. Did you ever watch the show What's Happening with Rerun? It's like there's black characters on yes. it. Uh, what was that dude's name? The dude who used to hang down the Stardust was. Oh, uh, no, that was um, all mm, good times. That okay, good. Times. Go ahead. And what's happening? They had Dwayne picks football winners six in a row, and then he picks, and they they all was this a show you watched as a kid growing a up kid? in the seventies? So so they all back. And did your mom say like, "Hey, son, you don't remember, but I grew up in Harlem"? Yes. <laughs> 
So every, everyone bets on Dwayne's pick, and then they find out, well, why, what are you picking? What's your rationale? You got this computer model or whatever? And he says, no, helmets. In 1979, yeah, they yeah, thought yeah, he had a computer. computer. I got this computer. He says, I picked the, the cooler helmet. The Buccaneers have this really cool parrot on their helmet. So they bet on the Bucks during their historic losing streak, and they lose. And the bookie comes around, and Raj says to him, he says, well, I guess you're collecting from all the losers who bet on this game. Last nope. night, right? <laughs> and, and and the bookie says, "Dude, you're the only one that lost." <laughs> so it's 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 funny because I've heard, uh, you know, like people will get on streaks and like I, there's actually a book out there of how to use astrology mm. with ga- how to pick teams based on like the sign of the quarterback mm. or whatever. And um, there was one that said if the mascots fought, who would win? Oh, the tougher mascot. Yeah, that, but that could be difficult, right? Yeah. No, no, no. Give me an example. Eagle against a badger. Badger don't care. What would that? Me <laughs> badger don't care. Yeah. Don't give a shit. I tell you that. That's a funny. You ever see that? That's funny. No. All right. Oh, the, look, after the show, we'll look on YouTube. They have video of the badger. The honey badger. The honey badger. Mm. And they got like a gay dude with like a real affected voice. I, I think he's playing it up. Or maybe he's not gay, but he's playing it up. And he's going, look at him. He don't care. He don't give a shit. <laughs> like, every time he goes and does things. <laughs> it's hilarious. Okay. You can't not have come off the whole. How big of a factor do you think that Josh Allen's crazy arms? Well, in general, how much more? How much would you, if the temperature was 32 and no wind? New England. So you think net net the temperature the the the, te- the fact is Buffalo can't run on New England, but New England can run on Buffalo. No doubt. The cold hurts. Not what New England. I, I disagree. Bu- I, I disagree. Oh no, with, they just dominate. No, I disagree. The Buffalo can't run on New England. Maybe Josh Allen, when he's part of a, he runs back and pat, tries to pass, and then he runs. Since the win game, the, the Patriots are giving up 154 yards per uh, game, and the Patriots stop, and Bills' stop. running offenses are about the same. You're, then, then you need to get new stats. Okay, then DVOA needs to get new game? stats. Did you watch the games? I watch a lot more games than you. I, I assure you. Did you watch those games? I I'm did. A, I, that's why I'm asking you. Of did course, you watch I watched games? the games. Did it look like Buffalo could run as well as New England when they had to run? No. Okay, then that's what matters, in my opinion. But you said they, they match can't up. run on them. I don't think they can relative to each other. I mean, like, like I guess what I'm saying can they can they run? Yeah, they can. They can. They're allowed to hand off the ball. Can they run effectively? Boy, listen, you guys are getting really precise with your language. I like it. But go ahead. Case, they ran case, for 150 yards against them case, two weeks case, ago. Case in point, I'm going to set well, an when over you're under. Winning the game. Go ahead. I'm going to set an over under Buffalo running backs. 85 rush yards. Does anyone want to go over? You can have all the running backs for Buffalo. No. Okay. My my prop so, on this game is Damian Harris over okay, rushing but, yards. But now we're changing subjects, right? So I guess what we're saying, I like that you're pushing back. I like I don't mind we disagree. Yeah. But I think in general, if you if they came in and said both teams can't th- it's illegal to throw. The forward pass has been deemed illegal. Go play. Who do you want in this game? New England. Okay. So that's my point. Uh, you know what? No, because now I think about if that's illegal, now Josh Allen is a weapon that Mac Jones just isn't. I agree with that, but I also think if Josh Allen's not a weapon, really, if they if they think he's going to run, it's the only problem, and I'll give you a point here, running quarterbacks do hurt New England because they play a lot of man-to-man. Mm. And by playing man-to-man, you turn your back on the quarterback, and the quarterback can run. So I wonder after how much he ran for the first game. Listen, let's go back to our post-mortem on that game. 
or postmortem on that. The win game or the, the, the second, second game? game. Okay. And you're right. I should be clear. Is the postmortem on that game was that Josh Allen played one of his best games of his life. Right. Yeah, single-handedly defeated the Patriots. Josh Allen with the two, uh, two standard deviation better than normal Josh Allen. Mac Jones. When you add the running in, I agree with that. Mac Jones bad played game. a bad game for him. Even I mean, meaning he's all great, but for him that was the differential, the entire and, differential. And New England dropped an easy interception that would have gave them the ball with a uh, chance to win. A chance to win. So let's say they were even with that scenario, thirty-three percent to win. I think that's they, very accurate. All right. It sounds like that's not a – now, you give Belichick a third crack, which, again, we'll see, but it should be an advantage. McDermott's a good coach, but come on. And remember, I think I think Buffalo hates having to play New England. Who – let me ask you this. Who wants the rubber match? Buffalo – who – who if they would have had different matchups, right, Buffalo and New England, and never played in the offseason – who would have came in with the um, momentum between the two? Buffalo, right? Because they won the most recent game, and they won the game that wasn't the strange game. Right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't the win game. The excusable game. Yeah. And though they hate, they were so worked up. I mean, McDermott cracked in that press conference. Saying, yeah. Don't, you know, if New England wins it. Now, now Buffalo has to play a rubber match, which they, if they lose, there's no doubt who's going to come out of it with the momentum. So I think the pressure's on Buffalo. And the series history so favors New England. It's it's astronomical how well it's just it, it, New England always beats Buffalo. And I well, make, they always have Tom Brady. Well, but well, he, they don't always beat Miami. But I would make the following case: if you look at the one year with Cam Newton, that was a you know seven and nine disaster. Mm-hmm. New England was com- really competitive in at least one of those games. Remember, it was they an- fumbled yeah. at 21-24. Yeah. So what Cam, I'm sa- I think, was the fumbler. Well, yeah. So what I'm saying is, if in your worst year and it was Buffalo's best year, it's still this year wasn't as good as that year. That is a really, you know, that is so strong because Buffalo Super Bowl contender Cam Newton, New England, it's still seven and nine, and having to coach his ass off to get him to seven. I got to tell you, I'm shocked. It's that balmy and. Buffalo in the wintertime. I, 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 I really had this mental picture of this, like, just like. But I bet the extreme days get more extreme up there. Yeah. The lakefront. I don't know. Okay. No effect. All right. So, in general, the whole idea that the team's not going to be used to it. And, you know, by the way. I throw that in the garbage. You know, New England doesn't have an indoor. Or I think they have an indoor facility, but they practice outside most days. Yeah. Like, Belichick's like, this is when we're playing mm-hmm. football. What does Buffalo do? So, so, so now, what does Buffalo do? I don't know. <laughs> do, do we, uh, so Mac Jones has to suck. Can you look that up, Brad? Does Buffalo have uh, – how often do they go indoor facility? I mean, there should be a beat writer talks about it at some point. Looking that up. Thank you. So, so Mac Jones has to stink for you to like Buffalo. That's the only way you can you – can I don't like Buffalo. Buffalo. But how do we yeah. know if he's going to stink? I actually yeah. think New England's significantly underrated. I think they've lost every game they could lose – almost every game they could lose. Like, think about it. I guess the Buffalo first game, they could have lost. So let's count that one. But they could have the won the, goal off the, the Tampa cup, Bay right. game. They could have won the Dallas game. Yep. And they and they could have won what? Could have lost the Texans game. Oh, come on. They Even if they that. did, it wouldn't have mattered. They, I mean, what they, I'm saying They should have won the Miami game week one. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels, I mean, it fe- well, for sure. That What's was. your fourth quarter stick? Uh, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Um now, the fourth quarter is going to make him – the funny thing is, except for Houston, when they were favored, the one thing that does bother me is if you if you don't think it was bad luck in those games against Dallas or Tampa, now 
you look at the point margin and stuff, it's all coming from those blowouts, mm. right? Because they've had a lot of blowouts, and obviously the Jacksonville game. Okay, um, fourth quarter win share, New England. We're going to go and say, uh, okay. They are unlucky by .8 games. That's eighth most Oh, wait, I'm sorry. 25th most unlucky. So I'm going to make a bold they statement. They should have won an extra game almost. I bet there's not one playoff team that's more unlucky than them. Okay, that's interesting. So here's the ones more unlucky than them. Uh, Buffalo, 1.6 games. <laughs> you lose. Uh, uh, Carolina, 1.1 game. Unlucky. Cleveland, 1.4 games. Unlucky. Indianapolis, 1.7. Not a playoff team. Unlucky. Minnesota, 1.4 games. Unlucky. New England, 0.8. Seattle, 2.2 games unlucky. That's it. So isn't that interesting? Your instincts were right. The teams that were perceived to be like, who's better than their record? It, it was like a who's who right there. I saw a stat where they – this was clever, and I, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember who did it on Twitter. They flipped every close yeah, game I, around. That made the rounds. I mean, so every one-score game, whatever the result was, got flipped. And it was really fascinating how it shook up Buffalo the Buffalo had the best. It shook up the standings. Yeah, Buffalo was like 15-1 or something. Which kind of speaks to the point of them being the second most unlucky or third most unlucky team behind Indianapolis and Seattle. See, that's why I like Buffalo. And that's why, and that's why I like fourth quarter win share better than the goofy one score games because we know those. Right. Like Philly was a one score game against Tampa, but that wasn't really the San Fran. Um, what was the San Fran Detroit game where San Fran was up twenty four and they won by eight? That was a one. Yeah, one matters. Score win. One, yeah, uh, Mackenzie, do me a favor. Look at the uh, fourth quarter win share for that Philly Tampa Bay game. I, I bet it's going to be like 98%. It's going to show you how this is a superior stat that will. But not if it's 28-22. Because there was high. no point they could have won, though. Well, when they cut it to six, they could. But they cut it to six with like a minute left, wasn't it? Well, no, because Tampa got down to the five-yard line, so there had to be at least uh, well, a few let's, We'll see. Philly, on average, with our fourth-quarter weighted win share, had a 3% chance to win that game. Mm -hmm. Okay. You see how fourth-quarter it cuts through the shit. There you go. Notice how I got off mic when I screamed? You notice that? I, I, it's on my to-do list. <laughs> resolution. You got to go go home and do a little program, like reprogram? <laughs> All right, I'm neutral on this game. I'm official. Oh, I've talked to the neutral. That's a victory, baby. I, I still see, say Mac Jones loses a fumble. Uh, well, how many fumbles did it? What? Victory! <laughs> All right, so Diamond Dave Asler, who grew up in the Boston area. he Totally unbiased. No, he. Oh, no, no he picks against. Him. He's okay. one of the types that will be against him more than on. Right. He's a I agree with that. He is a skeptic. Diamond Dave, also known as Uncle Dave. Let's listen. I love about the Patriots plus four, and why wouldn't I? I'm a homer. No, this is a classic overreaction here. Better is overreacted to New England beating the Bills, only throwing the ball three times when they met in Foxborough. Now they're overreacting to the relative ease with which the Bills won that game. And indeed, the Bills finished strong. One four straight, including the New England game. The other three, the Panthers, Atlanta, and the Jets. All three of them at home. Yep, New England lost three or four down the stretch. At Miami, where they really win, and to Buffalo and the Colts. This is a division game. There aren't any surprises, and in my opinion, it's New England with nothing to lose, and Buffalo with all the pressure. Buffalo, January, Saturday, high of 10 degrees, low of 2. And after the last game they played in Buffalo, I think that actually gives New England a psychological advantage. We still have statistically two of the best defenses in the NFL. And as I've said many times, 
I like to simplify things. The winner is usually the team with the better coach, the better quarterback, the better defense. New England has two of those three and is getting points. I bet the Patriots plus four. Another victory, baby. What? I don't want to make a big deal. Victory! So you like New England then? Yeah, it's probably my second favorite pick. I, okay. I still, in all seriousness, don't you think going from 78 degrees last week to zero is a bad? Oh, so, so now. Just, I know. So, I so now, with that. So now it's going to be because they spent a day and a half in the hot weather. Playing the game. And then they go back to the comparably temperatured New England area. <laughs> nah. No, nah, I don't. I've never heard that theory before. I'd love, you know, I'd, I'm going to start tracking that, like a 50 degree differential or more. No, let's agree, Sunday. There was an academic paper on this that we saw about a year ago. I haven't read it yet. That said that the difference is the key. It doesn't matter how cold it is, or how hot it is. But not saying if you go visit a place, but rather, um, I will say this: when I go away from Vegas in the summer, even for three days. When I come out of McCarran, kicks your ass. It, it doesn't kick my, but it feels hot. Now it, I'm back to it within a day. So I mean, since that's their default temperature, cold. I don't think the two and a half day or one and a half days. Okay, here's the thing I was going to say about this. though. last thing on this game for me is, if it wasn't for this cold, I would have had a lean New England. I think that Buffalo's a clearly better team. I think Belichick third time with the pressure on Buffalo would have leaned me that way. And I play, I think it should be three and a half, not four kind of thing, right? The the cold, I really think it makes it at minimum a quasi restricted passing game. And that has to be an advantage. And if you want to say Mac Jones is an issue, then then Bill Belichick made a major mistake drafting him because most games when they have home games are going to be cold. So, I mean, I don't think he believes that. And, again, in Belichick, because here's the thing about Bel. Go ahead. with your. Well, I was going to ask, what about a rookie quarterback playing this late into the season? You know, and obviously I, I, New England know. hasn't been as good. They've lost three of the last four since that win game. See, that's what's interesting. I look at that. now, But, see, now what you're saying is almost is kind of, well, no. I think the Miami was flipped. There wasn't a lot of pressure in the Miami game, right? So – but you could make the case there was pressure in the second Bills game a lot mm-hmm. and pressure in the Colts game. Maybe what we're seeing here is an Andy Dalton type, right? Which he, they, 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 That's a great comp. But I, I think it's a comp of him now. Yeah. The theory is he's already that in his first yeah. year. Though I don't think he's as good as Andy Dalton was in his, no. in his height. No, but, right but now close. Dalton is probably just a, like a little bit worse than Jones right now. Right now. I think he was a little better than Jones in his prime. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, but I think they – see, we got a new theory we've been talking about in SOV, and I won't overdo it now. We'll talk about it next week maybe. Uh, but I don't think that going from a game manager to a great quarterback is the same track. I think you can be so good as a game manager, and then it stops, and then there's steps you got to climb, and then there's another track, which is you can make a third and 14-type throw. And you know what? Some guys don't physically have the skill. I think Mac will become one of the best game managers ever, Mac Jones, meaning he'll be better than Andy Dalton in his prime when he's in his prime. 
I don't know if he has the physical ability to be a guy that can throw it on third and 14 consistently, like we saw from Herbert Sunday night, let's say. Drew Brees was pretty good with a noodle arm. But he didn't win the biggest of the big games except once. And, it, and, and let's be candid, that team should have won more than one Super Bowl if you look at all the underlying stats. And noodle rest, arm Drew Brees. Oh, good. The noodle arm Drew Brees played a horrible last game in his playoff game they, against Tampa. The refs kept cheating him. But, oh. but remember now, we want to. Uh, one game doesn't mean anything. But if we look over his career, if you look at the number of wins and say, what does there be a way to do a, a regression analysis on wins to Super Bowls? I thought he said noodle arm, like a, as in late Drew Brees. I did, I I didn't yeah. mean Drew Brees for his yeah, entire Drew Brees career. His entire career was noodle armed relative to the best quarterback. Uh, okay. If you say who's the best quarterbacks of all time, and and let's say Brees is top ten. Sure. He's probably the weakest arm in the top ten. Probably. Who's number two? That's a good Young. question. I mean, everyone else got a – Steve Young had a good arm. He didn't have a rocket. I'm he, just thinking of guys that are not 6'5". I mean, Montana, you could say maybe. Yeah. But I don't even remember. I know he didn't have a rocket. <laughs> I'm thinking Boomer Esiason. <laughs> I grew up in Cincinnati. I know, but what does he have to do with one of the 10 best quarterbacks? <laughs> exactly. Even in the Ohio area at the time because <laughs> the high school – no. He was a good – yeah. All right. I mean, you could say late Ben has been – But he – but He could zing it. But late Ben isn't Ben over yeah, – Late true. Ben no, wouldn't be right. a top 10 quarterback. Yeah, that's he? true. I mean, Ben's not bringing anyone to the Super Bowl right now. So, in general, Drew Brees is 101, I think, of being a you know, fairly average or worse-armed quarterback that's a top 10 quarterback. Mm-hmm. But he did underperform in the playoffs. We just got to say yeah. it. Which I, when you got to make the third and 14s. When you're a 10-point favorite, it's when you can be a game manager. So, I don't know where Max is going to go. I know where he is isn't – there, but I also know this. I don't think Belichick drafts him unless remember Belichick was not going to draft him because he needed a quarterback. I promise you, because that's not how he does things. The very fact he didn't trade up for him when it was just one position that he would have had to trade like a fourth rounder for. All right. So what's where? Oh, so you uh, you lean lean bills, but Belichick scares you, right? Yeah. And you are neutral. neutral, dead neutral. And now the question is, Mac Jones in there. But if we knew, if God came down and said Mac Jones is going to be fine in the weather, New England's going to win outright. Okay, uh, weather in Buffalo this Saturday. They say it's going to feel like minus two degrees, four miles an hour wind. But uh, but you know, I, which brings it down a little bit. But six. Listen, I actually wonder about the difference between fifteen and zero because I I grew up in Ohio and so I understand zero. I understand. I remember one time. This is the God's truth. We had the worst. We were probably 14, maybe, me and my, you know, my friends and whatnot. And it got to be minus 10 for like maybe a week, which we've never had that. But, you know, it was a once a generational kind of thing, right? It got to be 20. I remember it was 22 on the bank. The bank used to have the temperature. And we were all walking around with our winter coats open, like (laughs) T-shirts underneath because it felt hot. Mm -hmm. Because So... 15, seven degrees lower than that, but still 15 and zero is very different. It's like 100 to 115. It's a good analogy. Right? Yeah. So I got to wonder what the stats are in these really cold games. Can you, hey, Mackenzie, go to uh, Pro Football Reference and just search for five degrees or less. And, and let's see what the score, and hopefully we'll go, I guess 78, I think they have un, over-unders for So we'll have some games. 
All right, next game. Oh, I, I've got my prop on this game. Go. It's over Damian Harris rushing yards, 55 and a half, the Patriots running back. Now, have uh, you checked that number in the last six hours? Yes. All right, cool. Yeah, McKenzie checked it for me during the show. Uh, Good job. He's back to full health, got the work, got the bulk of the, the carries last week, even though they weren't in a positive game script where they were running a whole lot, but he got the most touches, certainly. And in this game, as you've said, they're going to lean on the run game. Can you do me a favor? Can you look at the just for your sake, can you look at the carry count in the two prior games with Buffalo? Because there's things about the schemes of the D that might dictate who runs. I just want to make sure he got enough carries. 18 there. carries for 103 in the last game. Uh, against Buffalo. Against Buffalo. 10 carries for 111 in the win game. Okay, so success, his two, his, oh. two of his three best games this year came against Buffalo. So that's a good sign. Because that so. means Belichick likes that matchup. For what, who knows why he likes matchup. But he only got 10 carries in the win game. What's the other back that got all the carries then? Um, in, the, in the win game. Because I know he broke it. He broke that like 65-yard run. Well, that but, counts, you know. But it doesn't count in usage as more. Well, why important. don't everyone ever talk about passes that go 60 yards and dismiss those? Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson's 24 carries for 78 yards but in this that game. Is a, to, to me, is, this the, is Stevenson a bigger bruiser back? Yes. No. no. Yes. No, I, well, no. What's oh, the weight? What's the weight? Yeah, you're, you're, I, I, he's right. He's right. He's right. He's right. All right. Yeah, he's right. So, so what we're saying is he's not a bit because you would think – You'd want a bruiser back if 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 they're playing like almost goal line, you know, if they're playing a heavy buck. But you're saying your guy's the bruiser back. He's who I consider the bruiser back. Certainly, I'm looking up weights now yeah. just to be sure. All right. So is this our last thing on this? Two fifteen, two twenty five. They're about yeah. the or two fifteen, two twenty. About the same. Okay. But how tall are they? One's five. One's five ten. One's six foot. The heavier okay, one's six foot. Okay, then that sounds like they're all right. Okay. I, I think considering that in the second game, he ran a lot, the usage was high, I think he's fine. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, okay, last game, right? The last game, the Raiders plus five at the Bengals. Let's go over the pick so far. You know, we can do it at the very end because then we'll bet our best bet. I just want to make sure everyone had made the ones. Fez, this is uh, your best bet. I have it? a triple best bet on this game. Wow, go. All right, so my best bet here, Las Vegas, catching five, five and a half, strength of schedule. Here's where the biggest differential is. Vegas, seventh hardest schedule, Cincinnati, 29. So a 22 differential Reminder that that trend has just been off the charts good. If you have a differential of 10 on strength of schedule, blindly bet the team with a more difficult schedule. 29, excuse me, 28 and 6 and 2 against the spread. Further, there's things that um, concern me about Cincinnati in this game, namely Joe Burrow's health. So Burrow had that tremendous game against Kansas City, last play of the game, injured knee. And I haven't heard much about how injured he is. I know this. He said, I'm not playing against Cleveland. I'm not, I don't care. It's our, our, our arch rival. And we could get the no number thanks. one seed. Nope. Not going to play. So I see this as the ultimate free roll as well to be playing against a, a Bengal team where Burrow may not be 100% in this game. Uh, I know. I also actually like the fact that Cincinnati beat Vegas by 19 in the first meeting. If you go ahead and look into the stats of that game, the Bengals only averaged four yards per play. The Raiders averaged almost six. So the Raiders got blown out despite winning the stats. That game was a three-point game in the fourth quarter. So a misleading final score where the Raiders lost. 
My only trepidation about this game is it is a bad spot for the Raiders. If this game had been Monday night, it'd be like my game of the year. So on let's, the Raiders. let's talk about that spot because this shocks me that you like this simply because this feels like one of those you're going to make a pick because of the spot, you know, meaning against the Raiders. What is it? How much of a negative do you think that because it's not only six days turnaround, they're going on the road across the country and they played an overtime game at night. Exactly. Sunday night football had to play, obviously, the full 70 minutes. It's terrible. Emotionally, too. Exactly. And if this had been a regular season game, I'd be the first to admit there's no way I would ever pick the Raiders. But because it's a playoff game, I think that for one playoff game, the Raiders can absolutely rise up above the bad scheduling circumstances of this game. But also, what do you... Maybe we need to come up with an ancillary of the Dream Crusher. Maybe it's Dream Realized or <laughs> something more catchy. But what do you say if the Raiders lose this game, they're, they're, they're going to be depressed for about 10 minutes and they're going to feel like we had a great season. Absolutely. So is there maybe a rare case where there's a mode where they're playing with house money and you know what? When you play with house money, sometimes you don't play as diligently. I agree with that. So that's a lot of disadvantages to the Raiders. And this has moved. And it, it was six and a half, and now it's five and a half. So we lost the hook on the six, which is a, a pretty darn significance. I know. Now we are on the is side. This, is this all just because of the? Is this all? Because when you lead, with, or when you, your second point is, I like that they lost by nineteen. Mm-hmm. That you know, I get to hold the underlying stats are better, but I don't know that Burrow's not not injured. Remember, I mean, that's a. I I really think that that's a great free roll here. Burrow could be not even close to a hundred percent. You think the Bengals would be disclosing if he had some sort of knee injury in this game? No way. So that, I love that free roll. Well, let's define free roll. Free roll would be this is a a no big. This is a fifty-two point four percent winner if he is healthy. Mm. Yeah, but you're right. A better way to describe it. Well, if you knew he was healthy, would you play this? No. Okay. So you think this line's right if he's healthy? That's correct. Yes. Okay. I, I kind of lean the other way on this. I think about it like the the Bengals. Oh, he's handing you the button. No, listen. I, so you don't really <laughs> lean that way. I, it's like my, my fourth thinking, favorite of the uh, six games. Uh, but but, if, but even if you leaned, that means you think it's a 51% play. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> don't throw the button around. I, I, I'm, so, I'm sorry. It's his button, and he will throw it. No, it's not his button. It's mine. It was all mine. I thought we all had They're our all own mine. button. <laughs> no, I, we, I, we're a team here. We all get our own button. You do. I lend them to you. <laughs> Uh, I like that the Bengals that mattered basically got a bye week last week, and the Raiders have played already like four playoff games in a row. Because That's an interesting case. The rest is interesting. Yeah, I mean, they they have every game – going into week 15, they had a 5% chance to make the playoffs. If they lost any of the last four games, they're done. So they've been cranked up to Everyone 11. Well, I'm not even sure about that because I don't even think they were thinking playoffs. Up until the last couple games. So I don't think like four games ago, like if we can win out, we'll be fine. I think they were trying to lick, lick their wounds. But I do agree they've, they, they've had a tough run. And obviously the last game is, a, I mean, how often, this is a once a year kind of scenario for not a team, for the league, they're going to put a team in this spot. Yeah, it's, isn't that odd? It's, it's almost like five days. It's, it's like it was personal. Why did because this? They, because here's the thing: they had to schedule who went where beforehand because they had to. They mm. want to promote on this on the networks like the Sunday night game. They want to be able to promote 
it was going to be Kansas City versus whoever they mm. – so, you know, that's how they did it. So, uh, it, money, right? Mm. And then Joe Burrow in that first game that you mentioned had one of his worst games of the season – I think so Joe that Burrow. Make you like the Raiders, no, right? I think Joe Burrow in the second half has turned into a different quarterback. Twenty of twenty-nine for one forty-eight, uh, five point one QBR fifty. When, when when did they play that game? That was week eight, week nine, so it's somewhere right. So it was yeah. the middle of the season. Uh, but they did. Has all the info. On. Who they did not have success with was Joe Mixon. One hundred twenty-three yards, two touchdowns, and the Raiders are the worst run defense in the playoffs. But which one is it? Is it that they're going to run or they're going to pass? No, I'm just saying, uh, like, I'm saying there's... You can't have both, though. You can't say what I can't a say, different quarterback and they're relying more on the pass. What I can say is Joe Burrow seems like there's only one way for his performance to go, whereas... I uh, see. This shows you how... And I don't disagree with you. I don't agree with you. I just think it's hard to say both they played bad. Like, you guys are coming at it from actually there's three different directions now. You're saying the score was bad against... The Raiders, but the underlying stats said the Raiders were really competitive. Yes. All right. So the score doesn't matter. You're saying, hey, they won by a bunch, but I actually think that Burrow played bad, so they're going to play even better. It's like maybe that was the matchup, which is short passes and runs. One other thing, I or not one other thing, I think the thing, if, if I can jump in, is since he still has a really bad O line. Yes. No doubt. Raiders. Really they, good pass rate. I mean, they started hot, shockingly so. It flattened out, but they look good against the Chargers. Obviously, they had a weak right tackle and, you know. Um, what's that guy? Storm Thorman or something? What's that dude name from the Chargers? The right tackle that's been getting burned? Oh, oh I don't boy. even know who that guy is. They could have used some help. You know, it shows you He's going to be playing for the Hamilton Tiger Cats next it, year. It shows you that O-line is a weak link system. The one weak link is a problem, and PFF talks about this a good bit. Um, Burrow was a full participant Tuesday and Wednesday in practice. I'm not sure what that means because I don't. I think the last thing they're going to do is let him be limited to, to try to then you know kind of perk up the Raiders' ears. So I think if he was limited, it would have been a real problem. Meaning good for mm-hmm. you. I don't think this is necessarily the saying he's not hurt because to some degree it was weird they didn't play him. I think the fact they didn't play him last week for a quarter. Yeah, well, I don't even know about that. I think you just play him because they had a real chance. They had an incentive. Yeah. yeah I mean, or let's say up. this. Before Kansas City. Who played on Saturday. Who played on Saturday. They announced Burrow out before that game. Well, I could see. He announced Kansas, himself out. Yeah. Yeah. So I, now that's interesting, too. Right. Which gets back to the whole thing with Antonio Brown or mm-hmm. whatever, because that happened now with Baker Mayfield. But, boy, that's interesting. He announced – what does that tell us? That tells us he doesn't trust Cincinnati to make the decision. Yeah. Okay. You know, so I, I think that says he was hurt. As far as a prop bet, I'm also going to play Burrow under. And I like that a lot more. And I think Burrow's numbers are elevated. Why? Because think about it. Well, wait, you gave a Brady prop, so I like this a lot more. Yeah, yeah so but, but forget to Get us the numbers, McKenzie. The um, Burrow had several games. Remember, he was chasing Rookie of the Year, so they wanted to give him um, the stats. Also, he had that 500-yard game where he was chasing, you know, the best game for a rookie, fourth best game in the NFL history. You're saying Jamar Chase was chasing Rookie of the Year? Do those temperatures? Jamar Chase was six yes. To thank you. Was chasing Rookie so now of the we'll, Year. We'll see the difference. Burrow's ch- chasing Comeback Player of the Year. Burrow also had had at least one game where he was setting NFL. He was going to be a top five NFL game, so he kept throwing with the Bengals with a big lead. Plus, it was more. 
or not. It was Wink Martindale made a crack about him. Yeah. Yeah. And he was There was a chance to ride on a team when they were hurt. So all those numbers skew into his year to date averages and inflate them, which gives us a higher number. I'm not sure about that because if you look at the passing attempts, have gone. He said something. A different quarterback is Cincinnati. Listen, how, how this guy is the favorite right now, amazingly, to be coach of the year. Mark or is it Ta- Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. Yeah, that's interesting because I don't think he's. I think the Tennessee coach is going to win. I, I, the think, I think right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, it'd make it bad. But the market says <laughs> right. So and I'm not saying that's going to win. I'm just saying he's one of the favorites, right? So he is the favorite. Yeah, Zach so, Taylor, right? Exactly. So my point is though, how was Zach Taylor going to get fired this year? Burrow gets hurt. Exactly. If you look at his run-pass ratios, they finally let him start to throw the ball. They were holding him back because they didn't want him getting hurt. Now he's hobbled a little bit. All right. You've got a good defensive line, a good pass rush. I think you see a lot of running here. A lot of mixing. They ran well last time. It ran, ran very well. What's, what's Mixon's? It's sixty-five and a half or a seventy-five and a half. I was projecting sixty-five and a half. That was going to be my prop bet. I asked him. He said seventy-five and a half. Why? Now. why, why right, we're throwing a lot of numbers. Why were you projecting sixty-five? That's and what half? his number had been. It, like, so now that's a concern, though. Or it's what his prop number had been, or his yearly average. Prop number. Okay. So why is this one higher? Well, I know why. Why? Because. Usage amongst your primary running backs oh, goes in up playoffs. in the playoffs okay. because if you have a two-back system, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like you don't, you're not trying to split carries because of fatigue or whatever. You're just saying right. go for it. Okay. And Mixon's so all, a high usage guy. So all anyway. things being equal, the primary back you want to so put that, over that 65 to 75 doesn't bother. That, that feels like a natural jump. Yes. So my point is. To what, now, one Zach Taylor's in the playoffs. What do inexperienced coaches do? They tend to get Sir? tight. They get tight, right? Number two, if he's hurt and you got a good pass rush, you're even if you get like a ten point leader, you're gonna instead of keep pass, you're gonna prime milk it a little bit. Conserve. I really like Burrow under because it gets into the injury risks too, or the injury consideration. Well, yes, and 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 pursuant to that, my other prop bet is first half under twenty four and a half in this game because I why think, first half mine as well. Oh, okay. Because I've got two inexperienced coaches. That I. How did you guys end up on this? I have no idea. You're on under 24 and a half. That was, yeah, when not he, discuss this. I wrote it down and he said that's what his prop was going to be. I said that's crazy. Or his total. That's right here. Um, did, but when you guys were talking earlier before the show, didn't mention did, it. All right. Because yeah. we didn't know you were going to want a, uh, a, a total direct. Like we didn't know how the show was going to yeah, be set up. Yeah. Well, I, I'm a red light performer. I you told are. You. And and I I look at the makeups of both teams and they certainly have quarterbacks that are that if they get behind are going to have no problem zinging the ball all over the place in the second half, and the I I think both teams are going to be tight and want to win a playoff game and going to be conservative early on. All right, so here's what. Go ahead. Uh, two first time first first playoff games for QBs and coaches, so I think there's some tightness on both. I think Joe Burrow being limited if he is is an advantage to a first half under but i think both these teams come out with a very conservative game plan early so how's burrow's number look compared to the season i mean like where is it at compared to what you expected 259 and a half is the number and i don't know what his year to date is okay so i'm sure his year to date's higher because he had a 500 yard game well let me see raiders uh I'm just thinking about how to – it's interesting. Raiders play cover three a ton more than anyone. And in general, Burroughs processing is one of the strong suits. 
but in a weird way, it takes away his edge because everyone can process what they do. Mm -hmm. It's like kind of so vanilla. Uh, um, I guess the question is, do we want to look at Burrow's season-to-date average yards passing, or do we want to look at his season-to-date average prop number? I guess I, yards pass. Can you get his average yards passing? I, I 288. Guess, uh, it's two, uh, 259 and a half. And his average is 288. Can I get what do they? Oh wait, the, I'm sorry. The prop is 259 and a half. What do they call the the median? The the, the not the mean the the 50 50 point though. Uh, well, yeah, that's the, the median. The, and the that median is 50 50. Median is there's half the numbers above it. Half yeah, the that's the above. number I want. Okay, that's interesting. 275. Yeah, you, there's a. Oh, I don't have my headphones on for some reason. Really? 275 is. 275. The All right. Is, is so. the is the median? Yes, he's played 16 games, so 8-8, eight and eight, halfway between the two eights is 275. All right, I, I stand correct. That makes me less likely to eight want to play and this. Eight. Oh, you're stack ranking it? Yeah. Okay. Huh. But actually, a median can't be in between. A median is going to be one of those numbers. But they, that's right. Well, the median, the on an even number, he's saying he between 8 and 9 because yeah, he me only to take played the 16. Oh, is that, is that true? Elementary, yeah. Maybe that is true. Okay. So if it's an odd number, it just be that number. Mm. It's an, okay, that makes sense. Hmm. Stand correct. So, you know, maybe if I need a player, I, I like the mixing over. I mean, All right, so let's do this. I'm going to play a little 20-second song. When we do that, I want us all to come together with our official picks because there's been a lot of double talk here. And I know it hasn't been in, on purpose, but we've said, oh, forget that. We're making it official, and then we're going to pick our best bet in each of the quadrants. First, though... Well, the hitman, the translucent one, a prop guru expert. He's quite good at the props, the totals, all that. Derivatives. Fez trades with him. You know that means he wins. Pregame.com, the hitman, he gave us, as he does every week, a free pick. He's five foot eleven, a hundred I think he put on a few pounds, 145 pounds. And he has skin that you can see through. It's amazing. He you literally see like his if he was playing poker, you could tell if he had aces because you could see his aorta go boom, boom, boom. So and you see the vascular system, not all the way down to skeletal, right? Only when he's uh, titillated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's listen. Best bet, Raiders, Bengals, under 49. The Raiders have been offense. I've wanted to fade for quite some time now. They're averaging only 19 points per game over their last 10 games since losing Henry Ruggs, yet their implied point total is 21 and a half in this one against what I consider to at least be a league average defense in Cincinnati. The Raiders' pass rush is legit, could cause Joe Burrow to not exactly light up this defense like he has to other teams in weeks past. The pass rush bothered the Bengals' offense enough that in a previous matchup this season, the Bengals could only muster four yards per play. Joe Burrow has been the league's best quarterback against the Blitz this season, but he's been average against four-man rushes, and the Raiders blitz less than any team in the league. The Raiders blitz Burrow on only three of 35 dropbacks in their previous matchup, and it led to Joe Burrow throwing for a season-low five yards per attempt. The weather is calling for potential snow and 20-degree temperatures, which could only help our under. Derek Carr, in his career, has thrown for only six yards per attempt and an 8-7 to seven touchdown interception ratio in seven career games where the temperature was 40 or below. Best bet, Raiders, Bengals, under the 49. So he's got the under in this game. What do you think of that, Fez? I like it. Because we're thinking running, we're thinking uh -huh. coaching, no playoff experience, quarterbacks, no playoff experience. Conservativeness. Yes. All right. Now we haven't had her with us this year, but now we're going to do our best of the best bets. You ever hear the, the, the uh, boss of bosses? Hmm. 
Well, this is the best of the best bets. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. Background on AJ. Most of you guys know he was an MMA fighter. Uh, you know, mostly amateur fights, but he had one professional fight, one and O, and he said, "I'm I'm retiring undefeated." It was Andre the Giant before WrestleMania three, <laughs> and now AJ's forty one. He's in good shape for forty one. Um, That's debatable. No, 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 no. Good shape for forty one. But he never, he always wore like bulky clothes. So, you know, you never could get a real look at his um, shape. So today he gets out of his chair real gingerly and leans over like Fred G. Sanford. See, I didn't watch Good Times, or I, but I watched Sanford and Sons and the Jeffersons. He leaned over like Fred G. Sanford. And the G stands for not good in this case. <laughs> and... I go, what the hell is wrong with you? And he goes, mm, back sore. <laughs> I said, why? You know, I, he goes, mm, been lifting. That's not how it went. You said you've been working out? And you go, yeah. <laughs> so, then, so then I look. Now, Mackenzie, be honest here. He has the tightest shirt he's worn in four months with us. So he st- how long have you been lifting? Uh, a week. So now that he's starting. And, and how many times have you flexed in the mirror? None. Oh, that's a freaking lie. Absolutely I'll bet my none. life. <laughs> no, I'll no, bet no, my no. life. No, no, no. I'm still at an embarrassing uh, level. Mackenzie, have you seen him in a shirt this tight? No, I have not. See, I mean, this is just objective truth. All right. Steve, have you seen him in a shirt this tight? I thought it was his son's shirt. It honestly <laughs> reminds me of my college sweatshirts that I don't fit into anymore. I mean, it's like you, is that one you've tried on a few times and couldn't wear? And no, now I've worn this same exact <laughs> hoodie. You know how girls have like dream jeans that uh-huh. they keep? Like they used to be able to fit right. in. And yeah. now they, this is your dream sweatshirt. Maybe so. <laughs> All right, let's do our best bets. Now, here's the caveat. The reality is the derivative bets and total bets are kind of blended. Because, because they're, but I think what we do is if it's got to do about scoring points for team, it's obviously a total. But some of the total bets are derivative totals, which are effectively team bets. But we got a lot of picks to choose from, right? So let's start with the best bets. Let's go around the horn. And you announce them, see? Or uh, AJ? Is every, you want to go, me to go sides first? Yes. Or go by person? Yeah, the best bets on the side. Okay. Uh, Fez, Vegas plus five. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be it. RJ, Niners plus three. That is sharp. AJ, Tampa minus nine. That's not going to be no. it. <laughs> All right. So I'm willing to bet. Let me think. You know, I might be willing to bet Cincy just for the sake of it. Let me. Here's the thing about that that confuses me. That makes me not want to bet Cincy. One, it seems like whenever Cincy has reached a new scenario, they've underperformed. When they were a big favorite on Thursday night against Jackson, Jacksonville, they underperformed. When they nothing. bounced off of beaten Baltimore, they lost to the Jets. It does feel like they're susceptible to these these pitfalls because they have a bad coach, in my opinion. Got destroyed by Cleveland. Remember that game? So the well, but you can lose games. It's just yeah. it was it off of you know whatever they hit the local maximum they come down. Yeah. So and another thing, there's nothing about this. If you would have said what's the one side that won't get hit this week when the numbers came out Sunday, I think I would have said Raiders. 
I'm going to say the public's going to get so excited about because the thing we didn't discuss is how many close wins. They've had four wins in overtime. overtime. Yeah. I mean, what's the record if they go 0-4 in those games, which is in theory is just as easy, right? Yeah, well, they're, they're, they, they amazingly finished 10-7. and seven. All right, so they're going to be 6-11, and 11, right? If or, they lost them all, yeah. Well, you won them all, you could lose them all, right? Yeah. So what I'm saying here is... 8-9, 2-2. Two two. No, but Steve... You, Two and two would have been an average result. Yes. They have an extreme result. Shouldn't we be fair to contemplate the extreme result the other way when they have the extreme result this way? Sure, we can contemplate it, but I think we've reached the middle and we say that's they probably should have been eight and nine. And they could have been six, six and, 11. and eleven. Yeah, you're right. I agree with all no, we're both right, but you're the one trying to squeeze mm-hmm. mine out. I'm not saying yours doesn't count. Okay. So what I'm saying is that seems like something the public doesn't account for enough. I agree. It's a good story. The Raiders and, and got rid of the racist. It feels like this was <laughs> what? I mean, that people like that. People, you don't think the if you're uh, a social justice person and a team that fired, you know, quite frankly, fired that didn't mm-hmm. support them, didn't say it was a individual case. They fired them and then they win against all odds yeah. with one of the. Some people said, and I think probably true, the most exciting regular season game of the year. Was that game against oh, Chargers? Without, without a doubt, especially when you threw in the tie implications. It was the, certainly the most entertaining and, one of the year. And for, and I won't ask you the distinction between entertaining and exciting, but... Did I get it right? I think I think it's kind of a synonym in a way, right? Unless you don't like excitement. I don't find excitement entertaining. I mean, you could argue that the like the like a game like the Bills-Patriots win game was... There was a lot of drama, but it was tedious. But it was not entertaining to me, that game. So it was dramatic. Yeah. It's better in hindsight. Hmm. There's certain movies that are better in hindsight. See, I'd say it was entertaining, but it wasn't exciting, (laughs) you know? Okay, moving on. We don't want any misnomers. (laughs) So I obviously pushed the button against Fez. I, 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 well, first of all, you pushed a button with a grimace like you were eating a turd. Well, he threw a button at me. What am I going to because, do? Because you should have the guts to back up your opinion in this world. And I did. Begrudgingly. Did you? I didn't, what opinion are we talking about? You said, I'm thinking about going against you on this one. And then as I've contemplated, I've said, you know, that, and I haven't even got there, and I will, and then we can wrap or go that direction, is this move came sharp, sharp. This is a sharp, sharp move. And it's like there's something going on. There's something in the numbers we don't see. Or or Burrow might be hurt and they exactly. got – Is that what you think's happening? I do. Because I'm not sure what else it could be after they just won the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, just won against them earlier this year. It can't be some matchup thing. It can't be the Raiders have gotten – it's like they don't have new players. It's, yeah. So, in general – I can't go against you, but you know something. You know the you know those sharps taking six and a half. You know that that's more than a fifty-two percent bet. But now we'll get. But here's half. the thing: I'm getting still getting the right number. You're getting a you're getting a short number here. I am. So let's listen. Let's be fair. You you're in standing here the same as me. AJ's the junior member, but we're tied. AJ, you get to what is the bet of bets? And by the way, I know he likes the 49ers. It's the 49ers. Yeah. All right. All right. I mean, that's the one that we all three like. Yeah. That's another point. No, we're gonna wait till post to get three you and a half, and if it's not three and a half, then we'll take the three. The none of you said. Yes, I agree with that. None of you were against Tampa, but none of you felt like you were particularly excited about Tampa either. I was no. against. Well, I, that was a very complex game. I certainly don't like Tampa. Okay, let's look at the totals. The, but I want to say what Steve said one more time. So three and a half shows we want it. Now, if it, listen, if it flashes, 
and you get it, great. But we won't count it unless it's there for a half a day or something. But if it's prevalent for half a day, we're going to count it. If it's prevalent game day, we're going to count it, even if it's for an hour, mm-hmm. right? Because you should be watching the screen on game day. Yep. That's the way we'll grade that. That's pick number one, the best of the best. First half under 24 and a half. What are we doing here now? These are the totals. All right, go ahead. Now, who has what? Uh, Fez and I both have the same one. First half under 24 and a half in the Bengals Raiders. All right. Bengals Raiders and the I know you just told me what was the, rock, the rock, rookie um, the first time first conservative first time coaches in the playoffs. But why aren't they going to be conservative for the game? Because they've both got quarterbacks can can zing the ball all over the place if if it's so gets one up falls 10. behind. Yeah. Okay, and might be pick sixes and stuff. Okay, and and uh, Hitman had under for the game, right? Yes. yes. Okay, then let's go with this one. Okay, and yours was Philly under nineteen. Which, which that's my least favorite of my three, just because it's not it's it's below those key numbers. I love the handicap; it's just accounted for to some degree. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then for the derivatives, uh, Fez has Tampa team total under twenty eight and a half. Okay, Tampa team total. Didn't you like Tampa over? And then I talked no. you out of it. No, you talked me out of you, you talked me into playing the game under Philly Tampa because yeah. we like the Philly. Under bet even more than the Tampa. So, but, you like, but did you like the Tampa under the whole time? Initially, but mm-hmm. I have I have morphed my position to like the game under forty six. Okay, so would you make that your total bet more? Philly Tampa under. Okay, that's fair. Go ahead. RJ's Kansas City minus seven in the first half. Oh, that's they won a winner. 20. Oh, ooh. that's a winner. That go ahead though. Uh, and then I have San Francisco team total over 23 and a half. That's a winner. Okay, but here's the thing. Now, we've got exposure. If we're trying to put together a portfolio, we've got our San Fran exposure. I think we got to take advantage of that KC, I think. Yeah, I agree. You accept that? I mean, I like your pick too, AJ. I accept. All right. So we got to put let, – let's, let's kind of read what we got so far. We've got the 49ers plus three. And it's good. Remember now, we're going to – we got a conditional buy on it. Now, but we still play the three. So at, at worst three, we'll call it, but we're waiting to get better. Well, we can't say at worst three. If it, if it bombs a two and a half, we don't play it, right? That's right. So we're going to ha- – so here's the thing. And, and and this is pretty simple. If three and a half shows, grab it if you can get it. Right. If you can't, wait until about half hour before game time and take the three. Yes. But if somehow, some way, neither of those, if that if, if you can't do either of those because it bombs the two and a half, you pass. Yes. All right. Go ahead. First half under twenty four and a half. Cincy and Raiders. Now what what one is this? Now is, oh, you, we were recapping the. Oh oh, go ahead. Okay, so we agreed on that one. And then Kansas City minus seven in the first half. Oh, that's sweet. Yes. But we got to give that seven and a half flat because the sevens are not readily available. So we'll go seven and a half, but even, you know, plus 100. But in your own betting, if you can get minus seven, oh, $1.20, yeah. well, that's and better. And if you can get minus seven plus 100, it's better. If you can get six and a half, well, yeah. And, and six is even better. Yeah. But but what we want to do is give them a number a majority of the listeners can get. Yes. Do, is And I, I know what you guys told me earlier, but are we – Seven and a half even money is probably about. Is it a, close to? No, it's probably half. It's, I consider that seven point two five because we're figuring twenty cents is yeah. what it's worth. So okay, we're getting ten cents of value for a half point that's worth twenty, so it's about halfway in between. Okay, uh, and then we come down to our prop bets. RJ Big Ben over two hundred and thirty and a half passing yards, mm-hmm. like that. Fez has Joe Burrow under two hundred fifty nine and a half passing yeah. yards. I'm going to amend that. Okay. Okay. Right, so you so you started with Brady. 
Started with Brady. And then what talked you off of that? You brought up the excellent point that in the fourth quarter, if Tampa Bay's up big with these new receivers, he might still be zinging the ball to get reps with mm-hmm. them. And I mm-hmm. thought that that was very valid. And that's what we saw last game, frankly. And I also think to kind of make a statement that, that the naysayers are wrong because they've plummeted. And you never see a team not lose a game like this and plummet in the odds like this. Yeah, they were plus 13. 450. Now they're like, what, 9-1? to one? Yeah, and they're 13-4. and four, So defending champions. I was going to do Burrow to go under, but the number came way less than I thought it would. At All right, so when you did your work earlier, you did, you were projecting the number. We just got the number, and it's gone, what, like 25 yards under, right? It's like, it's, it's a good, yeah, 20 yards less than the season average. So I so forget the but I really think. Does that speak that he might be hurt in a way, too? Poss- like, possibly. I got it. Okay, I'm going to the New England-Buffalo game because I actually love this prop bet. It's going to be zero degrees. I'm going to play longest field goal. Under 46. Now, this is the sort of bet that's good anyways when it's zero degrees. Belichick likes field goals. But now here's why Here's why I really like this bet. What happened the last time these two teams played? New England went for it on fourth down six times. And succeeded five. And Buffalo went four times. Mm-hmm. So on fourth downs and shorts, both teams had went ahead and went for it and had great success going for it. In but that remember game. now, there was, wasn't anything oppressing the offense. That's that's correct. The cold is here. The cold is here, but the cold oppresses long field goals also. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if I have a situation where I have fourth and two and I'm on the 33-yard line, I'm very confident that both coaches will choose to go for it. Well, first of all, not the 43-yard line. You're saying 33, 33. Oh, okay, good. So they'll, they'll, they'll choose to go for it in that situation rather than try a 50-yard field goal in zero degrees where the, the numbers fall off in terms of the success um, of 50-yard-plus um, field and goals. New England's got a strong leg kicker, right? Mm-hmm. What's, how's Buffalo's kicker? Good also. Uh, but they just don't kick as often. Mm-hmm. Do we? This is going to be like a 90s game, right? 1990s kind of game. Do they put a over-under punts on a game like this? Yeah, they. Um, all the playoff games will have it. Um, See, I got a feeling they won't go for it on four. I think that you know that's that's. It's interesting. I, right? I like this. What's the total on this game? The Bills have only attempted so the, okay nine field goals over forty yards all season. Well, no, that is that really works with Fed. So the total right now, Fez, is forty three and a half. So the punts should be should come eight and a half. Okay. Or for the, they'll just look at the total and and that. I like that you can do that. I like Mackenzie. Can you take a gander, you guys? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna grab it. Right Might right. not be up yet. Yeah, it's worth a look. So that's something to consider. <sighs> I gotta tell you, I what, like what, punts under eight and a half. I gotta tell you, if it, it might come eight, it might be eight. What's the scenario the Big Ben doesn't get his yards? You know something? The only thing you guys have been generous. They get the lead. Hmm, yeah. So what's the <laughs> then scenario? Then you're gonna lose. Yeah. With, in a way, you're saying we're correlated with our Kansas City first half bet. I wonder if you were at DraftKings, would they see that correlation? Because I know they let you do the same game, but they got, but then they're they're muting your odds, right? They're dampening yeah. your odds. I wonder if they would in this case. Do they see that correlation? I, I don't know. That because that would be great if yeah. there was correlations they didn't see. I bet there's a lot of those, unless they're just being indiscriminate. I, th- I think they they indiscriminately short pay though, for in general. Well, if you did things, it, that, well, what we, a test is do things that are inversely correlated and see what yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, do they give you a jumbo payout in that case? I don't think so. No. I don't think. What do you think, AJ? I'm guessing not. Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. All right. So we got to decide. I, and then my, my derivative is over on Damian Harris well, rushing yards, 55 and a half. Like the un- 
I don't know. I don't know enough to know. I mean, Bell, I, but I was, but here's the thing. I was thinking over punts, not under. Why, if they're going for it so much? Under because, I, because what I was thinking was that Belichick won't continue to go for it. If, if, here's what we saw. Belichick, everyone, what did people say after the win game? They said that running the ball was fun. It was a sign of toughness, but they could have thrown it nine times and it would have been the, the, so much better, mm -hmm. right? But Belichick said, I'm not, because remember, Mike Lombardi spent, I think, five years in Cleveland with Belichick, and then he was with him for two or three in New England. He won, uh, he actually won two Super Bowls in New England, so it must have been three years. So I, when I, I was lucky, uh, Mary and I had dinner with him and his wife, a couple, well, probably two years ago now, I guess maybe, and he had his two Super Bowl rings, mm. so I got to take a picture and, you know, have, but, uh, he, in a way, when he speaks about New England, I know it's coming directly from Belichick, not in the moment, not even that week, but through knowing someone for eight years and they vacationed together and time, you know, they were friends. So he said what Belichick understands is in the playoffs. And if you listen to Brady in that Super Bowl, I just heard it in the post game where he was saying, I knew I couldn't make a mistake. Because he was not worried about throwing touchdown passes. He was worried about not throwing interceptions. And ultimately, how often in the playoffs do teams win and how often do they lose? Meaning, is the game's result driven by a team taking it and winning it or is it the other team losing it? And usually it's the team losing it in the playoffs, in my experience. Especially the not number one or two seeds. Yeah, it, it, or a competitive game even, because even in like a, a Buffalo KC even game, it's going to usually be a team doesn't lose, or or a if both teams don't lose it, now it gets interesting. So uh, Belichick said we can stop the run, we can run on them. That's what he's saying with his actions, and I could have Mac throw, but you know what? There's a chance of an interception, and I'm just going to keep running. And you know what? I could have went for it there, but I'm going to kick. The He's made the conservative decision seemingly every time this year. Now, against Buffalo, why would he go for it so much? Well, I don't remember the exact game flow, but I'm assuming Buffalo was up early. Yeah, right? Buffalo so when winning. you're starting to fall behind, you're going to. I mean, remember, Belichick made the first bold call ever on fourth down in the NFL. Sure. Against Tom Brady, against um, Peyton Manning in that game. That was like 10 years ago. 28. Something like that. Well, yeah, yeah. And it was fourth and two. Mm -hmm. So it was a situation. I can still remember everyone, all these smart guys were screaming how dumb it was. I just did back in a napkin. I said, well, what's the chance? And I, and I, I, I emailed Colin at the time. And he was screaming about it. I go, dude, you're wrong about this. And now everyone looks at that as the watershed moment. Now, I didn't understand how it was going to break open all this other stuff. I didn't mm -hmm. think. So I guess my point is. I think Belichick is going to be if he thinks his game's depressed with scoring and it's a close game. I don't think he, I don't think he goes for it on the. Because remember, if you're on the four, 33, Belichick's going to do. And again, 33, that's a 50. That, that's interesting. But I think they punt more. I think they're going to be more conservative than any. Than well, how many times did they punt in the win game? Eleven. Well, there was eleven total in that game. Yeah, I mean, so the. What was the final score? Fourteen ten. Well, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you tell me it's the final score is fourteen but, to ten, but but, but what I'm saying is, over. if you're oh, if the if the punt's eight, and you and you're going oh, and remember now, running the ball so much is short in the game like yes. crazy. If if it's kind of half of that, it won't. I mean, eleven out of how many possessions? Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, I guess four scoring possessions. Were there any turnovers? 
Or missed field goal? Turn some uh, couple turnover on downs and a missed field goal. Yeah. So I, I think usually it was what twenty two possessions. Do you, you think this is an over game or an under game? <sighs> I think they're so familiar with it. Mackenzie, were you able to get to Belichick third time? Yeah, Brad did great research on that. Oh, great. One and one, straight up in ATS, <laughs> both times against the Jets. There, I didn't think it had happened very often. And what was the more. score? And was the scoring that like what was the two scores? Might as well just give us the scores. Give me a second. Because I'm thinking, so the the Patriots, anytime this year that they've given up 25 points, they've lost. They're 0 and 4. Mm-hmm. If you think it's an over game, I think that you're you're going to not see many punch. You're going to see Belichick. No, he's got to go for it. Well, he's got to be aggressive. I so, love the over till I. Till I saw the zero degrees, and now I'm like, ugh, zero. Yeah, yeah. That scares I, me off everything about this game, yeah. too. I, so, personally, I know the fact that we were leaning different ways on the punts, no, that won't be the best bet. But what do you want to make your prop? I think you're, I think you, I love the field goal under 46. All right. What I'm going to say is, is my, maybe I'm a little bit letting my heart get in the Big Ben thing. I, I see the vision. I've never seen him give up. I think that's strong. I, I actually, I, I vote for that. You want that? And I love the game script idea, too. That, that I mean, we just saw it against Cleveland last year. Yeah, and well, we've seen it against Minnesota this this year. Chargers. Or, I mean, yeah. yeah. The only thing that bothers me a little bit is against Kansas City, he didn't throw well. But if anything, Big Ben's kind of slow to learn, but I think he'll get something. Because, listen, when you do so much better in the second half of games, it kind of tells you that you kind of – don't learn. And remember, Big Ben's been really good in division. When he's familiar with an opponent, he's done great relative to how good the Ravens D has been over the years. You know, I'd love I, – I, I think we should look at completions and attempts also. I hate to complicate things because it sure seems like he has a lot of games where he throws a zillion times for five I like. I, I like – I'm with you. I like over on attempts more than I like yards for Ben because Ben's going to throw in – Sometimes we talked about this. A lot of times he's throwing behind the line of scrimmage and it's hard to get yards. Let's let's look at the attempts and let's do the math because we got the over under and let's make you see what they're assuming because there's going to be a conversion here, right? Right. If they're assuming he's only getting five yards a pass, maybe we do go over yards. And if we're assuming he's getting seven yards a pass, we go under uh, or over attempts. Okay. So uh, I know you guys are on it. Just let me know when you have it. What do you think of my prop, the Patriots running back over 55 and a half yards? I think with Belichick, you never know who he's going to run. Now that's sharp. I can tell you fantasy football players uh, absolutely hate New England running backs because they're so unpredictable week to week. Which brings up an interesting point. Do you, What do you think of teasers? I, I know there's only one Wong here, right? I, I guess not. it matters if Tampa's in that range or not right now. Um, oh, by the way, this is interesting. The Jets, they won 37 to 16 uh, in that matchup uh, in New England and 28 to 21. So they've scored over 30 points per game and six and 10 weren't like super high scoring. So it looks like the offense really comes around in the second matchup, but it hasn't been for 10 years, 10, 12 years. And those totals are probably a lot lower. I know. That's what I'm saying is, is, yeah. Um, But again, that's against the, the, I mean, was Ryan the coach of both of those? Yes. In, but okay, so that was a ground and pound Jets team. Yeah, but it kind of makes me think that that that's going to be so particular to that matchup. Who knows, yes. right? Okay, uh, we got that, guys. The three books we've checked have no attempts propped, only yardage. Mm. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We'll grade it from Big Ben's yards. If you look at the attempts, here's how I would do it, and we're going to end the show. Is you guys get anything to close? Is let's figure what the over under is. Take the attempt number. Take the yardage number, divide it. I think if it's um, they're assuming over six and a half yards, I would rather have attempts over. 
And if it's under six and a half, I'd rather have yards over. I'm going to assume he's going to throw for about six and a half yards. So it's 35 and a half. If it's 35 and a half, I want to go attempts over. Okay. If it's higher than that, I'll go yards over. All right. So I agree you, with that. You like I, that? I like that six and a half. If attempts are three, or 35 and a half or lower, go over attempts. But don't worry about yards. And not worry about yards or both or whatever. You can diversify. I think we'll grade on yards because we don't want to make it Yeah, that's the available number. Yeah. So do us a favor. We got our four. This is our portfolio, guys. This is fun. We'll do this next week, too. What do we got, AJ? We've got San Francisco plus three. We've got the Raiders Bengals first half under 24 and a half. We've got KC minus seven in the first half. Oh, yes. And we've got Big Ben. Seven and change. Big Ben over. 230 and a half passing yards. All right, boys. Great show. We got a little bit of Fez talking movies. It was so entertaining. This was a great show. Remember, you can follow Fez at Fezic Sports, F-E-Z-Z-I-K. AJ's Twitter. Now, get ready. If you're driving, pull over. AJ is the real R-E. Is it E-L like, like movies? No, R-E-A-L. Okay. You actually found a word that has two spellings. Like, <laughs> through all that, now where did that come from? From the Iron Sheik. The Iron Sheik came on my show in Houston. And so you figure some obscure reference of a wrestler from the 80s who no one can understand what he says. I understood when he said, AJ, you are the real Bubba. But why would you say is then? Do you change the whole kind of verb in it? Well, because... The, why do you was, say... AJ are the, the real? real. I feel like you would be on me about that, too. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> Listen up to Fez in the movie. Fez being Ebert and AJ with Siskel. Yeah. Wow. But to I'm me, still standing there. <laughs> to me, the thing about Rocky One is it's the op- it's so funny. Rambo one, great movie. Rocky one, great movie. And the other ones are fun. And, and a lot listen, you can't not love Rocky Three and Rocky Four. The but, opening of Rocky Three is five of the most entertaining minutes you ever will watch. But it's not the same. It, these are fun movies, not arty or, or artistic. To me, Rocky One is great, and the greatest part of it is he didn't win. Yeah. And probably the second great—spoiler alert—the second <laughs> greatest part of it is that he then went out, was all worried. He went and talked to the promoter, talked to the priest, and then he and then he was like, "I, I can't beat him," and he says, "I just want to go the distance." Like to to make that the win mm-hmm. was brilliant. It was. And and there is one other great lesson in that. You know, Stallone, no one had any interest in Stallone for anything. He wrote Rocky. So this oh, is like, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like Ben Affleck and, and Damon with uh, Goodwill Hunting. And they, he got offered in 1975 $250,000 for the script. Now think about it. In today's dollars, that's probably over a million. He was dead broke. Like he said he was living in a hundred or a thousand square foot apartment with a roommate, you know, just living like a college kid. He was like 30 or whatever. He said, no, I got a star in it. And they said, no. And, and then finally someone uh, relented. And he'd made Rocky one, and he had what made hundreds of millions of dollars. Worked out for him. Yeah, I, you got it. That's, that's America right there, man. My favorite line in Rocky? Yeah. End of the first round, Creed's manager. Uh-huh. Now listen to me and listen good. You see that boy over there? He doesn't know it's a damn show. He thinks it's a fight. <laughs> now, my favor in the fight is two things. One, Mickey's about as hard as anyone could get. I mean, do, can we agree to that, correct? Yes. I mean, has there ever really been a harder character? Women weaken legs. 
All right. He's that hard. When, when, he, when he goes down in the 13th and Mick's going, stay down, stay down. It's like it really hits home in this brilliant way how oh, it was the 14th. Says. It, it really shows in such a brilliant way how dire the situation, how, how much danger Rocky has, you know. And then they had the nose break. They had the eye cut. How's it look? It's an improvement. Yeah. So then, yeah. But then the best, the best is the last bell rings. Ain't going to be no rematch. Don't want one. Don't want one is one of the greatest lines in movie history. Yeah. Like what, what really encapsulates the war that it was? Don't want one. You know, it, we just, it makes you want to go back and watch it. Right? It even, does. Even in the very end. I watch it often. When they're reading in the background, and Judge Carl Eckers calls it 141. He, and you can Steve, barely, it's like you're a different person. Like you're a human here that actually is. It's can, because he's watched a movie that we've both watched. No, it's throwing no, him because off. Because usually he watches a movie doesn't even know what He happened. thought Daniel Day-Lewis was an exactly. animal house. It's something about this movie <laughs> that makes him human. And the foreshadowing that movie an hour before. They're, showing him, they're showing him hit the meat. And, the, and, and Creed's manager says, champ. Why don't you take a look at this uh, boy? You're gonna have to fight. Looks like he means business, and and he goes, yeah, yeah, I mean business too. Now, now, Shirley, can you get me some coffee? You tell he me, I'll make... drop him in three. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's an there's an outtake from Rocky. I can't remember if it's one. Or it's one where. I think it's actually the same scene, just an extension when they're, they're watching them. And it's something where someone comes in and says something about this guy wants to die for it or something. And he says, you don't want to fight that kind of. It, it was very, I, I don't remember. I've only seen it once, but there are Rocky outtakes. And one of them was about like his manager, you know, tr- who became Rocky's you know, manager in four, yeah. becoming, saying that this guy's ready to die over it. So that's kind of interesting. And even in Rocky too. Oh, Creed wants some to, slow parts of Rocky. No yeah. doubt. But Creed says, says, we need this rematch. And, and his manager says, you beat on that guy like no one you've ever beat This on might be before. the scene I'm thinking of. And maybe he's, like, he's like, we can get the same money for the top three candidates. We don't need this kind of trouble anymore. Yeah, I get think, one I, of these other guys. I think he said something about was good. Yeah, I think that's the scene. And for some reason, I thought it was an out. You know what it was? I saw it on YouTube, and I, I don't, didn't ever remember it. So I thought it was an outtake because I've skipped a lot of Rocky, too. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Oh, too much I, Adrian. I, see, no, Rocky <laughs> 1 had a lot of drama in it, too. But I loved it. It was great. Like when they're on the ice Gates. We're doing a time shift, and if you're listening, that means we've shifted to the end, and you know how brilliant the rest of the podcast went. But right now, we're just speculating. But as I say, I get premonitions. Here's one for you. We'll be back next week.